participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, January 16th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is great to be here on a very cold Monday afternoon in New York City. It is great to be here with all of you. We got a lot to discuss on today's program. Golly, do we got a lot to discuss. Holy smokes. Do we have a lot to discuss. A very eventful Saturday night in the world of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. And not so much because of the fights. And yes, they did return this Saturday. Congratulations to Sean Strickland. Big win over Nasruddin Imavov. Fight that he took on essentially five days notice. That is impressive. Um, but we got a lot to discuss as far as the news is concerned. I feel very relieved being here on this Monday. Uh, very, 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 very close 
game between the Bills and Dolphins yesterday. I was very nervous, excruciating to watch. I think I aged 30 years. Oh, but man. we survive in advance, Frank. We survive in advance. I know you were excited to come in here and gloat about the uh, Dolphins beating the Bills, but uh, <laughs> you have to wow. save that gloating for at least one more week, although I feel very confident. You still think I'm not a fan? Mm. I think it runs deep with you and the wife, you know? I think there's some family stuff in there, and it, it gets a little, you know, I, don't want, I, I want no part of that, if I'm being honest. Your thoughts? You know what? We'll, we'll just see. I've okay. watched every game this season. Supposedly. Although sometimes you, you chime in a little late. It's easy to follow on Twitter. Nevertheless, uh, it's a great victory Monday here on the MMA Hour, and it is a great day in America because today is Dr. Martin Luther King Day. And uh, this is a very important day, I would say, not only in America, but it should be recognized around the world because uh, the late, great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s words still ring true and uh, I think apply to any person who lives in any country of any religion, any gender, any color, any creed. Uh, It's a great day to remember his message. It's a great day to... Uh, try to be better, to remind yourself to be better. Um, typically here in America, kids don't have school today. They, uh, you know, they stay home. I try to tell my kids, we try to talk about him. We try to talk about his message, his legacy, um, what he stood for, his courage. We try to talk about all these things. And uh, it's one of the great things about being an American now and living in America and my kids going to the um, you know, American schools, because growing up in Canada, we we didn't have a Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and uh, that always bummed me out. And I always found that to be very weird. And I don't even think that we learned enough about him and his courage and everything he fought for and everything he stood for. Um, and so I just want to uh, recognize his legacy and, and uh, his presence still felt till this day. And uh, my good friend Robert Pearson of Real Digital put together this great clip that I wanted to share at the uh, the top of the show. It's a short one, but uh, one that I think uh, speaks to just how much his presence is still being felt and what he was all about. Here you go. Take a look at this. This in a bad condition. Sooner or later... All the peoples of the world will have to discover a way to live together in peace. Man must evolve for all human conflict, a method which rejects revenge, aggression, and retaliation. All those to whom truth is beauty, and beauty truth, and in whose eyes the beauty of genuine brotherhood and peace is more precious than diamonds or silver or gold. Thank you. Love it. Well done, Robert. Well done to the whole team. And uh, yes, long live the dream. We've got a great show for all of you. A lot to talk about, a lot of news to discuss. As always, we are brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is the official sports betting partner of the UFC in this program. Please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today 
and use the code TheMMAHour for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code TheMMAHour only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Back into the show, speaking of which, Parlay Pals, still alive and well. Survive in advance, much like your Buffalo Bills. Uh, they are they are rolling, and now we roll into our second paper. This is the second pay per view since Frank, right? That's correct. Yeah, it was two eighty two. When did this start? It's you know I actually thought of a fun game that we I haven't told you guys about that I think would be a lot of fun. It could almost be like a survival thing where it's like, all right, I know it's a parlay, and if one person loses, it um, you know it all crumbles. But what if? Once Frank comes back, whenever that is, let's say it's four and one person's, you know, one person gets it wrong. So then the next week it's three. And then the next time another person gets it wrong or two people get it wrong. And then there's one sole survivor. And then by the end of the year, since we're starting at the end of the year, we see how many times each one of us won the whole thing. You get what I'm saying? Anyone following me here? Anyone? How do you, how do you win the whole thing? It just gets down to one? Yeah. So what Then you're by yourself. What happens at that point? You just get one over. pick. Okay, then we start right, over. So then yeah, we you start give out one pick. It's just one pick, but then we start over after. But then you're knocked out for God knows how long. Not yeah, really it's fun, a right? Parlay with one pick, though, right? Yeah, yeah. kind of kills the parlay part. Well, no, you wouldn't. All right, so you're saying you wouldn't do a single singular pick. You would do a two pick parlay. Maybe, or it's just, <laughs> or what it's just Helwani's pick or New York Rick's pick, and you gotta ride with it. What happens if you do the the two pick parlay and both legs lose? No, then we start over. Whenever it gets to the last, the last guy does his pick, and then regardless of what happens, then the whole thing starts over. We can talk about this off air, All but right. I, I was thinking about this <laughs> over the weekend. I was like, this is a, this a little, little half it's, it's a little, uh, it's a little like, a, like an elimination thing. I don't know what those, you know, the survival thing that they do. What is it? Survivor, survival. Uh, the NFL, you know, like yeah, everyone picks a thing and then like a team. And then if your team's out, the rest continue. You have to sit off. I don't know. Something like yeah. that. Uh, uh, we'll recap the weekend. See how GC did. See how we did. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Eric Nixick, who had a very busy weekend. Uh, in fact, was in the corner for the last three fights, including the main event, Sean Strickland, his guy. And of course, uh, he'll have a thing or two to say about Francis Ngannou. That's his head coach, so stay tuned for that. Prior to that, we'll be joined by the reigning defending UFC bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling, the funk master. What is going on with him? Where does he stand? Can't wait to talk to Aljo. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Richard Schaefer, longtime boxing promoter, boxing executive, current combat sports advisor, and the man who did the deal with the UFC on behalf of John Jones, his representative. So... That's big. I look forward to talking to Richard Schaefer. Of course, for the longest time, he was a part of Golden Boy, uh, now doing his own thing and working with John Jones, the lone MMA fighter that he works with. Pretty big deal he just put together. We shall talk to Richard Schaefer. Prior to that, we'll be joined by Davidson Figueredo, who, of course, meets Brandon Moreno for the fourth time this Saturday, UFC 283. He's in Rio. We'll talk to him about the fight this Saturday, 283. By the way, uh, Frank, I was told that it's not quadrology. It's like tetralogy or something like that. So they're both valid. Oh, for real? I don't care what Alex Lee says. Okay. Wow. Holy shit. I didn't realize. Okay. My bad. Also, um, you said it was 2022 today. I thought we would. Did I say that? Yeah. Wow. what happens when we don't rehearse. (laughs) Wow. Did I really say that? Yeah. Why don't you call me out right on the spot? Because it was like I looked around. We all looked around. We're like, nobody wants to correct you, you know? Wow. No. Listen, if I'm wrong, <laughs> we don't I'm wrong. enjoy correcting. Yeah, rule with an iron fist. Oh my gosh. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
I mean, we were coming down to the wire. Well, here you know, we wanted to make sure that it always it happens. Right. By the way, I bet you can go back to January of every previous year, and I screwed it up at least once. Also, Rick was thinking with the parlay, like maybe if you guys miss, then I just get out again. Yeah, that'd be good. All I right. mean, it's been great without you, if I'm being honest. Um, all right, let's talk about some news. So, a UFC event on Saturday, Saturday afternoon. Start to get some tweets that there's a billboard up on the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, unofficial home of the UFC, with John Jones and Surreal Gan's faces up there. And it says March 4th, UFC 285. And at first I looked at it and I was like, is this a Photoshop? But then I saw a video of it. I was like, well, that's weird. Now, when I saw that, wasn't going like, oh my God, this is crazy. Where did this come from? Out of the blue. As we told you last Wednesday, John Jones is ready to go. And if John Jones is ready to go, you got to give him a fight. And he was ready to go for December 10th. And so they were looking at all their options. Option number one was Francis Ngannou. And I told you, there was the contract and there was the knee. Now, I also said that I thought push comes to shove, he would end up re-signing with UFC because the CAA roadblock, if you will, was no longer there. And I was feeling more confident based on what I was hearing, but it obviously wasn't a done deal. And I also said that the knee needed to be 100%. And I said that if he wasn't 100% or if he had not re-signed, the next guy down the line would be Stipe Miocic. And as was said Saturday night by UFC President Dana White, he was uh, brought up but not ready to go. And so the next guy would be Surreal Gunn. And I think it was on Thursday we saw a tweet from Surreal Gunn who was in Las Vegas to corner Nasruddin Imavov uh, saying like, where are you at, John? And when I saw that, I was like, all right, something's going on here. He's not just tweeting this out of the blue. I know that he has a special John Jones clause in his uh, contract. And, uh, you know, his name had been bandied about for a minute. And, you know, he would be, I think, on the, the pecking order, one above Curtis Blades comes off the big win in, uh, in France, in Paris. UFC likes him. He has fought for a belt before, almost exactly a year ago. It made sense. So when I saw all of that, I was like, all right, this makes sense. Then I find out that it wasn't quite 100%, but it was like literally at the goal line, like Ravens, Bengals at the goal line, if you know what I'm saying. But there was one or two things they had to work out. And if they did, they would announce it Saturday night. All right, so we wait and see. And what happened? They announced it Saturday night. Immediately after the uh, event was over, Dana White comes up there, doesn't really say much about the event, and there wasn't a ton to say, you know, some good performances here or there, but that was obviously the news that everyone was talking about. Comes out and just lays it all out there. Lays out that on March 4th, Surreal Gunn will fight John Jones for the vacant UFC heavyweight title, that they're no longer in business with Francis Ngannou, that they are not going to match any offers for him, that they are taking the belt away from him, and they essentially wish him the best in his future endeavors. They said a lot more, and we'll get into that, all of that, in a moment. Um, and so John Jones is back, fighting at heavyweight, finally. First heavyweight fight. We haven't seen him since February of 2020, when he beat Dominic Reyes. And he's fighting Surreal Gunn. Certainly not choice number one, but a great fight, a huge fight, and one that I'm super, super interested in, of course. Uh, he also announced, by the way, that Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman 
Three is official for March 18th. So those are two pay-per-views in the span of two weeks. That's going to be at the O2 in London. And we're also getting on that card, Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev, which is an insane, incredible, sure-to-be fight-of-the-year contender in the co-main event spot. That's for the March 18th card. Said nothing else about March 4th. All right. So this is gigantic news. This is massive news. So many in so many ways. John Jones is coming back. John Jones is coming back as a heavyweight. John Jones is fighting for a vacant title, not an interim. And he's fighting against the guy who didn't hold the belt. He's fighting against Cyril Gan. He's not fighting Stipe Miocic. He's not fighting Francis. And oh, by the way, Francis Ngannou is a quote unquote free man. And it appears, at least for now, that his UFC career is over. There's a lot to unpack here, and I want to unpack it all. And as we've liked to do over the last year or so, we don't just like to sit here and unpack it all and tell you the truth based off stuff off the top of our dome. We like to show receipts. We like to show proof. We like to show video and sometimes text, written, tweet evidence to back up the things that we are saying. And so let us do that here. Sit back, relax, and let us enjoy this. Because I have to say, watching that press conference on Saturday, look, there was a part of me, we can't shy away from the fact the last time we were here on Wednesday, we dissected a Dana White press conference. And as the days went on afterwards, I kind of think, and I know a lot of people would disagree with me, I kind of think that we kind of went easy on him in that press conference. Looking back on it, and especially the, you know, what do you want me to do? Go away? This hurts them more than it hurts me. All that is some of the most narcissistic stuff that I've ever seen out of the head of anything in a public forum ever. I mean, it's really amazing when you sit back and you strip away who he is, his influence, like just to sit there and be like, it would hurt them more than it hurts me if you punish me in any way, is some next level narcissism. And there was a part of me that thought, all right, as a result of all of this, because you know, when you're a narcissist, you don't really truly understand or acknowledge that, I think. And so I wondered if, as a result of all of this, having to talk about something very sensitive, having to talk about something embarrassing, as he put it, I thought maybe that would bring a little humility to Dana White. Maybe this would mean he won't rule with the same kind of iron fist as he has in the past. And he wouldn't do things like he did on Saturday night. Guess what? I was wrong about that. 1,000% wrong. Because that press conference on Saturday was very hard to watch. And I mean, what is the word to even use? Disgraceful? Pitiful? Embarrassing? Inaccurate? Uncomfortable? What is the best word? I don't even know. I really don't. Because what they were doing in that moment, in that press conference, if you want to be truly honest with yourself, was trying to hurt the man on his way out, trying to hurt his leverage, trying to hurt his position, trying to damage him on the way out. This isn't new. We saw this with Nathan Diaz most recently. And we've seen it dating back to Randy Couture and so many others. Trying to hurt someone on the way out, trying to hurt their position their negotiation power, their leverage on the way out. That's what that was. Because it was a very easy way to do the whole dance on Saturday. A very easy, clean, classy way to do it. The complete opposite happened. And so to truly understand all of this, you really have to go back 
to truly understand all this, you really have to go back to July of 2018. July of 2018 is when we saw Francis Ngannou versus Derek Lewis fight at T-Mobile Arena in one of the worst fights of all time. They never got going. Derek was injured. Francis said that, you know, he was still a little bit gun shy from the loss to Stipe. Afterwards, Dana White held a press conference as he usually does. And he had this to say four and a half years ago about Francis Ngannou. Take a look. Uh, you talked briefly about the co-main event, but uh, to you, just thoughts on Francis Ngannou. I mean, he had so much momentum behind him going into the Stipe fight, uh, shows the flaws in his game a little bit, then comes back and has this fight where he throws, you know, 17 strikes the entire fight, something like that. Where do you feel a guy like that goes from here? Horrible. You know, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, he, he, he had a, a, a pretty quick rise here, and obviously the fight over Alistar Overeem, uh, you know, catapulted him, you know, the, everybody was talking about him. I thought he was going to be the next guy. I think his ego ran away with him big time. I can tell you that his ego absolutely didn't run away with him. And the minute that happens to you in the fight game, you see what happens, start to fall apart. I had some personal encounters with him, as did other people in, in the organization. And this guy's ego just was so out of control it's like before the Stipe fight, he took off and went to France. Didn't even really train for that fight. And you see the results. Well, then he comes back and he did train. But I just, e ego is what hurt Francis Ngannou. Now, at this point, I've known Francis for, oh gosh, uh, almost eight years. Not once, personally. And I know it's different when you're, you're dealing in business and you're dealing with media. Haven't even seen a hint of ego. And I could tell you, the vast majority of the guys who are at the top, who come on the show, who have good relationships, you always see a hint of ego. You always do. I've never seen a hint of it. Remember, this guy, I mean, and I'm going to get into what he's been through and what he's overcome. You never see any of that. But yet, in maybe his lowest moment ever, he's getting completely shit on. It's his ego. He went to France. I mean, he has roots there, was training there at the time. He went to France. Who cares where he's going, what he's doing? He shows up for the title fight. And so to blame it all on ego, back in 2018, blame it all on ego, to me was, at the time, if you recall, and I know there's a lot of newer fans, very bizarre. Not on a bad performance, not on a, hey, you didn't show up that day, or you buckled under the pressure, or the lights got to you, or you're still feeling the effects of the title loss to Stipe, uh, some... Six months ago, ego got the best of you. Ego. So remember all of that. And ever since then, they've never been on the same page. And you also have to remember, Dana White is Francis Ngannou's promoter. Promoter. At the end of the day, that's the guy who's supposed to prop him up. Seven months prior to that press conference, he was telling us that his, his power was akin to that of a freaking, I don't remember what it was, a Kia Sorento or Ford Focus. I mean, they were Ford promoting him. That's what it was to promote someone, right? That's what, that's what it means to promote someone. You tell the world, this guy is a freaking truck, and he is going to go in there and be the heavyweight. They couldn't have been higher on him, right? They turned him around from December to January to fight for the belt because he was the quintessential promoter's dream in terms of the heavyweight champion. Looked like a cartoon character, looked like a, a freaking... Marvel superhero, power, speed, strength, the backstory seemed like a lovable character. Six months later, it's all about ego. Now we know everything that happened, but I want to use the, the press conference on Saturday as our guide. So let's play the press conference on Saturday and let me tell you about all the messed up things that were said at that press conference. Hit it. Yes, uh, 
first question's got to be about uh, <laughs> the heavyweight fight. So I guess I'll jump right into that. Yes, T-Mobile blew the fight. Uh, that wasn't supposed to go up, but it did. Um, this is for the official heavyweight title. You know, we've been working on a new agreement with Francis for like two years now. And uh, we had gotten to a point where, uh, you know, he was going to fight John Jones. And many, many who believe, including me, that he's the best of all time, um, you know, for, for the heavyweight championship. And John Jones has been willing and ready and able to fight anybody. He didn't care who it was. Could have been anybody in the heavyweight division. He was ready to go. Now, let's pause um, it right here if we can. We all know about the history between Dana White and John Jones. It has not been a great one over the years. It is actually reassuring and heartwarming to see Dana White promote John Jones, to say he was ready to go, to say that he is the GOAT, to say that he would fight anyone. Let's not forget, not that long ago, it was, you're asking for too much money. Let's not forget, you know, his demands are crazy. Let's not forget, we'll never let him fight in Las Vegas. And shout out, I believe it was Alan Dawson who asked that question to Dana White. It's, it's based on the mood of the moment. It's based on what you want to spin. It's all spin. And so right now, it behooves them to spin it in favor of John Jones. And it behooves them to say, Francis doesn't want the John Jones fight. But let's not forget, not that long ago, it was all against John Jones. Now they're back in the good graces. They signed the new deal. Uh, he has agreed to fight anyone. Surreal Gan is the opponent. But don't forget what we were hearing not that long ago. Let's continue. And Francis, we, we offered Francis a deal that would have made him the highest paid heavyweight in the history of the company. More than Lesnar, more than anybody. Um, and he turned the deal down. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, we could pause it right we, we there. Get to this. I want to let you know that it's impossible to verify that. But if he's going to say it, all right, let's take him at his word. Even Francis truly doesn't know what is, uh, you know, what is the highest amount ever for a heavyweight, um, because none of this is public. But, you know, you want to take him at his word, fine, take him at his word. I also want to let you know, and I don't usually do this at the start of a show, um, I'm going to talk about all of this stuff and give you my opinion on all of this stuff, but what you really want to hear and who you really want to hear from is Francis Ngannou. You want to hear his side of the story. That's what everyone wants to hear. That's the number one interview right now in the sport. Everyone wants to know his side of the story, if what is being said is true, and you know what are his plans and what happened and where does he go from here. Well, I can tell you uh, very proudly and very excited to say that tomorrow, Tuesday, we will have a special edition of the MMA Hour at 1 p.m. Eastern, same time, same place, and there'll only be one guest, and it will be the best heavyweight on the planet, Francis Ngannou, as our guest. Live from Cameroon, he's traveling today, couldn't make it today, traveling on Wednesday, couldn't make it Wednesday, and you know what? He deserves his own show, and we don't do this often, as you know. Uh, but we're doing it for him because it is well-deserved and the world wants to hear from him. So I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate him coming on the show live, talking about all this, and we will get to that tomorrow at 1 p.m. So put it on your calendar, three shows this week, Monday, Wednesday, and Tuesday, tomorrow, special edition with Francis Ngannou. Let's continue. Oh, thank you. We continue. Point where I, I've told you guys this before, if you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. That right there, if we could pause, uh, you know, is a bold-faced lie. That is a lie. Don't you think Nathan Diaz didn't want to be there? Do you think Ally Quinta wants to be there? Do you think Luke Rockhold wants to be there? Do you think Francis Ngannou wanted to leave a long time ago? That is not true. He says that, but that is not true. You can't call the UFC right now and say, I don't want to be here, and they'll let you go. 
You can't do that. So much so, and we'll get to this in a moment, so much so that if, if your contract is up, if the five years are up on your contract, because every UFC contract now has a window of five years, there's an extra year tacked on as a matching period. Imagine that. Imagine Jalen Brunson is a free agent, unrestricted free agent. And yet for a whole year, the Mavericks, apologies for the NBA analogy, but I'm just trying to show you how crazy this is, can match any offer that he gets and could drag their feet and could do this whole song and dance. There's a whole extra year tacked on to that. So you can't leave. It's all, George St. Pierre was retired, wanted to fight Oscar De La Hoya for charity in a special exhibition bout. Nope, you can't do that because we still got our period. So that is not true. That is absolutely not true. Do not believe that if any UFC fighter calls the UFC right now, unless they want to, unless they say out of the kindness of their heart, we don't want nothing to do with you, you can't just say, I'm out. Cool? And they'll say, cool back. That doesn't happen. Didn't happen to Francis. Couldn't happen to anyone else in the past. Continue. I think Francis is in a place right now where he wants, he doesn't want to take a lot of risk. Feels like he's in a good position um, where he could fight lesser opponents and, and make more money. So, so that to me, I mean, that, that's the theme of the whole press conference right now. Francis Ngannou doesn't want to take a lot of risk. He wants to fight lesser opponents for more money. First of all, we all know this is the prize fighting business. The whole point is to make as much money as possible. But to sit there and say, essentially, this guy is ducking our best. He's ducking John Jones. I mean, again, it, it's like you watch this and you listen to this and you're like, what world are we living in? What is this sport? What have we become? Francis Ngannou, Francis Ngannou, who I could sit here and talk for 45 minutes about what this guy has overcome, who, who grew up with nothing, who had to start working when he was you know, a kid, less than 10 years old, making a dollar and 90 cents a day digging ditches in Cameroon, who, who slept in a house among many of his family members in a tiny, tiny house, calling it a house would be kind. This guy is ducking, this guy who, who tried to escape multiple times and was caught and put in detention centers and, 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 and fell off his raft multiple times and was captured and had to go back to start. I mean, I could go through the whole thing right now. He's talked about it on the Rogan podcast. Tim Cowan, who's an incredible writer for ESPN, did an amazing profile on him. This guy who slept in, in, a, in a parking lot, in a stairwell of a parking garage, didn't even know where he was going, didn't have anything to his name, but was happy as can be because he was in Europe, in Paris, learning how to box and then MMA. You think this guy is afraid of anything? Truly, we have not learned that Francis Ngannou is, is, is fearless. The stuff that this man has faced, the stuff that this guy has overcome. And so to sit there and be like, yeah, he wants the easy route. First of all, if he does want the easy route, bravo. If you want the highest payday and the easiest fights possible, bravo. We all want that. That's what we all... He just went through every single heavyweight that they put in front of him. And oh, by the way, has been asking for this very fight for over two years. How do I know that? We have proof. Let's go to the video evidence. Let's go to the, uh, the factual evidence. Let's go all the way back to May of 2020 when all of this began between him and John, Zo John Jones. Excuse me. First thing on the, on the docket. After his win at UFC, what was it? 249. That's when all this starts, right? Francis Ngannou says, hello, Johnny. Are you still there? Okay, this is when it all starts. Remember, and this is when John was asking 
for that money, 10 million, all that stuff. Jones responds. They're going back and forth here. Saying that Francis is boring and has no heart, all that stuff. You could see it all up there. We go then back to May 20th of 2020. Saying, oh yeah, I watched some tapes of you. I see you running. This is the Dominic Reyes fight. This is 2020. Oh, remember this show, Ariel and the Bad Guy? I'm talking about how we want to see John move up to heavyweight. Everybody is calling your bluff, my friend. Don't let the people down. May 21st, 2020. Sound like a guy who doesn't want this fight? Sound like a guy who wasn't calling for this fight? May 27th, I speak to Francis Ngannou about this very fight. May 27th, 2020. Two and a half years ago, here's what he said. Do you feel like it's dead? Like, do you think that it's actually not going to be you know, discussed again. There's no chance of this fight happening between you and John Jones. He has to be discussed. I think this fight is so big. I mean, I always, to be honest, um, I never talk about it. People always ask me about it and I kind of like deflect yeah. uh, the question, but I knew that is something was going to happen. I've, I didn't think that uh, we're going to be talking about this fight at this point, but I knew that it's going to happen at some point. So, Yes, uh, now than ever, I believe this fight is going to happen. Uh, maybe not now, but it's going to happen. There's no what? way that this fight is not happening. Why did you feel like it, it was going to happen, that it was inevitable? It's such a big fight. It's such a big challenge. I mean, uh, either for me or for John, it's just a big challenge. And uh, f- a fan has been... Uh, has been so excited about this fight. I mean, if they care about fans a little bit, there's no way this fight is not going to happen. Sound like a guy that doesn't want the fight dating back then? Sound like a guy who wants easy fights? John Jones wasn't even a heavyweight at that point. He's trying to coerce the GOAT, who I do think is the GOAT. If we want to strip aside all the PD stuff, the resume is unmatched. Almost a year later... Francis Ngannou becomes the heavyweight champion of the world. He beats Stipe Miocic. He does so in very convincing fashion. At the post-fight press conference, the same guy who on Saturday told you this man wants easy fights, he had this to say about the possibility of John Jones fighting Francis Ngannou. Take a listen. The idea of a John Jones fight seems awfully exciting right now. And John came out, tweeted, said, show me the money. What, what appeals to you most? Because it seems like that would be a, an amazing super fight. If I'm John Jones and I'm home watching this fight, I start moving to 85. <laughs> <laughs> you, think, you think that's a fight that you'd like to put together next? I, mean, sure. I know we don't match make, but that sure does seem exciting. Listen, I could sit here all day and tell you, you know, what show me the money mean? I tell you guys this all the time. If you can say you want to fight somebody, you know, but do you really want to? Yeah, of course. God forbid you want to get paid for mega fights. God forbid you want to, you know, reap the benefits of over a decade's worth of fights and reaching the pinnacle and it's a super fight. God forbid. And again, remember, that's the same guy you just saw on Saturday telling you, you know, John Jones ready to go. He wanted to fight anyone. But two years ago, less than two years ago, it was like, eh, he should go back down to 185 or not back down. He should go to 185 because uh, that guy, Francis Ngannou, is a problem. You see the difference when you want to promote someone 
you say things like, that guy is a problem. When you don't want to promote them, when you want to damage them on the way out, you say, he wants easy fights. He doesn't want to be here. Uh, you know, he turned down the biggest deal ever. And I see it, by the way. I see it. To everyone who's saying, why are you bringing out these so-called receipts? It's because I've seen it for the past 36 hours. John Jones, uh, you know, made Francis Ngannou run from the UFC. Francis Ngannou scared. Francis Ngannou quit. France, that did not happen, my friends. Okay, this is life. This is legacy. This is about standing for what you believe in. Four days after that, I asked Francis Ngannou about fighting John Jones. This is what he had to say. If it was up to you, though, your top choice, would it be John Jones? Yeah. If it was up to me, yes. John Jones is a good one. You know, just take the best heavyweight of all the time out. Then take the uh, pound of pound, uh, guy, the number one pound of pound guy, guy out. You'll be great in the resume. You look good. Shout out to his uh, smoke alarm, which was uh, going ham during that interview. So that's Franz Ngannou, days after winning the belt, saying, yes, John Jones, let's go. And if you want to know just how you know gutsy this guy is, just how courageous he is, just how unafraid he is, a month later, he tweets this. I'll take care of John Jones first, then come after... Tyson Fury. Wow, he wants to go over to boxing now too? Sounds like a guy who's scared to me. Sounds like a guy who wants easy fights, right? That's April 28th. May 1st, John Jones and Francis Ngannou go back and forth on Twitter. Some of these are deleted. Shout out to GC for some way somehow unearthing some of these. Pray you knock me out because if you don't, I'm going to break you and that's a promise. Please don't make me laugh. They're going back and forth. That's May 1st. They're going back and forth. More. Your decision fighter... Again, does this sound like guys who don't want to fight? No. But obviously guys who want to get paid, as all fighters do, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to break the news, fighters want to get paid. It's called prize fighting. The window is small. You know who I learned that from? Dana White, who told us time and again, the window is small. And, and you learn, as Sean Strickland reminded us on Saturday night, when you're done, no one cares about you anymore. Then we get to January of 2022. We get to Francis Ngannou versus Cyril Gunn. We get to Francis Ngannou turning down multiple deals and gets to the last fight of his contract. The Cyril Gunn fight was the last fight of his contract. He bets on himself. Injured knee and all. If Gunn wins, worst gamble of all time. Fight's looking horribly, right? He loses the first two rounds. Comes back some way, somehow. Turns into Mark Coleman, Daniel Cormier. Guts it out. Beats Gan, who's an incredible fighter, who, who deserves none of the blame in all of this. He's a guy looking for an opportunity himself and I think has always handled the, the Francis stuff with class. But, you know, in this case, he was like the guy that the UFC was putting in position to try to knock off. Francis, just like Hamza was the guy put in the position to knock off Nathan. It didn't happen. Francis wins. Holy shit. I mean, remember that almost a year ago? January 22nd? Insane. This is what Francis said at the post-fight press conference. Take a look. Can I ask you simply, do you feel like you still want to be a UFC fighter? Well, it's been a long time and a lot of things been, uh, been going on. So uh, at this point, um, I think my feeling doesn't matter. You know, 
I've been feel a lot of things uh, in the past year. I've been uh, expressed my willingness to stay in the UFC, uh, to have a contract, uh, just to be respected. And the only reason why we are here, I think, is because at, at some point uh, I wasn't respected. You know, um, he could have taken way less to, to uh, get this deal done, but he went to like a power position and get kind of like get everybody frustrated, get me frustrated, get me lost, lost the uh, feeling, the uh, desire of doing things, you know. Uh, I get in this sport, I, w I wasn't, I didn't grow up dreaming about this sport. I just get into it because it was fun and all those stuff. Then you get to the point that you've kind of like find another side of the sport, which is not funny, which is frustrating. It's kind of like mess with your mind, you know, so. But I'm pretty good trying to like uh, uh, stay focused, just think about the sport and nothing around it and hope that things going to go well. I show you all this to let you know that his narrative, that his stance has never changed. Even sitting up there at a UFC press conference, minutes after beating Gan to retain the title, stance never changed, told us it wasn't about the money, told us it was about respect, told us it was about freedom. Stance never changed. Not about, you know, this fight, that fight, ducking this. Now, I can see the naysayers saying, you know, the zombies saying, oh, he's telling you that because he doesn't want these fights. If you believe that at this point, then, you know, shame on you. And you'll, you'll convince you. There's a lot of people out there convincing themselves, some, themselves of a lot of stupid shit these days. Go ahead. Believe that. If you want the truth, you're hearing it right now. Two days after that, he was on this show. He had more to say about all this. Just to show you that his stance has never changed, take a listen. You say to yeah. the, wor the world, what, what do you want? What is it about then? Freedom is, but like, what are you looking for? Is there anything specific that you can share? I know you don't have to go through your whole entire, like, you know, life goal here, but what is it that's really bugging you about what they're offering and what maybe they're not offering? The term of the contract, everything that they put into, they hold you like in captivity, like you can do anything you have no right the contract is one-sided although you still don't have nothing you don't even have a health insurance while you're doing this uh putting your body in the line on the line uh to provide to put on the show risking everything there's a lot of things man we have no no insurance nothing like no guarantee which i understand for independent contractor but treat me as such then if I am, I mean, whether I'm going to be an employer or an independent contractor, but make it very clear in the contract. It's very mixed up. Look at the things that he is talking about. And I think that goes down as one of the most important interviews in the history of this show and of my career, talking about things like independent contractor, talk to, talking about things like insurance, protection, freedom. I think some people think that this guy doesn't know what he's doing, what he's talking about. He very much knows what he's talking about. And the fact that he has stuck to his guns for two years, for those two years, see, Dana goes up there and dismisses it like, you know, we tried to make a deal with this guy and we were going to offer him, you know, more money than anyone. And so it's all very reminiscent of Nathan Diaz, by the way, because they offered Nathan Diaz life-changing money too. But there's something about freedom. There's something about, and when he talks about, you know, captivity and all that, that's coming from a guy who knows what it feels like to be captive. He's been captive himself with nothing to his name. 
with nothing to gamble. Do you understand? Like when he is saying these things, when he's using those words, this man knows what it feels like to be shackled. And yet people just want to dismiss it like, oh, he doesn't want to take this fight. These fans drive me nuts. Understand, again, I get it. For all of you, it's just a vice. It's just sports. It's an escape. But I can't sit here and do this job and let them smear someone with his credibility, with what he's been through, what he's overcome. One more clip from the show a year ago. Are you, are you willing to walk away if necessary? I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get what I want. Was it a good deal or did it not even get to that point? Uh, it's, good deal is very relative. Mm, good point. You know, good deal for you? Good deal? No, no good deal for me. Yeah, and the, the money was temp- tempting. It was good. But, you know, this is not just about money. By this moment, I think it's a lot more than money. Like, just the money cannot fix this situation. I do believe that. And this is the thing, like, there's two things. Freedom doesn't work with money. You give up one for one. Whether you want a freedom, whether you want money, you give up one. And if this, this is the end, man, I'm happy. From where I came from, I have done a lot. Man. Some people might not see that. But I have done it, and I'm very happy about that. I'm proud of myself, man. Like, that might be my ego, but I'm proud of myself, of what I have achieved. This could very well be his comments tomorrow. It's the same stuff for the past year. That was a year ago, and he's talking about freedom. He's trying to tell you guys that it's more than just the money. How do you not walk away impressed by that? It's not just about money. It's about freedom. It's about certain things in the contract. It's about certain restrictions, all that stuff. And just in case you thought he still didn't want to fight John Jones throughout all of this, as recently as July, he's tweeting about John Jones. This is after Israel Adesanya's title defense. Since Jones been sitting back and talking shit, Izzy has defended his title at least five times. Well done, champ. He's still talking about John Jones. This guy doesn't want to fight John Jones? Really? The guy who has overcome everything? The guy who has beaten all the odds to just even get here? And if you look at his story, you know that boxing is that big itch that he never got to scratch. That was the original dream. Tyson was his hero. That's the reason why he tried to get to Paris. And so maybe boxing is on the horizon. And and would you not say it's pretty damn courageous for someone to go into a different sport? And fight if it is truly the likes of Deontay Wilder, if it is the likes of Tyson Fury one day, where he's at a disadvantage. That's a guy who wants easy fights. That's a guy, like right now, Bellator ain't talking to him. PFL ain't talking to him. They might, and I can assure you they will try to as of this week. But if this guy is truly going down the boxing route and he's putting all of this aside, he's saying you could keep the money you could keep the favorable matchup against Jones, which it would be for him. You could keep all of that. I'm going to try to do this with no restrictions and truly be free. How is that not something to applaud? And so you could sit there at the press conference and do what happened on Saturday and try to damage him 
in the people's eyes on the way out, say he wanted easy fights, he didn't want to be here, it's a waste of time, the dinners, all that crap that you heard, or or you can act like every other sports executive and be like, you know what? We tried. Boy, did we try. Well, I should say Hunter tried. He went out to a bunch of dinners. They have a great relationship. We just couldn't come to terms on a deal. He wants things that we can't offer him. We just couldn't come to terms. And this happens in sports and it happens in business. He was a great champion for us. His win over Stipe was incredible. His win over Gan was incredible. It's been a great run. And we've promoted some big fights with him involved and he's given us some great highlights and I wish him the best. And if he does want to go out there and box, God bless. And if it doesn't work out, maybe we can revisit this. But right now he wants to chase another dream, go down another path. And guess what? We're lucky because we have a great roster that we have, dare I say, a younger version of Cyril Ga- or of Francis Ngannou and Cyril Ghan, a guy who was, you know, fighting him exactly a year ago and, you know, made it to the final round and, and went to the judges' scorecards, blah, 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 blah. And he's going to fight John Jones. And we think that's a great matchup, but we, you know, we're going to promote the hell out of that. And you should all tune in because John Jones coming back at heavyweight is box office enough. And you get to see Cyril Gunn, who looked fantastic back home. And like, you, you could do this very easily and in a very normal, classy way, but none of that exists. None of that exists. And so right before we went on the air, Francis Ngannou uh, tweeted a clip of, of Dr. Martin Luther King, free at last, free at last. That's where his head is at. Sometimes it doesn't matter. You just want to be free. Dana mentioned something in that press conference about, you know, this is the second time we couldn't come to terms with someone on a deal. It's not the second time. It's not. It, and he, he mentioned Fedor as being number one. I mean, we just saw it with Nathan Diaz. They offered him a lot of money to stay, especially after he beats Tony Ferguson in this crazy turn of events. Maybe not if he loses to Hamzat. He walked away too. And maybe they revisit with him and they think there's more you know, money to be had. I can assure you, uh, Francis wins his boxing debut. They'll come back to the table as well. And, and I reread that ESPN article last night, that great profile on Francis that came out right before the Cyril Gunn fight. I reread it because I wanted to just remind myself of how much this guy has been through and what he's overcome and how insane it is to question his character, how insane it is to question his drive, his courage, his motivation. And if there's one dude on the planet who should go for the money, it's that guy who at one time was sleeping in the forest with just a plastic sheet on top of himself. Uh, At one time was sleeping in a shack. At one time was sleeping in a parking garage. Like if there's one guy that we should be rooting for to get as much money as possible, it's that guy. But we're going to shit on him because he's not giving us our John Jones fight and giving up whatever dreams and freedoms that he wants. There was one part of that story that like hit me right in the heart that I was like, this is exactly who he is, and we should know better than to believe this nonsense. And so I'm going to read it. This is when he was in, he was in jail. There were 10 to 20 people in one big cell, some of them his raft mates, bunk beds, lining the perimeter, breakfast, shower time, recreation, lunch, 30 minutes of television, dinner, bedtime, 
He did so many push-ups, he didn't bother to count. The guards tried to break him, to get him to admit to an accusation or agree to a story that would ruin his hopes for asylum. Their job was to frustrate him, but he'd come too far to fall for such amateurism. He'd withstood far worse. Throughout his 14-month journey, whenever he doubted himself and thought about heading back to his village, he repeated the words that kept him going. Quote, never underestimate somebody who has hope. End quote. This was hope repaying its debt. Never underestimate somebody who has hope. Today, because they are waiving that extra year, that matching period, you become a free agent in December, he did, but he still had to bring any offer to them for a full year. Because they are supposedly waiving it, it was said on camera, Francis Ngannou has hope. Just like he had hope back then as those guards were trying to break him, just like he had hope throughout the entire process as he's crossing over the Black Sea, as he's living in a parking garage, he has hope again. How do you not celebrate that? How do you not applaud that? How do you shit on that guy? Check yourself if you're one of those shitting on that guy. And I know there will be some, and there will be some people saying, oh, you're defending him, blah, 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 blah. How do you read that? knowing what we know about this guy and what he's overcome, and then listen to that press conference and not want to pull whatever hair is on your head. This man now has hope, and that's all he's ever wanted, and that has been the, the engine to get him from Cameroon to here, to where there are boxing promoters who are going to want to work with him, are other MMA promoters that are going to want to work with him. This is the best heavyweight on the planet. This is the reigning defending UFC heavyweight champion, now a free man. And you could say what you want about his decisions, about leaving money on the table, about all that stuff. This is a free man who is representing himself, who had, you know, CA by his side, who had Markel Martin by his side, who the UFC, you know, used to employ and then tried to ruin him because of the work that he did with Francis. And now he's essentially out of the game. You see Kevin Lee signed with Dominance. Dominance tried to sign Francis a gazillion times. And Francis is like, no, nah, I'm just going to do this on my own. For the most part, he's got people, you know, who he, he works with as, in an advisory role, but this guy is doing this on his own. How do you not applaud that? I know fans want you know everyone under the same umbrella. I know you all want all the fights to be in one nice little knee package for you so that you can watch and not worry about guys going here and there, much like we've been told in the past happens in boxing. But you know what's the difference? The difference is in boxing, uh, Francis Ngannou gets paid a hell of a lot more than he does now and has a hell of a lot more freedom more importantly, than his equivalent has in our sport. And so I'll root for that. At this point, maybe it's because I've seen how the sausage has been made. Maybe because I've seen enough of the guys who have been left with nothing and we're going to see a hell of a lot more and we're seeing heartbreaking stories begin to mount. I will always root for that. And, and, and I'm aware for those that, you know, are, are just hoping to have their escape, I'm aware that might not you know, mesh with what you want out of this sport. You, you want to believe that this guy was ducking, that this guy was running, that he wanted nothing to do with John Jones, that he turned down money because he was scared of John Jones or any fighter, a rematch. Who was he scared of? He beat Cyril. He beat Stipe. He left the UFC. He turned down this amazing deal because he was afraid. This is what you're going to believe. This is how they view us. 
This is how simple-minded they think we are, That because he was afraid that he wanted easy fights. He wanted easy fights. He can't handle the pressure anymore. What are we talking about here? I mean, really? And that's why I didn't even use the word, you know, release in any of this. Okay, they are waiving their right to match for up to a year. Francis Ngannou wasn't released from the UFC. He was a free agent. His contract expired. Get it right. Free agent. Contract expired. That one-year matching period thing blows my mind. Imagine I leave ESPN and ESPN says, hey, uh, for a full year, we could decide if we're going to match any offer, keep you here, or you're just going to have to sit out and wait for that so that we don't have to you know, engage in any of this. What? That's crazy. Every contract should end and then that's it. In, in like every other walk of life. And so now here we are. I hope you tried to understand why this stuff blows my mind because I'm not trying to sit here and, you know, criticize the journalists. I'm not trying to do this thing because I know it's hard being in there. I know it's hard being in that room. Uh, I've been there myself and it would drive me nuts when people on Twitter would be like, why don't you ask this? Or who has the balls to ask that? This is the, the questions are fine. This thing about MMA media is bullshit. For the most part, it's fine. Does he try to intimidate? Does he try to bully? Does he try to change the narrative? All the time. But it's it's about the things that are being said. That's the problem. None of it's going to change. I just hope that you know that you can come on this show and get the actual truth. Francis Ngannou ain't scared of no one. This is a negotiation that happened and they couldn't come to terms. That's it. He wanted some things that they couldn't give. And maybe they couldn't give him those things because, you know, they don't want to set the precedent. One part of that press conference, Dana White says, ain't no one boxing here. They don't want to set that precedent. They don't want to open that door. It was timely to do it when Conor McGregor got the opportunity to do it because they had just sold the company. This would have been a huge revenue generator for them. It made a lot of sense. It doesn't make sense anymore. They've got the ESPN deal. They're very successful with pay-per-view right now. Everything's firing on all cylinders. So they don't want to set that precedent. All right. So it happens. I was bummed when uh, the Knicks couldn't re-sign Jeremy Lin. I didn't think it's because he was afraid to play at Madison Square Garden. You didn't hear any of that nonsense. Why can't it just be like, hey, we couldn't come to terms and that's it? Why does it have to be, you know, damage the guy, smear his name, all that crap? And so interestingly enough, I asked all of you, what do you think is going to happen with Francis and where do you want to see him compete? What an unbelievable response to uh, this poll. Let me pull it up. 97,000 people weighed in. I think that might be number one in terms of, uh, you know, votes. 97,487. Bellator, 15%. PFL, 28%. BKFC, 13%. They've been vocal. Boxing, 44%. Incredible. 44%. Now, the reason I didn't put uh, one, I wanted to put one in there, but for some reason, um, New York Rick, maybe you can ask Elon next time you speak to him if they can put more than four options in these polls. Because I was going to put one, but I didn't know who to drop, you know? I think that's coming. Don't worry. You think so? Unlimited characters, unlimited poll options. We'll get there. Don't worry. Unlimited characters? That's big news. 
Is that being discussed? Yeah. They are really like expanding the characters. I'm joking about the unlimited oh. polls, but yes, they are expanding the characters to quite a bit. Like to more than 280? Yeah, like four thousand yeah yeah you're joking th- no it's seriously. literally four thousand they'll do it like um like a more less situation where you it will be the 280 and then you can click for more so you're not forced into large walls of text mm-hmm. um you can expand it basically uh but that's coming wow love that we went on this track yes this is yes. great i mean this is huge news um and so there are some thoughts on francis and ganu uh, again, we'll be joined by him tomorrow in a special edition of the show at 1 p.m. Eastern, um, Tuesday, January 17th. And, you know, you could believe whatever you want to believe. I tried to show you the truth. UFC 285 is a great main event. I'm looking forward to it. John Jones is back. People are excited about that. It's fascinating theater. John Jones versus any heavyweight, by the way, is fascinating theater against Cyril Gunn. It's a tough matchup. Give John a lot of credit for that. Cyril is very good. And I remember saying after that Nganu fight, like Cyril reminds me of the kind of guy who fights for the belt once, stumbles, and eventually gets the belt. He could very well be en route to getting the belt. He's less than two months away from getting the belt. But in my opinion, Francis Nganu is the lineal heavyweight champion of the world. And so we'll see what he does. If he goes and fights Deontay Wilder, that's a big freaking deal. If he fights Tyson Fury after Usyk, that's a big freaking deal. If he fights any boxer, it's a big freaking deal. How do you not root for this guy? And how do you believe that nonsense when I just gave you two plus years worth of evidence that this guy wanted the fight, but also wanted some other things? It wasn't just about being afraid and it wasn't just about the money. He wanted other things as well. And listen, that takes courage different type of courage obviously i mean like traveling you know 3000 miles in the desert and 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 going on a raft and trying to you know survive living in the forest and in a parking like that's true true courage but this this is a different kind of courage this is business courage this is legacy courage i have the utmost respect for the guy and i would say all these things if he wasn't coming on the show tomorrow and i know the real ones know that well said. Hey, thanks, Frank. I appreciate that. Uh, later in the show, I want to get New York Rick and GC's thoughts on all of this. Also can talk about Leon Edwards, Kamar Usman. Kind of chuckled a little bit. You know, people love to say, um, you know, like, what's the one thing when you have people like Dylan Dennis here or other crazy people like, oh, man, you really, you really screwed the UFC with that Brock Lesnar announcement forgetting that there was so much more before that. But anyway, like that's the big thing that they left to hang on, like this big announcement. Meanwhile, you know, these massive fights like Leon and Camaro 3, huge, you know, UK pay-per-view, return to the UK for a pay-per-view show, first time since 2016, just gets announced, like throwaway comment at a press conference. Uh, come on. This, this this argument that they have these big plans all the time. Like, you know, you're really screwing their plans. It's like a throwaway comment. Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards 3, one of the biggest fights of the year, just gets thrown away like that at the press conference. Oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, forgot to mention uh, that fight. Oh, and uh, by the way, uh, Fazia versus Gaethje 2. Like, nothing? That's it? That was the big announcement? It's a crazy world we live in, my friends. Crazy, crazy world. I can't wait. You know, it, it now becomes 
one of the biggest stories of the year, along with Nathan Diaz. Let's not forget about him, the one who did this first. Where does Francis go? Where does Nathan go? Are they both going to box? Wouldn't that speak volumes, right? Two of the biggest stars in the UFC saying, you know what? I want to try this. Something I'm, you know, less well-versed in. I haven't done once professionally. I want to try this instead. Doesn't happen often. How many sports do you see that in? I guess Michael Jordan did it. Was a double A star for a bit. And then he went back to the NBA. And maybe that happens as well. Um, I, I, I don't think it's a crazy thought for Diaz. And I don't think it's a crazy thought for Nganu as well. But now I can't wait to see how this plays out. Can't wait to see how it plays out. And again, can't wait to talk to him tomorrow and appreciate his time very much. That'll be tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, special Choo Choo Tuesday edition of the program. Francis Nganu joining us live from Cameroon. And you don't have to take my word for it. You can listen to what he has to say, and that shall be in about 23 hours' time. Let's move along and talk to, in a minute, our first guest of the day. He returns to action Saturday to fight Brandon Moreno for the fourth time. It was almost exactly a year ago on that same card where Francis Ngannou beat Surreal Gan that he became champion again. And of course, since then, Brandon Moreno fought for the interim belt. He beat Kai Kaikar France in July, setting up this massive fourth affair. A lot of changes in Figueredo's life since then. Management, had the injury, things of that nature. But he gets to fight back home for the first time in a while as well. And I wonder if he's going to come out to a very special song. First, let's say hello to the reigning defending UFC Flyweight champion, the one and only Davison Figueredo. Hit the music, baby Frank. We get figgy with it. Throw the hands, do the dance. If you really yeah, with it, uh, Davison. We, get figgy with we getting figgy with it, it on Saturday or what? You know this song, Davison? Come on, Figgy. Dance with me, baby. It's a big week. Figgy back in Brazil. Shout out to MC. I love it. I love it. MC Dome. Shout out to MC Dome for that great music. Are you going to walk out to that song, Getting Figgy with it? Ah, dessa vez não. Eu tô usando outro outro som para entrar, é, é mais adequado ao Rio de Janeiro. Essa é uma é uma música que os cariocas vão gostar muito. He's gonna change the music uh, oh. more for Rio de Janeiro. Oh, okay. Not this time. Oh, Different right. song. <laughs> I was I was excited about. Mas this. essa é a minha canção. Eu sempre vou entrar com ela. But that, that'll always be his song to walk out to. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, you look great, Davison. I like the glasses very much. This is a nice look. This is high-class stuff. What kind of glasses are those? Você parece bom. Lentes. Qual, qual lentes? Good. Good. Name this. Ha, ha, ha. Gucci. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. The champ. Um, all right, so it's been a year since we last saw you, and you're getting to fight as a champion back home in Brazil. 
What does this mean to you, Davison? Like, you know, there was a chance maybe you become champion. You're no longer champion. You never get to fight in your home country. But to fight in your home country, how big of a deal is this for you? Nunca lutou, tu vai lutar agora como campeão aqui no Rio. Tu já lutou no Brasil, mas nunca como campeão. Como isso daí significa para ti? Bom, 100%, né? Há cinco anos atrás, eu estreiei no UFC aqui no Rio de Janeiro e agora retornando campeão, né? Lutar aqui embaixo da torcida do, dos brasileiros e lutar para os brasileiros, a galera que pô, acompanha meu trabalho e sabe, pô, Breno Moreno versus Davis Figueiredo, bicho pega fogo, então vou ficar ligado que sábado vai ser uma luta incrível. Five, five years ago, he made his debut here in Rio. His first fight was here. And uh, now he's uh, getting to fight for the championship in front of his uh, country uh, here in Rio. Big freaking deal. Big deal. Very exciting. Can I ask, are you, at this point, are you tired of thinking about Brandon Moreno? Four times unprecedented are you tired of thinking about this guy? Você está cansado pensando em Moreno? Não, <laughs> Moreno é gente boa, né, cara? A gente só se, a gente só não se dá bem dentro do octágono, né? Mas a gente não, eu, eu não me considero amigo do Moreno. É, todo mundo sabe que a gente tem uma treta, talvez por estar sempre lutando com ele. Mas enfim, é a luta que vem de dentro do UFC. He he doesn't have problems with uh, Moreno. His only problem with him is inside the octagon, and uh, he's just excited to to meet with him here in Rio. Uh, I know you guys had to do a face off, and uh, there was some promotional stuff two months ago. Brandon told me last week that you were kind of trying to intimidate him a little bit. Is that true? Were you trying to intimidate him when you guys were doing the uh, the media two months ago in Rio? Da vez que vocês se encararam aqui no Rio, o Breno disse para ele que tu tava tentando intimidar ele, fazer um jogo para intimidar ele. Bom, na verdade, a minha presença já intimida ele, né? Minha presença já intimida o Breno Moreno. Ele sabe que eu sou um cara bem mal dentro do octágono. E eu vou entrar para ser o que eu sempre fui, desde a primeira luta. você é um cara bem agressivo com ele. E daí, claro, é, treinei muito para defesa de queda, treinei muito meu jiu-jitsu, agora eu venho muito mais versátil para brigar com ele. Ele disse que sua presença faz Brandon Moreno scared. Oh, ok. Ele não tem que fazer nada. Ele não tem que fazer uh, special to scare him. Just his presence alone scares him. Uh, it, you know, it has been somewhat of a tumultuous time, like a, a crazy time for Brandon and his team because of the James Krause situation. Do you think that this is going to work in your favor, the fact that he had to change coaches so close to the fight? A que envolveu o treinador dele fez ele passar por um momento difícil. Tu acha que isso vai mudar a situação da luta? Ah, certamente vai mudar, né? Porque ele não, ele mexeu aí no, no, nos coaches dele, mexeu no camp dele, e isso é, vai, vai fazer com que ele não venha 100% para essa luta. 
eu vou aproveitar isso a, a, a meu favor. Yeah. He said everything uh, uh, changes, uh, that his camp is going to change, uh, but, and his fight will probably change a little bit too. Okay. By the way, just curious, uh, the guy who's translating, why doesn't he just translate? Why is, why is he telling you what to say? <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. Come, Come on, man. You're the man. Why are you shy? My, 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 my coach now is speaking English. You're incredible, my friend. Look at you. You're fantastic. We, we, we're it's doing better, yes. It's too much translation. <laughs> tell, tell me what he said there about the, the coaches changing and uh, all that drama. Uh, we know that every change in the, doing the team is going to make a difference in the fight because it has a lot of problems. Head coach and the head coach is the center of the camp. Now he's out. The head coach is out. And he needs to change a lot of things, a lot of codes. Probably the strategy is gonna fight, and Mako and Davidson is gonna make that for a good thing for us. He's gonna put the strategy inside this. Uh, by the way, great job! That was great. <laughs> Come on, don't be scared. It's okay. Um, and I saw on Twitter that you you called uh, Brandon a traitor for for backing James Krause. What did he mean by that? Ele viu que tu postando no Twitter que o Brenda era tipo um traidor por conta da situação, tipo, ter dado a costa pro treinador dele. Bom, ah, cara. É, é muito complicado, né? E, pô, agora, assim, eu tô em uma fase que eu não quero muito falar o que eu falei pro Brenda, né? Quero focar mais nessa luta aí. E eu espero que ele esteja bem. É, para luta, para a gente fazer uma luta incrível como sempre fizemos as três primeiras. Uh, I am in the best time now. I don't want to talk uh, too much about Brando. I'm good now. I don't need to talk too much. But everyone knows what happened, and I just hope that Brando's come for the fight as well. We're gonna do together a show for the public because they everybody needs that. Okay, fair But enough. I don't want to talk too much about the problems. No problem. And I respect that. I uh, I have no problems with that, obviously. Uh, could I ask, I saw a picture of you cutting weight um, with the towels and everything. And, and usually we see that closer to weigh-ins. How come you were doing that so early? Ele te viu na uma foto cortando peso já usando toalhas. A gente sabe que a gente usa muito perto da luta. Por que você está usando toalha já? Bom... Eu estava em um momento não cortando peso, não desidratando, mas eu estava relaxando ali, embrulhado a toalha. E não era um corte de peso, era só... Eu estava só apenas relaxando alguns cinco minutinhos. It's not about the cut the weight. The weight is good now. The best best time in the career, the weight. But the room of the workout is very cold. And I need to put the toes between me to keep my warm-up. Don't less to do. But it's not uh, the problem of the wage. Okay. It's just for the weather of the room. It's very cold. You you look like you're in great shape. Your face, everything looks great. Uh, how much do you have to cut between now and Friday? Do you know? Uh, ele falou que ele te acha muito bem. E ele queria saber quantos quilos está faltando aí para te cortar. Bom, tá faltando... Eu acho que quatro quilos ainda. E por isso eu tô bem. Tô saudável, conversando, brincando com meus coaches. É, é, eu, eu, eu venho desde o início do meu camp 
com esse clima, um clima saudável, um clima é, animado, brincando, sendo extrovertido com meus coaches. E contratei dois caras para trabalhar comigo. Um é o Lucas Zogby, meu preparador físico, meu tradutor, que está aqui do meu lado, my translator. E o outro é o nome Chicão. o Chicão, meu 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 como é que fala nutricionista trabalha com o Patrício Patrick os irmãos Pitbull é um cara renomeado e eu chamei ele para trabalhar comigo também e eu estou muito saudável é, eu bato para uma para esse cara porque ele me deixou muito bem eu estou faltando apenas 4 quilos desse jeito conversando dando atenção para você que é um uma das maiores redes do, do, do YouTube. I am in the best shape of my career. Uh, for this camp, I bring my strength conditioner and translate to help me as a new strength conditioner and a nutritionist. And this time in my diet, my body is very well. I feel have healthy. I feel very happy. I gonna can hang out with my team, with my family. I have a lot of energy to be there to talk to you. Is a, one of the best reports in the world to talk about MMA. Now I feel very well. Just four kilos for make the weight. I'm on the point. I'm in health. I'm in sharp. It's gonna be a big fight. Amazing for us. And thank you for those words. Obrigado. I appreciate that very much. Um, how is your finger? Remember, you showed us how, how is it doing the finger. Eu tinha um problema nos dedos. Isso. Como é que eles estão agora? Bom, tá 100%, eu quase quebro o dedo no camp uma semana, faltando uma semana para minha última luta agora com o Breno Moreno, eu quase quebro o dedo é, em um treino de wrestling, mas lutei mesmo assim, trouxe meu cinturão de volta para casa e agora tô 100%, a mão tá perfeita, não tem nenhuma, eu tô zerado, não tem nenhuma lesão, tô bem, tô 100% para essa nova luta. In, in the last fight of Moreno, In the probably in the last week of the camp, I almost broke my finger in a trainer wrestling. But I go to the fight with this problem. I bring the belt for the Brazil, but now I'm feel complete uh, recovery of my injury. It's gonna be uh, no problems with injuries for this fight. I'm perfect. How how close were you, Davison, to moving up to 135 for good and leaving 125? All the stuff that happened over the past year. How close were you to actually going up to bantamweight? Ele perguntou se tá muito perto de tu subir de categoria e lutar para o 61. Isso é uma coisa que tu já falou, mas se isso é uma probabilidade, se tá perto ou não, como é que vai ser o futuro? Bom, o futuro tá bem próximo. Eu quero me testar na categoria meio acima na 61, na categoria de cima, e eu deixo as portas abertas para o UFC me oferecer o dono do cinturão, e assim permanecendo com o cinturão após essa luta com o Breno Moreno, ele foi em Deus que vai dar tudo certo, eu vou desafiar o dono do cinturão de cima, e se o dono do se o cinturão tiver com o Henrique Serrudo, é, eu vou permanecer na de baixo, porque hoje o Henrique Serrudo é um irmão para mim, e eu jamais lutaria com ele. É... Uh, I wanna go up to the division, go to the bantamweight. I gonna fight with the bantamweight champion, but I just with the Henry Serrudo not gonna be the champion. If Serrudo get the, the belt, and I don't fight with Serrudo because Serrudo is my brother, he's helping me when I need, and I couldn't fight. But if Serrudo is not the champion, 
I gonna up to the video and challenge the champions for to a double champion. How how soon do you want to do that? If Cejudo is not involved, like do you want to do that in your next fight or later down the line? Caso Cejudo não se torne o campeão, tu já quer subir para a próxima luta ou um pouco mais para frente? Ah, com toda certeza, eu quero lutar no 61. E mas isso não não significa 100% que eu vou estar saindo da da 57. Eu quero me testar na meia unha e eu peço ao UFC que me dê essa luta. Uh, I wanna uh, test myself in the bantamweight, but I, got, I don't leave it for for a long time for the my division. I just gonna try to test myself and be a double champion. But I don't know now for the next fight or maybe the next year. I don't know too much. My focus now is in the fight and keep the belt of my division. Uh, will Henry and or Captain Eric Albaracin be in your corner on Saturday? Uh, se o Henry e o Eric vão estar no teu corner no sábado. Não, nesse sábado não. Nesse sábado eu estou trabalhando com os coaches do Brasil. É, eu estou trabalhando com a equipe que me tornou campeão, campeão mundial. For this camp, uh, I train with the coaches from Brazil, the guys that make me a, a world champion. For this time, Eric and Henry doesn't come to my to my corner, but I still friends, still talk uh, talk about the strategy. It's gonna help me a lot to develop with my mindset, everything like that. And and how uh, how happy are you with you know your compensation for this fight? Because I know you said you wanted more, you wanted to be paid more. Uh, you were vocal about that. So now going into the fight, how happy are you with your situation? É, tu já falou muito sobre os teus problemas com o pagamento, que tu não era um cara bem remunerado pelo UFC. Se tu tá feliz agora, se teve muitas mudanças, como é que tu te sente em situação, com essa situação referente ao UFC? Bom, a UFC foi a organização que mudou a minha vida e eu tô trabalhando com, como você sabe, tô trabalhando com outro empresário e esse novo empresário me deixou muito feliz. E agora eu tenho certeza que muitas mudanças virão após essa luta. Uh, I'm very happy. Uh, I, I never have a problems with FC. FC make my career. But now I change for manager. I start to work with Raya. I'm so happy. Everything's changed now. And I'm going to keep in the FC. I'm going to keep my focus in my career in the FC because he's given me all the things that I have to fight in the UFC. And now with another manager, the new manager, Rafabe, I'm very happy. And I still keep the things keep it like that. Great. Uh, I was going to ask you about your new management, but you, you just answered. So uh, happy to hear that you are happy as well. Do you think, Davison, that it is important to get a finish in this fight so that the rivalry can be finished? Like you put period, exclamation point, and that's it. Or do you not even think about that? Just get a win and so you can move on. E tu acha que tu precisa nocautear ou finalizar para botar um ponto final já nessa história, Brendo Moreno e Deus Figueiredo? Ou tu não tá nem pensando nisso, o teu objetivo é vencer e não importa se é por ponto, por nocaute, como, é que, como que seja? Bom, a, as duas primeiras opções que você falou, citou, e é, que eu quero para essa luta, para dar um ponto final nela. Uh, of course, I want to put a point in this, I gonna... I want to finish or knock it, um, him out because I, I need to do this. I need to point, put a point in the situations 
the history about Davidson Figueiredo, the Brandon Moreno, Skip, and I need to finish this now. Uh, I like that, and I think a lot of people would like to see, uh, you know, a, a definitive winner, so to speak. By the way, I saw a picture of you with your kids on what looked like a water buffalo of some kind. Where do you get these buffaloes from? Where do you see these buffaloes? Where can you ride them? It's a crazy scene that I saw. We're showing it now too. Bom, essa é a ilha do Marajó, especificamente a minha cidade, Souri, né, onde eu nasci e fui criado. E é só visitar Souri, que é uma ilha, a maior ilha, ilha fluvial marítima que existe é, no Marajó. This is my city, Souri, is an island in the north of Brazil. In this city, there's a lot of buffaloes. And if you want to see this kind of animal, you're just going to gonna go to my island and my city sorry in the Pará. It's the biggest island in the north. Wow. And how, how far is that from Rio? How far is like uh quanto longe é do Rio Sori? Sori, dá para você chegar a Sori você teria que ir para Belém do Pará, quatro horas de avião e mais uma hora e meia de Belém a Sori. Uh, for you go to Sori, you need first to go to Belém uh, by uh, airplanes for four hours, Rio de Janeiro, Belém. After you need to take a boat to go to Sori, more one, two hours. Wow. Um, speaking of Brazil, when I spoke to Brandon last week, he thought that maybe the Brazilian fans would cheer for him more than you, that they potentially like him more than they like you. What do you, what do you think about this? Estava conversando com o Moreno na semana passada e que o Moreno disse que o público brasileiro torce mais por ele do que por ti. Que ele acha que o público vai estar mais a favor dele do que de ti. É... E o que eu tenho de falar para ele é que aqui é Brasil, não é México. Se é. fosse no México, eu concordaria com ele. I just want to say to Moreno, we are in Brazil. If you are in Mexico, I'm going to agree with him, but we are in Brazil. Okay. Uh, and, and we'll leave it at that. I wish you the best, my friend. Obrigado. Thank you. Good luck to you on Saturday. Can't wait to see you back in there. Ele te desejo melhor, quer te ver sábado, e aí tuas últimas palavras para o público aí para falar para os teus fãs. Antes de falar com meus fãs, eu quero convidar você a vir conhecer a Souri, a Ilha do Marajó, especificamente Souri, que é a minha cidade a comer o queijo do Marajó, o frito do vaqueiro e tomar o, o, o açaí natural nosso aqui do, do Pará. Before I say my last words, I'm going to invite you to come oh. to Brazil, go to Sori, try a cheese for the national, uh, the cheese for Sori, the foods, the açaí, oh. come to hang out with us. It's going to be a pleasure. Eu serei seu guia. And I'm going to uh, bring you for all this place for oh you to enjoy gosh. the Marajó. I would love it. Açaí is my favorite food. I love açaí. I would take a bath in açaí. But only Brazilian açaí. I don't eat American açaí. It's crap. Brazilian açaí. So I, one day, I hope we can do it, my friend. I shake your hand right now. I hope we can do it. O açaí é a fruta favorita dele. Ele adora, mas o açaí brasileiro, não americano. E ele já apertou as tuas mãos e ele espera um dia estar aqui com a gente. Eu espero você. E eu quero falar, meus fãs, que é, tudo que, que vamos proporcionar sábado é para eles. Né? 
é uma, vai ser uma grande luta aí o BS Breno Moreno e eu quero muito ah, que essa luta seja vendável, então se querem, querem uma luta boa, uma luta é, animada, assistam o UFC sábado. Davidson uh, Figueiredo vs. Brandon Moreno, 4. I want to say to the fans, on Saturday, I'm gonna do my best for us, for the fans, and I want to make a history on Saturday. Me and Brandon Moreno is gonna make a history, it's gonna be a big fight, because the fans of the Brazil, the fans of the world, need this. Amen. Thank you, Davison. Appreciate it. Obrigado. And great job. What's your name, uh, translator? Lucas. Lucas. Great job. Lucas you, you killed it, Lucas. <laughs> well done. Thank you to both of you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, bye. Yeah, there he is, Davison Figueredo. He won't be coming out. That's a great. That's a great job by you, for, oh, Frank. Come on, Frank. I want to know if you're dancing back there, Frankie. Can't stop, won't stop. What a great job this is by MC Dome, huh? Keep going, keep going. Wait, we got to get the next guest. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code Hour. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 888- Seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. cdkng.com/mma.com. Yes, uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. I mean, that's a great job there by MC Dome. Uh, he did that, I'm told, in 24 hours. He put that together before the third, third, yes, third Moreno fight. By the way, I noticed a lot of people making fun of my dance moves. You understand that the uh, the cord is very, very tight here. I mean, it's there's not a lot of uh, room to maneuver, if you get what let's I'm Let's get you a new cord. I'm just saying, if you want more dancing, let's get, get you a new cord. A lot of people say it's a lot like Elvis, the moves. Like it's a lot of hips. I see the 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 similarities. Yeah. Shakira, hips don't lie, type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Well, I'm very excited about that fight. Am I crazy to state that it's the bigger fight? That feels like the bigger fight, even though it's Glover back home. It feels like the co-main is bigger than the main. What do you guys think of that? GC, what do you think? Yay or nay? I don't know. Really? I don't know. I mean, Glover Hill is huge. Is it more than a tetralogy, quadrology? Yeah, I'm sticking with quadrilogy. Okay. It's definitely a quadrilogy. I was told uh, 
Otherwise, it doesn't matter what we were told. I don't believe in tetralogies. What about you, Near Crick? Bigger fight? I mean, it's no secret how I feel about these two. Davison. Both of them. Yeah. Moreno and Davison, number one and number two. That's wa- the thing. I've, I watch it 10 times. I've said this yeah. numerous times. If you're giving me the two best, or I feel, now we have to DJ, right? DJ's in a, in a different category, oh, right, right. but maybe he's considering himself a bantamweight at this point. But these are two of, let's let's call it like two of the best three flyweights on the planet. If you're giving me this, I will I will watch it every single time. So I think it's bigger. I do think the fact that we've already seen it three times hurts it in your framing of it, right? Like what's the quote unquote bigger fight? Because I think people can potentially be bored of, of the names. But for me, it's a no brainer. That's the fight. I love that fight. Love it too. And I love the fact that in the UFC, at least it's one versus two, not taking anything away from uh, Glover and Jamal. I'm looking at the odds right here real quick. I see minus, yeah, minus 110, minus 110. Was anyone ever the favorite since this fight has been been officially announced? Never never like a a big favorite. Wow. Maybe on a couple books you could have got like a minus 120, minus 125, but I mean it has been razor close. I feel like outside of the first fight, the second and third, it's it's always been like pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That's what also makes it so awesome. Yeah. I love this fight. I love this fight. Love the fight. Uh, Glover to share, by the way, is a plus 105 versus Jamal Hill. Surprising that Glover's a dog? I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if this fight goes to the ground, I feel like... Uh, we saw Santos has some, uh, yeah, some, some success, success in getting him down there. Yeah, there is a clear path to victory there, for sure, for Glover. Okay. Um, I mean, look, there's a clear path for Hill, too. Yeah. I think this is Starts who can implement their game plan wins. That's basically what this fight is. Feels like people are siding with uh, Hill because of the youth. The youth, the momentum. You know, there, there are things in his favor for sure. Oh, yeah, the three shot. I love the three shot. <laughs> there are things in his favor for sure. But to your point, if, Glover, if this gets to the ground, he's in, he's in a world of hurt. Unless, look, there's unknowns, right? And somebody like Hill, who's young in the sport has an opportunity to grow between fights, has an opportunity to show things that we haven't seen before, whereas Glover is much more of a finished product. We know what we're getting at this point in his career. If he's made drastic improvements, he could come in there, show it, and and shock the world and make everybody, or not even shock the world, but make everybody look silly for doubting that he could have made those improvements. Or Glover could take him down, tap him out, and say, why did nobody believe in me? So it, it's this. I think both of these are awesome. I love both of these fights. Last time they were in Brazil... Do you remember which card it was? Uh, for a pay-per-view or just a regular? No, just a regular. Yeah, it was... Uh, man, where's Jose when I need him? He always has I the answers I have no clue. It was, uh, it was March 14th. It was Kevin Lee oh, yeah. and versus uh, Oliveira in an empty arena as the world was uh. shutting down. It was the only sporting event that weekend. It was 2020. They were supposed to have fans, and then they closed it. At the last minute. At the last minute. And that's the, the, the famous like McMainer, like, woo! video you know he was uh sitting in the empty arena nothing better than that audio yeah that was the last show in brazil so they're back for the first time in uh two plus years last pay-per-view was andraj against rose, rose yeah. Namajunas in uh 2019 so it's been I a was while there. crazy enough holy shit you were there huh I was in there. Brazil? yeah because yeah. uh you, those oh, were the ESPN. wow how many times did you go to brazil for ESPN? just just once that, that one was, it was you that ever had one. the acai I did. Oh, did I? Do I speak lies? No, I heard you the acai is pretty good. Oh no, my you, god! I'm, listen, I had listened to f- eight years of you building it up, and then I got there, and it was actually 
better than I eat that you had even hyped it up to be. That's how good it was. So I will I will grant you that it is as good as you say it Yo, is. Yo, there was one trip, UFC one ninety, uh Ronda Rousey versus Betch Cohea, that I was there for I got there on a Thursday and left on a Sunday morning. And no joke, had I think eight different servings of acai, and they're big, like they are meaty. Yeah. Like it's not exactly, you know, it's a meal. It's not a. Yeah. It's not a dessert. It's, oh. it's an actual thing. Have you ever had acai, GC? Yeah, but I mean, I've only had American acai, no, no. which it's you like, just absolutely put I, to shame. It's here. it's it's like it's it's a completely different food. It is same food, just that it's that much better. Infinitely better. I don't know when I'll ever be able to try it, but. Yeah, I mean, I Davison just invited us to the uh, to the hood. I don't. What did he say it was? I mean, he invited you. Can I be the? You <laughs> I mean, know, I feel like the whole crew can go. I mean, what a trip that would be, right? Fly oh to Rio, which would be me? like ten hours, and then go. What did he say? Four hours to Belém, and then a boat ride. Jeez Louise! Sounds good to me. Most of the time, Pick when you get here, on the way. It's frozen acai bricks. That's the difference, oh, it's right? it's horrible. Yeah. You're not getting the fresh. You're not getting the sugar. You're not getting the... I mean, The guarana is the uh, secret sauce. You're the, making me want acai, but it's just a waste of time if I go get it here. There's there's places you can get some good ones. Not but bad. I've never had it. Is it sour, tangy? What, what are we looking for? Well, the original is very, very sour and very Perfect. tangy. But uh, when you have it in an acai bowl, I have it with uh, granola sprinkled on top and blended with uh, with a banana. Nice. And it's to die for. I mean, it's. Yeah. I had a, a mandarin juice at this place, BB Sucos in Brazil, and I swear I felt like I was drinking the Amazon rainforest. Like, it, it was the most refreshing thing that I've ever tried in my life. Sounds amazing. <laughs> that See, sounds this, what's, fantastic. Uh, it was so what's good. crazy about this is I listened to this for so long, expecting it to not even be able to live up to yeah, the hype, and then it was exactly. better. That's how crazy uh, it is. Chris Wyman and I one time went. It was incredible. Yes? I invited Frank. I, I, I'm trying to decide a uh, Fogo de Chao, you know, Brazilian Oh, yeah, steakhouse. the steakhouse. Or do I go acai bowl? I got to do something Brazilian. We're going to do both. Point. Acai uh, the day of. Acai for breakfast day, day of. of. If we have a winning week, I take you to Fogo de Chao right. on Sunday. Yeah. Have you ever been to one of those? Yeah, I have. I have. Well, you flip the thing? Oh, they're fantastic. I went to one of those in Brazil, too. Oh, Insanity. Oh and have you been to an American one yes. and a Brazilian one? And is it the same thing as the not even close? That's not even close. Not even close. Not even love close. Not even close. Not even love to hear how much they cost. So yeah. looking forward to it. I, I think those are. I think yeah, those great. are closer. Yeah. Closer. But the acai I agree. Is Fine. a bigger yeah, gap. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, All right. So I'll say you Saturday morning. See you there, Frank. Yep. All right. Here we go. Um, uh, All right. We got our next guest. I'm uh, very excited to talk to this man. Uh, massive news, of course. Our, uh, you know. One of the biggest stories of the weekend, the return of John Jones, something that we had been anticipating, hoping would come to fruition. It is coming to fruition March 4th of this year, UFC 285. And the man who was instrumental in making it a reality is his advisor, longtime boxing promoter, executive, the one and only Richard Schaefer, the legendary Richard Schaefer joining us. Hello, Richard. How are you? How are you? Good. How are you, Ariel? Very nice to be on your show again. Oh, yeah. It's an honor. And uh, we see the familiar uh, Bernard Hopkins uh, robe that you told us about once upon a time. So, yeah, so great to have you fine. on a very exciting time. Can I ask you, uh, what are your feelings now that you have crossed the finish line on a story that really dates back over two years, right? Uh, spring of 2020, John was talking about moving up. To get a deal like this done, how do you feel afterwards? You know, uh, when you're going to try to put together big fights, there are always a lot of twists and turns. And uh, we certainly had our fair share of twists and turns over the past uh, 24 or so months that I've been working with John. 
Um, I'm very happy for John. I'm very happy for the MMA fans uh, to see uh, John finally uh, fight for that uh, UFC heavyweight title. Uh, it has been uh, it has been long in the making. Uh, we never really knew who it was going to be. Uh, we knew that it was going to be for the title. Uh, that's what John wanted. And so I'm very excited and very happy that uh, John is getting that title shot. Was there ever a point where you thought this wouldn't happen, that uh, the two sides were too far apart? Uh, no, you know, I mean, I, I think UFC realizes that John Jones is the GOAT, uh, and he is, a, he is a generational talent. And so they were very, very much interested and very open to work with us and, and come to the conclusion of putting together a fair deal, uh, which, uh, w- which, which we did here. I mean, that deal which we made for John uh, makes John now, the, uh, in the history of UFC, the highest paid heavyweight uh, athlete. And uh, overall, I think, uh, as Hunter mentioned to me, probably the second highest ever next to um, Conor McGregor. So it, it, it was a long negotiation, but it was, it was not a hostile negotiation. It wasn't like, like uh, where both sides stuck their heels in. I think both, both sides wanted to find a way, and we found a way, and here it is. And uh, Dana mentioned, Dana White mentioned at the post-fight press conference on Saturday that John has signed a new eight-fight deal with the UFC. Is that accurate? Uh, y- yes and no. Uh, you know, John was under a, an existing deal, which, uh, which really did not contemplate for any fights at heavyweight. It was for the, the light heavyweight division. So there, was, there were eight fights left. So it's not really a new deal. It's basically a amendment to the existing deal, um, which uh, includes now these heavy, the heavyweight provision. And so it's not just like he, he, he was free and he entered into a new deal. No, he was under contract with UFC, but we sort of like, um, you know, twisted the existing contract a bit. And in the end, it was easier to, just to sign a new contract always keeping in mind that these eight fights were still on the books. Okay. Um, in 2020, before you even started working with him, uh, he was quite vocal about what he wanted. You know, he threw out the 10 million number and seemed very adamant that, you know, he should be paid. And I agree 100% with what he was saying. Uh, could you tell us like how close to those numbers that he was talking about two and a half years ago you guys got? Uh, well, that, uh, you know, I'm not really going to talk numbers because that's not up. That's not up to me. I never, I never talk about how much somebody else makes, uh, uh, and so I, I don't really want to talk about it. But it, again, it was a contract which made both parties happy, and maybe maybe it made both parties a little bit unhappy as well. So I think uh, every every it, in order for this to happen, every side had to give a little bit. But um, we are very pleased, and I'm sure you have CS pleased, and uh, uh, John is very happy to be back and get this opportunity to fight for the heavyweight title. Is there any part of John and your, yourself as well that uh, is disappointed that it's not against Francis, who was the champion? And obviously we found that on Saturday he's parting ways. Um, is, is there any sort of disappointment involved with that? Um, I don't think there's disappointment. You know, you sort of like move on. Um, and that's, that's what it is. And, you know, one can never say never. Uh, so who knows what the future holds. Uh, the focus is fight. It's a big fight. 
I do believe that these are the two uh, best uh, heavyweights fighting each other. Uh, and it's a massive fight. And that's what the focus is. So you can't go and cry over what could have been or, or things like that. Um, for whatever reason, Francis uh, decided to step aside. I respect that. And I wish him, I wish him all the best. And who knows um, down the road uh, if, uh, if a fight like that, if, if that fight is going to happen. I personally, by the way, think that um, Cyril, uh, with his skill set and his youth and so on, is, um, is a bigger fight, uh, is a bigger fight than Francis would have been. Um, certainly more of a challenge. And I think it just shows you how determined John Jones is to, um, to become heavyweight champion. And he was, for him, it was never like, Oh, I'm not going to fight this guy or I'm not going to fight that guy. For him, it was like, I don't really care. I want to fight for the heavyweight world title and just bring whoever it is. And that is why he is the goat. That's what goats do. Um, we were told on Saturday that John was ready to go and, and willing to fight anyone, as you just said. Uh, how long ago was this a done deal? Meaning, could he have fought in November? Could he have fought in October, in December? I'd heard that they were trying to make it for December, but were waiting on the Francis situation to see how it played out. In your opinion, how how long ago could this you know heavyweight fight had happened if the other side was ready as well? I'm sure you followed the videos uh, from uh, John. He's been training. Uh, he's been training, and he he would have been ready for a while uh, to make this uh, heavyweight uh, fight uh, reality. But you know, UFC gave Francis a lot of time, showed a lot of patience uh, to see um, if he wants to fight, how long his uh, the, the recuperating from his operation was going to take. So there was like a lot of like. There was a lot of they really they really they really looked out for Francis and they really UFC really tried to make that fight and uh, so I don't think there's any any blame sort of like to be put on UFC for not having tried their best to get that fight done and there is no blame to really go with Francis either he decided he doesn't want to do the fight he doesn't want to do the fight but because of that injury he had and all postponement. I have to say, it became sometimes a bit of frustrating experience, certainly for for Francis, uh, for John, but for me as well. Um, when 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 I, when I call Hunter or, or talk to UFC as well, let's wait a little longer. Let's wait a little longer. And um, so I'm glad that it, finally it came to this where they said, "Okay, enough is enough. Now we're not going to." And I like that about UFC; they do not hold titles hostage. And I think that's a good thing for the fight fans. And it's actually something I think boxing could uh, could learn from. Uh, no fighter is bigger than the sport. And um, I think uh, that's a, that's a, that helps the sport. Uh, to the best of your knowledge, how close was the first opponent, um, Stipe, being Stipe? Like, uh, was it ever close to Stipe? Uh, well, it was Francis, and then it was Stipe. Um, uh, then maybe we were talking about maybe December Stipe, uh, but then we gave uh, Francis a little bit more time, you know, to see if we can get this. And then, you know, so so then, and then it became uh, Cyril, and we were able to because you know we we didn't just put this frame the framework of that new deal, of this deal together in twenty four hours. It has been the subject of numerous meetings I had with UFC, 
uh, in Vegas, uh, in different places, uh, many phone calls and so on over the past 18 months or so. So once we, and it's difficult to really ultimately finalize the deal uh, if you don't know who the opponent is. Mm. Uh, so we sort of like had to wait until we knew who the opponent is. And once we knew who the opponent was and that it was going to be for the vacant title, then um, Hunter and, and John was very much involved in those negotiations. Uh, uh, we put that deal together relatively quickly. Uh, do, you mean, any, matter- do you have any idea how much John will weigh? No, I don't. Um, I just know that um, the way he's been going after adding the weight, uh, adding muscle, uh, I mean, this is a very, he, he, this, is, this has been an amazing approach from him, a very scientific approach as well. This was not just about somebody bulking up, uh, gaining weight. Uh, this was about gaining muscle and gaining muscle at the right places. So, I mean, the scientific approach John took for that is just, that exactly is another reason why he is to go and why he is undefeated and why he is as good as he is. Um, and uh, it's going to be a fascinating uh, fight on March the 4th. Uh, John would be the first to tell us that it's been a great decade for him, but also there have been some some lows as well. There's been some highs and some lows. Worth noting, it's been a long stretch now of no drama. He has been relatively out of the limelight, and uh, perhaps that's a great thing for him, right? There's been nothing else to talk about other than his eventual return. Could you give us any window, and I understand that this is obviously a question best answered by him, but since you've been working with him, into just how he's doing. How's he doing mentally? How's how's life going for John Jones? Because we haven't heard much from him. Yeah, well, he is, um, I have to say, I have a very nice relationship with him. It's a pleasure to deal with He's a smart guy as well. He gets it. Um, he knows exactly what he wants. Uh, he is the ultimate professional. And uh, he, <clears> as <throat> it, is, it comes to him, his, his personal life as well, he's in a great space. And I think all of this together is, um, is you know, he's at ease. He is at, he's at peace. He, is at, he, he, he has a goal. And finally, what he's been wanting for so long to move up and fight for the UFC heavyweight title is coming. So he is motivated, he is fired up, he's hungry. He's sort of like, you know, turning back the clock a bit. And um, that's what he wanted and that's what he's been talking about. And now it's here. Finally, it's here. So he is, he is at a great, he is at a great, great uh, place. He knows what to do. He is uh, very smart. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, he sees the strengths of the opponent he sees the weaknesses of the opponent he's talked to me about how, how he will go about it and i mean it's just like he is he knows exactly what to do he he has the blueprint and he will go and execute it and become heavyweight champion i have no question about it uh, you've been promoting events for a very very long time you've been in the fight business for decades uh, how would you have, and your role here is different, obviously, because you're just working with the one fighter trying to get this deal done. How would you have reacted, perhaps in your heyday, if you will, when you were much, much younger, uh, if a big fight, a fight of this magnitude was leaked by mistake on the arena like it was on Saturday? Would you, I mean, would you have, uh, how, how would Richard Schaefer in uh, 1998 have reacted to that? Well, I would have gotten really pissed off, you know, <laughs> because that's just not the way to announce a fight, to announce a mega fight. But, you know, when I look at it now and you think back, I mean, there was really no, 
there wasn't really much harm. But um, I'm sure, knowing Dana, he must have gone ballistic, and uh, I would have done. I would have done the same. But when you get older, you know, you sort of like see these things more in perspective, and you really it doesn't. In the end of the day, it didn't really right. matter. What it certainly did is, look. I don't know because I'm not the promoter. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Who, who knows? Maybe this was done on purpose uh, because it certainly lit up uh, that Saturday afternoon. It certainly lit up uh, social media. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody was speculating that it might be announced uh, after the fight. So who knows? Maybe this was another strategic uh-huh. masterstroke and coup from UFC and Dana White. Who knows? Who knows? Um, I mean, it it wasn't. It, there wasn't really much harm. Much harm to it. Uh, so, considering this successful first venture, working with an MMA fighter, is Richard Schaefer now interested in working, advising, uh, for representing other MMA fighters? Uh, well, actually, I got a couple calls. Uh, so, yes, there's definitely an interest to help other fighters who, um, who who need help in advising them. I know the pay-per-view business very well. I have a very good relationship with UFC. So that definitely is an opportunity. And at the end of the day, I like to help athletes. I like to help fighters. And that's the reputation I have on the boxing side as well. Um, I like to... Um, I, I was always, and, and still am a fighter's first promoter. I like to empower the fighters. I like to educate them about the different revenue streams and 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 help them as well to make sure that they're going to be set for life because this is a short window they all have, whether you're a fighter or a UFC athlete. Um, it, you know, so, so uh, yes, I'm very, very, very interested to help other athletes, um, frankly, irrespective of what sport they come from. Uh, which fighters, which MMA fighters have reached out? Could you tell us? Oh, we're going to have to wait. <laughs> okay, that's very interesting. Very exciting. Could I ask, uh, given your knowledge now, which sport is healthier, MMA or boxing? MMA. MMA has more of a structure. Uh, the best fight the best. Uh, uh, they uh, sort of like Dana and UFC, you know, they, they really got their shit together. and They make big fights happen. And boxing just keeps shooting its, itself in the foot. I mean, we'll see now what 2023 brings uh, on the boxing side. Uh, there are three big fights uh, which should happen. And who knows if they do happen, if it would be UFC, they would happen. I'm talking about uh, the, the, the Fury versus Usyk fight for the undisputed heavyweight title. I'm talking about Crawford and Spence for the undisputed welterweight championship. And I'm talking about uh, Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis. These are massive fights. And when, when year after year, the fight fans are being cheated out of these big fights, eventually they turn their attention to another sport. And I'm afraid um, we, we in boxing have, you know, sort of like tested the patience of the fight fans to the max. And we really need to get our shit together and get these big fights done. And that's why I think uh, UFC is in a better place. I think as well, and that's probably going to surprise you now or it's going to surprise many, I believe as well that the pay structure for UFC is substantially better than the pay structure for boxing. Um, 
maybe at the the absolute highest end, at the absolute highest level. I'm not talking about the top five percent. I'm talking about the top one percent. Uh, fighters get paid more, but when you look at the sport as a whole, uh, if you go down the list on the on on the pay per view cards or on the regular cards, I do believe that UFC fighters have a better pay structure um, for their athletes. So. Um, you know, it's sort of like I'm a lifelong boxing fan, but um, I have to say that um, UFC is doing is 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 doing the right thing. Respectfully, can I can I push back on one comment? Uh, just saying, sure. Go ahead. They make the best fights. The best fight, the best. Wasn't option one Francis versus John? Yes, but you cannot force somebody to fight. I mean, sure, that's I know. Thing. But I mean, but would you say you the have, best fighting the best would be Francis John? Um, from a skill level point of view, no, I would disagree with that. Okay, I think that I think that, uh, frankly, I think for John, a fight against Francis Ngannou would have been an easier fight than the fight here against Cyril Game, and that's I really believe that. So, so um, uh, you know, maybe from a name recognition, but then you have to look at Francis's pay per view numbers. I mean, I was told they were not never really that big either. Um, and so maybe he was a big star within UFC, but did he really trans- transcend UFC? I-, I don't know. I mean, I-, I don't know enough. I think he's a terrific athlete. I think he's very charismatic as well. Um, I'm a fan of his. So um, I wish him all the best. And I just hope he's not going to go into boxing, uh, but that he is going to find the, the, whatever big fights he's looking for. Um and or maybe not. Maybe he is happy with what he has and what he made. He's going to retire and he's going to become a trainer or a coach or who knows what. But that's not really my my business anyway. Why do you hope he doesn't go to boxing? Because um, I, I wish that fight fans and sports fans would finally understand if you have a a MMA guy, an MMA athlete, go and compete against a boxer in a boxing ring, the boxer is going to win. There's just no question about it. And if you have a a boxer go and compete in an an octagon, the MMA guy and the MMA rules, the MMA guy is going to win. It's two different sports. And I don't see in any way, shape or form that a Francis Ngannou could go and, for example, beat a Deontay Wilder or a Tyson Fury or an Alexander Usyk, and so, so if you and I, I, I would have to assume that you and your colleagues and boxing media experts would agree with me on that. So if that is the case then why do I need to see it? Why do I need to pay $80 over the $100 to see a fight when I know who is going to win? Um, I- I'm not interested in that. And uh, I think he's a terrific athlete, and I think he has some big fights ahead of him. And um, I personally think that's just my feeling, that he made a mistake not working out his deal with UFC. Um, but hey, it's it's his decision. It's that's what he is doing, and the world goes on, and UFC goes on, and there's going to be other big fights, and uh, uh, there are other uh, heavyweights lined up to fight the winner of this fight, to fight John after he beats Cyril, 
Um, so we'll, we'll move on. And you keep doing the best, fighting the best, the best which are available. I mean, those mm. who are not available, like, you know, <laughs> I get you can't it. make fights when one side doesn't want to fight. It's always great to pick your brain. It's an honor to have you on the show, Richard. Appreciate it very much. Congratulations on getting this deal done. Can't wait for it. March 4th in Las Vegas. And very curious to see who else you might be working with in the MMA space. I think that would be a huge uh, bit of news as well. So thank you so much. All the best to you. And thank you again for having me, Ariel. All right. There he is, the great Richard Schaefer. Uh, he is, uh, I mean, a legend when it comes to the world of combat sports, promoting and uh, what insight there. And uh, it's, it's, it's no question that he has a great relationship with uh, the UFC brass, and, and that is good. That is good. Smart move on John's part. Um, would love to talk to John one of these days. John, if you're out there, would love to have you on to uh, pick your brain about the last few years. He has been uh, relatively quiet, and I think that's been good. Uh, remember, at the beginning of the pandemic, he was very vocal, um, made you know a management switch. This one came out of left field, so to speak, the, uh, the, the, the alignment with Richard Schaefer. And there's a lot of interesting things there that Richard said, and, and uh, there's a part of me that wish that we had a little more time that I enjoy the, uh, the back and forth. Um, and we could talk about those as uh, the show wraps up on the back end with the guys. But for now, let's... There are a million bad ways to start your morning off. The no coffee traffic jam, the soggy morning jog, the why is the dog taking so long just go already walk but you can unleash your ideal day with a perfect shower using method hair care products designed with high quality ingredients methods new range of shampoos and conditioners will give your hair undeniable softness and shine and hey if you're a night shower kind of person that's great too try pure peace infused with peony rose water and quinoa protein or simply nourish crafted with coconut rice milk and shea butter or Daily Zen, made with cucumber, seaweed, and green tea. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Shop methodproducts.com. Let's move along and welcome in the reigning defending UFC bantamweight champion. Very curious about his future. Some people are saying that he might be on that card. Some people are saying he won't be on that card. Let's get... The truth from the Funk Master, Aljamain Sterling, joining us. There he is. Ah, yeah. Whoa. Are we moving up to lightweight? What's going on here? Come on. <laughs> look how big you are. Jeez Louise. What? You look are jacked. you on Cheeto's side right now? No. You, you call look, me a weight bully? You look huge. I mean, no, you look you look fit. You look, uh, I mean, 24-inch pythons. Those are Hogan-esque. Yeah. I'm, uh, I might have. Yeah, I enjoy the holidays a bit. No, I'm not saying you look fat by any stretch. By the way, I'm not I, like th that was a big flex right there. So much respect to you. What a setup this is here! Holy smokes, what's going on here? Is that your logo over there? That's the logo. Where is it? I'm looking yeah. the wrong way. This way. This is the weekly scraps. Welcome to the show, Algernon Stone. Make sure you guys tune in every Monday. Yeah, your content's been <laughs> fire lately. I mean, you're weighing in on all kinds of things. Uh, you enjoying doing this? You like doing your own thing? You, you, you're not, you know, it, what's interesting is about you, Aljo, is that there's there's a lot of fighters who are doing this thing where they're putting out content, but because, and correct me if you feel otherwise, because you are not working for the UFC as an analyst, I feel like 
you tend to tell it like it is, maybe a little more. And I'm not trying to put them down because they're in a tough. They're 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 getting paid. It's it's fine. Everyone has to make a living. But I I, I feel like you tell it like it is on yours because you don't have those ties. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but at the same time, I still try to be respectful of the sure. athletes because I know one, I see them in person a lot. Two, a lot of them know who I actually am, and they see me. And uh, some of them actually do look up to me. So it gets a little weird because I don't I, I'm myself. But then when I see these people that they come up to me, I'm I'm like I don't get it, and I go, oh yeah, I'm kind of in a elevated position, you know. Yeah. And that's not you know, and it, it sounds weird saying it like that, but that's. I kind of have to remind myself that's what it is. Um, so I just try to be respectful and I try to give some some shine to the guys that are on the upper, like the undercards and things like that. But for the most part, tell it how it is, man. That's the way it should be. But when you got a big corporate paying those uh, those bills and writing those W-2s, you got to kind of do what the boss tells you to do. We got a grill going on there? What's happening uh, on that bottom set of teeth? Look at that. Yeah. Is um, that a full so grill? So I lost them in... No, no, just the bottom. I okay. lost them in 2017, and I and I got them again. Bobby Green even came up to me. He goes, "Bro, when'd you get those? Are you jocking my style? I had a wonder." And I was like, "Come on, man, don't do me like that." I'm like, I, I got pictures. I got I got receipts, bro. I've I've had this for a long time. Um, I was really sad when I lost it in Mexico. Really sad. Same Actually, one. It wasn't Mexico. I lost I lost it in Mexico, and then in the hotel at one of the UFC fights, I left it on the counter in a napkin. I left, came back. Housekeeping came. Oh. The whole room was spotless. The napkin with the grills were gone. Oh no! Sad. So Sad this is a, this is a new pair. This is a new pair. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about your situation. What is going on? Because this comes out about the bicep, but then you come out and he's like, "Hey, I, I I wasn't saying that I was out." What what is your status right now? So. The goal was to do PT and see exactly where we're at. We did one week of PT and, and full. This is just how I am. I, I tell the truth. People can say whatever they want to say about me. I tell the truth. I feel better already just taking off the complete time and just solely focusing on PT. Um, it's just whether or not it's going to be healed enough in time to fight a guy like Henry Ciuto. And what we're trying to do is weigh out the risk versus reward. I did it against Piotr Jan the second fight and against TJ Dillashaw. Um, People heard that I only want to go on vacation, but I said I had some lingering uh, injuries that I've had from way back when I never had time to take it off. So just to give a better timeline, because I know people probably listen to your podcast more than they listen to mine. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I don't know. I don't know if that's yeah, yeah. true, but uh, much respect. Thank you. <laughs> they should listen to yours, by the way. They, they should, but, you know, I'll let the people be the judge of that. Um so after I fought Jan, you know, I wanted to get the injury taken care of. Then I was kind of offered a fight a little bit sooner than I wanted to. So I said, okay, let me take off a week and then try to see how I do with training. I did that after 13 long months of surgery and rehab and everything. Um, and then getting to the fight and then doing a fight camp for that. You know, that was the longest fight camp of my entire life. Literally 13 months. Fought, compete. Okay, let me take a week off and see if I can fight. Um, then they pushed the fight back again. And then it was pushed back again. So there was a series of events of me starting to train, stopping, and then I was back in New York, so I wasn't doing PT. And I have a house in Vegas, but I had to go see my fiance, hang out with her, obviously being away for so long, um, got to do the right thing. So I stayed in New York. I didn't get PT to take care of it. And then we had the TJ fight. And again, that fight got pushed, different occasions, different dates, and same thing, starting, stopping. So I never gave it the proper time to heal. And now here we are, 
I said it after the last fight, and then all people heard was, you fought a one-armed guy, and you took you two rounds, and you're not an active champion. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, are you listening to what I'm actually saying? I'm, I'm, I actually am hurt as well, and I just want time to heal up after 13 months, two five-round training camps, and I do get a little bit fat. <laughs> <laughs> what is the injury? But I got abs, Ariel. I got abs. I can see. You look great. Um, the injuries are partially torn by tendon. I tore my right one in 2016 um, after my first loss to Brian Caraway. Then I lost, um, I went on a drinking bender. And then when I realized to snap out of it, um, I was in a little bit of a dark place, relationship, everything. Like my whole life at that point was just like spiraling down. Not, not, not a good time period in my life. And when I realized what was happening, I tried to get back on the horse. Um, I was like, okay, tomorrow we get back and we do the right things. And then I, the next day was going to be sparring. I was flying back home. And then what I tried to do was jump right into it. And uh, I tore my bicep throwing a right hook. Pop. Oh. And then my next fight was Rafael Sunsau. And that was seven months later after the surgery. And I lost that one as well by split decision also. So, you know, it was just a series of bad events. And now here I am. I'm like, dude, I, I've dealt with this. Um, I, I just want to make sure I'm good and I could get through another training camp or if I'm going to have to get the surgery or not. So that's kind of where things are. At so this right. is the same entry from back then? From back in the Jan fight. Oh. The right one is the one I tore and the left oh. one is the one that's hurting now. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, and, and, and when you tore the, the original one, you didn't have surgery on that, right? Can you have surgery on something? I did. You did? That, wow. that one tore. That was a complete tear. Wow. I threw the hook and it popped. Damn. So what are they saying now about if you need surgery? So I'm getting like, it's just super weird. Like the, the kind of the messages I'm getting, they're kind of like, no one wants to be like, this is what you should do because no one wants to be at fault if it's wrong. They want to say get surgery because they don't know if PT is going to help and they don't want to say do PT and then not waste time. Um, and then PT fails and then we have to get surgery anyway. So it's kind of like this weird spot that I'm in. And I, I told the matchmakers like, hey man, I'm already feeling better. Let's just stay on this and see what happens. In the meantime, I could run, even though I hate running. I ran twice last week, which is a big step up from huh. zero. <laughs> so I ran twice last week, kicking the bag, just staying off my arm, not wrestling and, and doing stuff that's going to agitate it. And of course, if I'm going to fight a guy like Henry, I would like to be able to push the pace into wrestling because I think a guy like that, you have to be able to wrestle and you have to be able to push a hard pace at 25 minutes. Like Henry might be a corny and I, I don't mind corny. Corny is kind of funny because it's different and it's not like everyone trying to be oh i'm cool and like so i get henry i get him i understand him um but don't let that fool you like the guy is a legitimate athlete legitimate fighter and he's dangerous you know and i want to make sure if i'm gonna fight a guy like that and risk it again that i'm gonna do it and if i lose i lose i don't want to have excuses like oh well i fought injured and have like this built-in excuse kind of thing like if i lose i'm gonna take my l like a man just heal up my body and come back right i've done it before I could do it again. You know, I'm not going to go the TJ route. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to do all these things. Like if, you, if I have a good training camp and I can fight and I can compete in the room, I should be able to theoretically compete under the lights. And that's the risk that we take. None of us go into these fights hundred percent. And I got to make sure if I'm going to do it, the juice has got to be worth the squeeze. That's pretty much where I'm at. And just curious, if you did go under the knife, how long would you be out for? Like what's the recovery time for something like that? Have they told you? Um, they're, they were saying like nine months. I don't oh, think it's wow. going to take that long. This one was seven months. And okay. I did the rehab back in Long Island. 
And Long Island is good, but if I'm here at the PI and I'm doing everything and I get the stem cells, like right after I get the surgery, like a week later or two weeks later, I think that recovery time cuts down to probably like four months. Okay. Um, like to be able to compete. And when or do maybe they- five. Let me say five. Let me okay. say five. Were they offering you March 4th? Was that the date that they were talking about? Is that the date they want you to fight on? Yeah. And I heard rumors of the Jones versus Francis and I was like, oh, that's a monster card. Yeah. I would love to. So there's a, a bunch of enticing things. That's what I'm like. I'm trying to, I'm trying my best to make sure I could get to the fight. And if I can, I will. And um, if I can't, it's just give me some time to see where everything is at. Um, that trip to Jamaica was already pre-planned. I already wanted to do some of that philanthropist work, go down there, do some charities. We donated some, not money, but we bought a bunch of food for both two different charities, um, some free seminars and some things like that, just to give some more exposure and bring some more eyeballs to what Jamaica is other than just going to the resort. Like it's much more than just being on a resort, being protected and going out to the island and actually seeing the people of the country, you know? So that was already a mission that I already had written down that I was going to do. And no one was going to tell me whether that fight was a five round war or one minute knockout. I was going to go out there and still do that. So yeah, you should have done everything sooner. Shut up, bro. This is my life. Let me live my life the way I want to live my life and enjoy my life the way I should enjoy my life. I don't tell you when to go on vacation. I don't tell you when it's appropriate for you to take your family and do certain things. Like, it's not like I'm going out and doing coke. I'm going out, <laughs> I'm going out, I'm doing good things in the world. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like people have this weird thing. It's like they can't figure out anything else to hate on me about. So now it has to be all oh, you, you're, you're doing. Like, I don't even know. Like, it's just any way to disparage me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't know I, what else I need to do. I, I, I didn't even know that people were giving you shit for that, to be honest. But uh, I guess I'm not surprised because they're going to weigh in on all these things and and try to, yeah. you know, um, be dicks about things. So March 4th, is that even still on the table? I think it's a possibility. Okay. Wow. We, I mean- and my, it, weight's coming, my weight's coming down. I was 65 this morning. And again, I'm not training every day. So that weight could come down relatively quick if I- um, once I get clearance to use my arm and actually be able to like wrestle and things like that and clean up my diet a little bit, I think I could get, I think I can make Cheeto a little bit more happy with my weight. So I'm not being a weight bully. <laughs> okay. So, but like that's in a month and a half. Doesn't it have to be? Yeah. That would be like what? Six weeks? I think that's like six weeks. Yeah. Does it have to be decided yeah. relatively soon? I think the tickets are going on sale. I mean, they just announced Jones gone two days ago. I know that, but is there some sort of deadline where you have to give them the yay or nay? Uh, I would Im I would imagine this week. Yeah. I would imagine this week. What do you I think I hope happens? Henry's not sitting home eating burritos and drinking Hennessy. <laughs> or should I say tequila? Should I say tequila? Why is the Hennessy? Hennessy I don't get the Hennessy. I haven't heard Hennessy in a while. Why is it always that one? It, so Henry, I don't know if, what high school he went to. I don't know if he's like, he's got his hood card or something, but uh, maybe he does. But... <laughs> Most most African Americans in America drink Hennessy. Oh, okay. And, and that's like the stereotype. Got it. And when I was growing up in high school, that was a big thing. But I don't even drink Hennessy like really anymore at all. So it's kind of like it was like it was kind of like one of those things. Like I get what you're trying to say. You're funny. You're funny. But all his jokes has to be like some type of racial. I'm like, yeah. I personally don't find any of them funny. If I'm being honest. Yeah. I mean, you're two incredible it, athletes. It, I, and, but I get I get the dig. I yeah, get the dig of what he it. was trying to do. He did like the Aunt Jemima thing. I'm like, oh God. I get what you're trying to do, but 
that was probably not the right place for you to use that line, maybe behind closed doors, maybe uh, Henry. Uh, it's all skirting not, not the line, too good. whatever line yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there is. So what do you think happens? Like, do you, what does your gut say right now? Do you think you're fighting March 4th or not? Um, I, th- I think we're going to fight out this week. I'm very optimistic about it. And at the end of the day, these guys are all my sons, man. You know, I birthed all these kids. I'm going to impregnate them one by one. <laughs> okay. Take them down, hump the legs, Ariel. Oh, Take Jesus. them down and hump the legs. Okay, all right. Uh, by the way, you get pay-per-view points? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's, that's a good one. Sentence. Yeah, yeah. And clearly I'm joking. I'm just saying everyone's like, oh, you just sniff the crotch and hump the legs. So that's the joke. Play on sure, words. Sure, sure. I'm gonna... Yeah, of course. But that, I mean, like this. that would be a, I mean, that would be a huge one. I, I feel like that would be one of the bigger ones that you've been on. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for the pay-per-view numbers to come back for UFC 280. Okay. Um, I saw the ones for UFC 273. Those did fairly decent. Um, see how this one comes back. And I'm going to say I'm the big motivating factor on that UFC 280 card. I was probably the one why everyone was reaching into their pockets and throwing out their hard-earned money to, to watch me fight, you know? And I don't think this is going to be any difference. I think the co-main event between myself and Henry was should be the main event over Jones and, and Gone. Wow. You know, everyone wants to watch us. Really? You, so you, you, are, you, are you being serious when you say that? Why? Uh, this is my this is my sense of humor. I'm being I'm being. Oh, I'm being I, I feel like you can make that case. I don't know if I agree with it, but I feel like you can make the case. <laughs> Former champion, uh, two division champion, Wait. gold medalist. Like we could sell that. I feel like that's a legit it's thing. Like, it's like a backhanded compliment. No, I mean you I feel don't like agree you, with it, but you say. You can I mean make it's the John case. Jones. Like, uh, By the way, it's no, it, it's closer now dogs. that it's not Francis. I mean, with all due respect, right? Jones versus Francis yeah, is like. Well, yeah, I would say all right, there's actually an argument for that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A, I'm actually saddened by that. I'm not going to lie. Can we talk about that? How do you lie. feel about this situation? Because am I crazy for saying like, you know, you, you've sometimes not been on the same page. You've been outspoken. You haven't reached a situation like Francis where it was like the contract is up, you know, and all this drama. But to now see him walk away and to see the way it was handled on Saturday and all this stuff, how do you feel about it? If I'm being honest... I'm going to say I think both sides of the party messed up. Um, I think Francis needs the UFC in regards to continuing his rise into the mainstream. Like, people know who he is, but I think for him to get to that next level, he beats a guy like John Jones. That's, like, undeniable. You know what I mean? Now, he goes out. He's a free agent. How much money is he going to really generate from these other promotions? I don't know. Like, I, I have no, like, inside information to know what that looks like. Can he get the Tyson Fury fight? If he does that, okay, good for him. Because I think that's going to do huge numbers. Maybe. Because maybe people don't think he has a chance. But if it's the small gloves, like they were teasing the small gloves, that's a very interesting boxing fight, you know? So I look at it like that, and I look at the UFC. You let the baddest man on the planet walk over what? Because the guy wants to do a boxing fight while he's still under contract. I mean, Connor did it. Why can't Francis do it? And I don't know if that's the reason, mm-hmm. like why they didn't agree. I'm sure there's a bunch of things we don't see behind the closed doors, but I think um, Francis has gotten to a huge position in his life. I know he's very grateful, the same way I am. Like when we come from where we come from, um, and I'm nowhere even near close to where he's come from, um, but I know having nothing and being able to now have all this wealth and uh, be able to take care of your family and things like that. 
that's really all because of the UFC, you know, on that platform. Um, outside of that, I don't know if he goes to a Bellator. Will he do the same? I don't know if people are going to be tuning in to watch Francis and Bellator. I, I don't know. So I don't know what the strategy really is. I just hope whatever he does, honestly, it's the best financial means for him. That's, that's what I hope for. I just feel like that fight should have been a one-off or maybe that should have been some type of negotiating factor because I think that's the one that's going to put him at this meteoric place in his career, if, if that's what he even wants. Maybe he doesn't even give a shit. But you know Maybe they won't do a one-off because what if he just wants to make he, money and have his freedom? What if he what if he knocks out John and then he walks away? Then it's like a real problem, right? <laughs> that's dude, that's cold. That's literally a mic drop. I know, that's but they won't, they won't put themselves in that position, right? Because now you can't make money off the guy who beat John Jones. So it, it, there had to have been more fights tacked on to this. Yeah, but see, here's how, the way I look at it: you at least get the fight. Sure. I agree with you, by the way. I agree with you 100%, but you know that's not how they do business. That's why they never let champions fight out their deal. That's why his deal was so was so unique, right? We've never seen anything like this before, especially for the heavyweight champion. They don't do this. And then it would be sad if it's a missed opportunity, like it would have been Brock Lesnar versus Fedor Emelianco or Emelianco versus Cain Velasquez. Like, we want to see those fights, right? So it's like, I would rather have that fight Sure. And then whatever happens after that, maybe we go back to the drawing board and we negotiate again. Because I'm sure there's enough money to scratch both backs and everyone's happy. I think it's just a power play and maybe a leverage thing and trying to see whose dick is bigger. Um, the UFC's got deep pockets. They can go to bat with anybody on this planet as sure. much as they want, you know? They do so I, I just go like, come on, man. Just The fans want the fight. Let's just make the let's figure out a way to make this fight happen. That's that's just where I'm at with it. How, how do you feel about the way it was, you know, kind of positioned? Like, oh, uh, he wants easier fights. Essentially saying like he doesn't want to fight John Jones. That didn't sit well with me. How about you? As someone, you know, you you've butted heads. You're a champ. If any, I I thought of you during all of that because I was like, man, I, you know, if you say that about Francis, who else could you say that about, right? It's it's easy to say people don't want to fight each anybody. I mean, at the end of the day. I used to fight for no money. And then when I realized that your body is actually compromised after doing this, after a couple of years in the sport, you go, maybe I should actually care about the money. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all it is. Francis cares about the money. And he even said, it's not just about the money. It's about freedom. It's like, you're giving up the freedom for the money. He wants, he thinks there's a middle ground to have both. And I kind of agree with him. Yeah. Um, and again, I don't, I don't know if it's because you don't want to set a precedent for, now all the other fighters to have this thing, oh, well, Francis did it, well, why can't I do it? If he did it and I'm in this position, that can definitely happen. But the UFC time and time again has nipped that in the butt multiple times. This ain't gonna be no different. You know what I mean? So it's just like, the UFC could do whatever they wanna do. And again, I'm not throwing shade. I just understand the, the background aspects of it could be a little bit more, um, I don't even know the right words. I don't want to. Yeah, I get I'm not, it. I'm not shooting myself in the foot. <laughs> no, I get it. Can I, can I ask you? I put out a, a poll on Saturday and I saw you replied to it. Now, it's tough with those polls on Twitter. As you know, I was lamenting this at the beginning of the show because you only get four slots. But if I'm being honest, like if I would have put a fifth slot, I probably would have put one, not UFC. And, and you wrote, I feel like UFC should be one of the options. Do you think that there's a chance he comes back? Because I think there's a chance he comes back maybe in a year or two, if he gets this boxing thing out or whatever dream he wants to live out. 
but now I don't feel like there's a chance. Do you feel otherwise? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's tough. And even going back to what you were saying about the fighting thing, being afraid to fight people, I don't think anyone on this roster is afraid to fight other people. I think it comes down to risk versus reward. It's got to make sense, you know, depending on where you are in your career, what you're getting paid to do it in your career. Like, even that whole thing with Paula Costa is a little bit weird because I'm like, this guy fought for a world title and he was talking about 70 and 70. I was like, is this like a typo? I don't understand that. <laughs> um, right? Am I, am I, yeah, am no, I wrong for saying that? It's I think crazy. No. anyone with a brain is kind of looking at that like, well, how could that even make sense? Um, maybe it was his old contract. And uh, I get that you have a contract, you have a contract. Um, but certain things can be handled better behind closed doors. You know what I mean? So, um, and I learned this the hard way, you know, I learned, I learned this the hard way. I will say I was one of those guys thinking that I was going to come in and change things. I'm like, no, this is not the Aljamain Sterling business. I can treat my stuff and what I do as an Aljamain Sterling business. But at the end of the day, we fight for the UFC. So I have to understand that I'm playing by their rules and to make them change things just for me. All these other people have tried to do it and it didn't work. So why should I feel like I'm anything different? And you could say that's good or bad way of thinking but I would rather be in the business with them than trying to hurt myself and the business at the same time when we could just make money together. That's the way I kind of look at it now. Um, so yeah, I don't think Francis is afraid of John Jones by any means, but if he's going to fight a fight like that, I'm pretty sure it's not down to being afraid. It comes down to maybe a small little minute thing, on, maybe not minute, but maybe a small detail on the contract that he wanted that the other side just wasn't willing to give. By the way, how are things with you in the UFC now? I think we're good, man. Like, I know Dana even said it. He's like, I don't do myself any favor on social media. It's like, dude, I get it because on social media, I am a little bit more outspoken. I engage with the negative. I engage with the positive. Some people only see the negative and I see a lot of positive. I like things. Like, I enjoy my phone like anybody else. Um, so going back to your question... I have great conversations with Dana, great conversations with Shelby and Hunter and even Mick. I've been to Mick's gym down in, in Houston before. I like, these guys are super nice people. They're all, to me, I think down to earth, chill people. Maybe it's because of the position I'm in while they're more cool to me. I don't know. Or maybe we're just cool when we talk to each other. Um, they're human, just like us, man. I, I think if you learn how to manage the relationship, I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, and like I said, I learned that the hard way. And that's really because I never had the means of communication with those guys. So I think now I'm in a little bit of a different spot and I can honestly sit here and say like, I'm happy where things are at. Things can always be better. I would always love more money. Who doesn't want more money? I'm pretty sure you would love more money because it just means more opportunity, more, more options to do things. You know, it just gives you opportunity. Money is opportunities because that's, that's really all it is. And, and by the way, if in fact you don't fight on March 4th, is it, Henry, regardless, like, is that the guy? Have you been told that's the guy um, that you are fighting next? I'm either fighting Henry or Sean. Hmm. So how does if that work? Henry wants to wait for me. He can wait. Or if he wants to take the easier fight, what he thinks to be the easier fight and fight Sean, if he wants to go beat up Sean, um, go beat up Sean. So and if you don't fight on March 4th, is Henry fighting Sean O'Malley? Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying if Henry wants to wait for me, we can fight. But if he wants to say, I don't want to wait any longer, give me a fight right now. Maybe they do an interim. I'm not mad at the interim. At the end of the day, an interim means both guys get paid, 
right? Because um, they're going to now have a belt and they're entitled to pay-per-view points. I'm in favor for anyone on pay-per-view on the main card to get pay-per-view points. Even if it's 25 cents or 50 cents per buy. Mm. I think there's a reason why you're on the pay-per-view card. So it's like, why not? You know? So that's just how I look at love it. I just try to be fair. Yo. I love that. To be fair. I love that. Yeah, I, so, I've never heard a fighter say that, to be honest. That, that, that says a lot about you that you would say that. Much respect. But g- going back to the Sean thing, or even the interim thing, is that on the, are they telling yeah. you if you don't fight on March 4th, we're doing a bantamweight title fight and it would be an interim if you're not on it? They didn't say those exact words, but it's just two different scenarios. Is that I fight Henry in March, April, May, or if I'm going to be out longer than that, which means I probably ended up getting the surgery. Got it. I probably won't fight till either late July or, well, not late July, probably July, depending, depending on the timeline, right? So it depends later in the year. I would just fight later in the year. I don't want to put a month on it. Um, and then if they did decide to do an interim, then both champions will get paid, which is cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I think everyone should make money, man. I, I want to see, even the guys that I'm fighting, I want to see everyone get paid. Unless you're fighting me and you got to get two checks, that night you're going to have to only get one. <laughs> I get it. I get it. By the I way, I go home with both checks, baby. How do you feel about them deciding that Henry was going to be next for you? Let's say, you know, it is March 4th and it's you versus Henry, as opposed to Sean, who there was some talk going into the Jan fight that if he won, he would get it. You know, a case for Cheeto, a case for, you know, Henry was the guy, clearly. How do you feel? It, it's a little weird because I do wonder if Sean knocked out Jan. Let's just play devil's advocate. Sean knocks out Jan. Does Dana and, and Brass honor what they said and said, whoever wins this fight is getting the next title shot? Or does Henry still come in and throw a monkey wrench into everything? You know what I mean? So it, that's the only thing that was kind of a little annoying, if I'm going to be honest. And um, because I'm looking at it like, okay. I get my golden ticket right here. I'm fighting the the golden, give me your chicken. This is my, this is Khabib versus Connor. I'm getting the golden goose egg. I'm getting Sean O'Malley. Give me sugar tits so I can take this guy out and make a lot of money while doing it. Um, so that's the only thing I was kind of like, eh, not too happy about Henry coming in. Cause I don't, I didn't think he was really a draw, but it seems like a lot of people are actually interested in buying this fight, which makes me more inclined to take the fight. Cause I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I get to fight a, a, an actual very tough dude, and I can actually make a lot of money doing this as well, even though I still think Sean sells more. Um, that Aljo, Aljo Coleman was actually pretty funny. I, I, Sean, you get, Sean you, get a, you get a clap for that. That was, that was, that was, good. That was good. Different. A little original. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's the only thing. I didn't know if Henry was serious or not about coming back. And now that he's back in the testing pool and everything, probably healed up his body during his two-and-a-half-year layoff with God knows what. You know, huh. as long as he's healthy, um, that's all that matters. You know, I get, I'm just going to sip this tea because I don't know what he was doing in that time off. Oh, my. I'm sure it wasn't just eating burritos. Um, I'm sure he was planning his great return. Uh, so it is what it is, man. I, I, people found a loophole and, uh, you know, I think everyone should take advantage of this loophole. Uh, do you think TJ is doing that right now? I don't see why he shouldn't. Because I think I look at TJ's situation differently. It's either he's going to do that and see if he can legitimately actually get back or he's going to do that and he's going to be happy that he's going to at least be able to play with his kid for the rest of his life. So either way, it's a win-win for him, right? So I'm in favor of anyone like the pep, like the, the there's like this thing called BP-157 that helps with recovery. It's now banned from USADA, which is the dumbest thing because it's not a PD, they said. They told me it's not a PD. They then said it's not illegal. 
So then I go, well, if it helps with recovery, it's not illegal, it's not PD, why can't we take it? There's no, there's no rash, there's no reasoning that they have that even makes any kind of sense. They don't even have a reason. They just go, yeah, because you saw just says you can't take it. And that's that's kind of messed up because we're talking about our livelihood post-fighting. Um, so we got an injury that's major. Why can't we use something that's gonna help enhance the healing process, you know? Especially if it's not a PED as the way they describe it. You think TJ fights again? I, I think TJ Dillashaw comes back and he fights again, and I would be very happy to one, welcome him back, and we could do it again, or um, I'll be there watching. I'm a big fan of TJ. Mm. I'm a fan of all these guys. I'm a fan of the sport. That's yeah. why I got this podcast, The Weekly Scraps. Oh, yeah. and I got a movie coming out. Whoa. My first movie. What, what, what is it called? What's your role? It's, I got a small part, but it's a very, very powerful story. It's called Grace Point. We got some some cool actors, Johnny Lowe, uh, Sean Carrigan, um, James James Stormy, um, Andrew McCarthy. I think his name is. There's some there's some some nice actors in this one. Chris Wyman, Dean Thomas. Um, we all got some speaking lines in this, so I'm actually very excited about this. It's this supposed is, to be is this the Rory Carp movie? Rory Carp put me in the there, man. man. He plugged me in, so very gracious of that. So people can see how I um, put together my acting skills for Pio Jan and how I was able to <laughs> come out. <laughs> yeah. This is why people hate me. Yes, this yes, is why yes, 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 oh, yes. Uh, Rory's the man. He did the the CM Punk uh, series, uh, a bunch of 30 for 30s, looking for a fight, all that stuff. Um, by the way, uh, interesting times at at the uh, you know 135-pound weight class, in the weight class. Uh, you've got yeah. Cheeto and Sanhagen. Who's your pick in that? I'm I'm leading, and not because Cheeto talks shit to me for whatever reason. I don't know why Cheeto's so angry at me. Um, so I just make fun of him because I'm just like, and it's not even like bad jokes. It's just like goofy jokes. But he's just always angry. He's like fake angry because I'm like he's a nice guy. I don't know why he's pretending to be like this cholo. It's, it's so weird. Um, uh, I think Sanhagen because Sanhagen hasn't been in any fight of late where he was like significantly losing and then having to come back with a knockout shot. In order to win, you know what I mean. So, I think if you look at Cheeto, he's powerful. He hits hard. He's gonna plant his feet in the ground, and he's gonna look to. He's mean. Cheeto's a mean dude when he's in there, and that's what makes him dangerous. But you can't keep losing every fight, and then coming back in the eleventh hour and then stealing the rounds. Or, um, and that's what kind of reminds me of him. Kind of reminds me of Piotr Jan because Piotr Jan had a kind of reputation for doing that as well, and that's why I felt super confident about him. I'm like, the guy's not gonna be able to touch me. I'm not gonna sit there in front of him and let him hit me. And I think Sanhagen's pretty much the same thing. A lot of footwork, now mixing in the wrestling. He was losing to Frankie Edgar, Cheeto. He was losing to Dominic Cruz and came back, hit beautiful knockouts, beautiful knockouts, Cheeto. I'm giving you credit. Learn how to say thank you um, <laughs> and smile. Uh, but you can't lose 12, 13 minutes of a fight and then expect to just always land that, that knockout shot, which always keeps him in the fight, but that's not realistic. You're going to get eventually fight a guy who's more durable He's younger. He's not fighting a guy who's past his prime. Um, and again, Cheeto's got some good wins. I don't want to discredit him, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta look at those things when you're breaking down and analyzing these fights. And I think it would be disingenuous to go, those are the same caliber of opponents that Sanhagen has fought. And uh, I think Sanhagen just has a little bit more tools and more ways to win that fight. By the way, last thing, uh, surprised that it's uh, Henry that they're talking about. I thought maybe it would be Raul Rojas Jr. as your next guy. Given his confidence, uh, when you when you when you see <laughs> give when, me Raul, baby, give me 
this might be child violence right here. I don't know. <laughs> when you see his comments, he said on, on my show that he was down. I mean, obviously you're going to be confident, but when you see that, do you, do you laugh? Do you, what, what do you, what do you think? I've, I've trained with the kid before. And if he's really that froggy, uh, I mean, leap motherfucker leap. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. It's crazy. Dana, where do I sign? Dana, where do I sign? Um, they, hey, I got nothing but love for the kid like Raul. Like I said, I want to see everyone get paid. I want to see him grow into the athlete that I know he could become. He's super talented, super young. He has a high ceiling. Um, he's wild, invincible right now. He's very durable because he's so young. Um, he has a, a style that's going to have him having so much longevity because of his grappling and his tenacity. He just, he reminds me of a younger me, how often he would shoot and how reckless he would throw his strikes just to get into his shots. Now I'm a little bit more calculated. I take more time, my time with things. And uh, I, it's fun to watch. I like watching the kid. I think his ceiling is very high, and I think he's going to beat a lot of guys on his way up to maybe one day fight for the belt. I would be surprised if he doesn't fight for the belt. He's that talented, you know? But you got him, you got Umar, you got Adrian Yanez. You got a lot of these guys Man. who are really good. You got the Bashra brothers. It's a, this Bantamweight division is by far the most competitive and stacked division, bar none. Yep. I even think 155 and 170, they don't have the talent depth that we do in terms of skill for skill, conditioning we're way more i think we're here we're the we're the top of the, the the crop right here man the cream of the crop whatever you want to call it i don't even know how these sayings go couldn't agree more and the other thing about 135 i agree i've said it i think it's the most stacked the most competitive it's also the youngest and it's also yep. the one where the majority of these names that we're talking about none of them have fought for a belt yet right at 155 a lot of these guys have had their crack but you know we talk about Cheeto we talk about Sanhagen i know he had the the interim um Henry's coming back O'Malley hasn't fought for the belt and then the youngsters like Umar on on Saturday Nurmagomedov like this guy i feel like we're a year away from him really being a serious uh contender Yanez Ricky Simone um Raul Rojas I mean it's a really uh, being the king of this division man I feel like you must feel like there's a thousand guys just coming for your neck and it seems like every day I see a thousand different people saying that you're not the real champion which must be a weird thing right I mean every day it's like another how you I don't get how people can still cry about the decision because I held his back I'm like I, I didn't just hold his back I punched the guy I rendered him defenseless for literally four four of the rounds so I, I I don't get it. I mean, I get the, you could say it was close if you want to say it was close, but if you look at who actually did what they wanted to do in that fight, I did what I wanted to do in that fight. He didn't. So if you want to say this guy went from young by murder to, oh, he won by a grasp of a hair. It's like, what are we talking about? Like, you can't have it both ways. That, that's, that's the only thing that annoys me that those guys are still crying. It's like, you must have lost a lot of money and good for you for betting against the black. Because... <laughs> <laughs> happy dr martha luther king day that's baby. right that's Let's right go. uh last 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 thing are you fighting march 4th what do you what do you think <laughs> hey i'm trying i'm trying Ari. i'm trying we'll see what's going to actually happen um i worked very very hard to get to this position i fought nothing but i am the only person who's fought the most ranked and top five ranked opponents and actually beating them and earned a title shot won the belt so people can say whatever they want to say I show up and I compete. And if I have the opportunity to compete March 4th, I will. I'm going to listen to the doctors, going to do what I need to do to make sure my body is right for once. Um, I gave my body to the sport so many different times to put on shows for the fans. 13 long months of rehab just so I could get back to stop all the clown emojis. And uh, um, 
it is, I don't think this is going to be any different. I think Henry's a tough competitor, but I honestly feel like I'm still the best in the world. And I feel like I could be any one of these guys you line me up with. So whether it's Henry, whether it's a Raul, whether it's a Cheeto, I don't give a shit. Give me Sanhagen again. If you want him, to, you think he could walk on water again, I'll show you who's the real. You know what I mean? I neutralize these guys. And for some reason, when they fight me and step in there, it's a completely different game. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's not to be cocky. It's not to be arrogant. I'm just confident in my training and my preparation. And if March 4th is the date that you guys get to see me, I'm going to make sure I do everything under my power. No PDs, none of that shit, so that I can get back, compete, and put on a show and here and still again. Much respect. Uh, hope it all works out. Hope we get to see you on your terms sooner rather than later. You don't have to rush this. You, you, you've earned that and you deserve that. And that would be a huge fight. So thanks for coming on and talking about it all, clearing it up. And I wish you the best. And again, go check out the weekly Scraps podcast. Just put it in uh, on YouTube. You, you can put that in there or on podcast and it'll come up. Great stuff. The videos are great. The social media is great. Well done. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if I, I'm gonna start interviewing people. I'm gonna have you on as a guest. Oh yeah, for sure. You can <laughs> ask me whatever you want. I mean, I'll just say, I'll be your most viewed guest. I mean, I, you know, Helwani brings numbers. Okay, I just want to say that. Yeah, if, you, if, if you want the numbers, have me on. If you don't, don't have me on. Just, just don't do it like Dylan Dennis. <laughs> what, what, what? You think? Did you see that? You saw that? No, Who won? No, I know, I know. He's, he's just that Who? was that was tough Who won? to watch. Ten seven. I. I give you a 10-8. 10-8? All right. No, I give you a 10-7. You get right, the 10-7. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Aljo. Good luck to you, my man. Thank you. Peace. There he is. Aljamain Sterling. Uh, great stuff. And what a card that would be, huh? March 4th. Aljo Henry. Bone Surreal Gone. Something. Uh, by the way, KSI did compete on Saturday. He won. It was very MVP-esque. It was like bang, bang, poof. Not like that. Uh, they're training together. Him and MVP over at the uh, London Shoot Fighters. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I kind of feel like KSI versus Jake Paul is a big fight now, but uh, not going to happen anytime soon. Anyway, congratulations to him. I saw uh, New York Rick tweeting all about this salt poppy guy. Still don't know who he is. I do know Tommy Fury is infinitely bigger name than he is, but still not quite sure who he is. Anyway, uh, one more guest, and then we'll talk to New York Rick and GC Recap the Weekend. Oh, someone want to say something there?
I mean, he just put his headset on, was ready to talk. He was getting ready. I mean, I was just, it was. You're a, like, then we'll talk to you. Yeah, it was a planting of the seed. Sorry. Um, our last kiss of the day had a very busy Saturday. I mean, last three fights he was involved. Main event, of course, Sean Strickland. Uh, it seems like every weekend, especially these uh, Vegas cards, there's a ton of extreme couture fighters on them. He was very busy, uh, very successful as well. Curious to get his thoughts on the night and, of course, how the night ended uh, regarding his guy, Francis Ngannou. He's one of the best coaches in the sport. We've had him on before. Always great to have Eric Nixick on. He's kind enough to join us right now. Hello, Eric. How are you, my friend? What's up, Ariel? How you been, man? I'm, I'm doing really well. Thank you for coming on. Uh, very busy night for you. Three straight fights to close out the card. That's never happened before, right? Um, I've had three in the same night, but I don't think three right in a row. Right. And especially to close out, like, you know, they just got bigger, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. There, there's each one. So, you know, I told Dan the moment I, because Puna was the first fight. So the moment I walked with, with uh, Puna, I looked at Dan and it was almost kind of me saying this for myself too, but I just told Dan, I was like, Hey, no matter the outcome, we're never too high, never too low. We're going to come right back and whatever we do, right? Like just don't be riding that momentum too high or if we're down. And it was almost kind of me reassuring myself too, no matter the outcome, just come back and hit the reset button. Yeah. Because they've had a, a longstanding relationship. They've known each other for years dating back to Hawaii. So even them fighting back to back is crazy. By the end, were you exhausted? Uh, I actually felt pretty good. Like I, I just wanted to hang out with my wife. So we went out and grabbed a, grabbed a steak and an old fashioned and got to kick back with my wife. And, you know, she's my checks and balances on a lot of things. And obviously, you know, we kind of heard the news. I knew it was coming down the pipe with Francis. So being able to, to, to talk to her and just kind of sit down and vent a little bit, I think uh, really kind of, you know, summed up the night for me in, in, in a good way. Okay. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on Francis in a moment, but I do want to give props to Sean Strickland taking this fight on five days notice fighting in a different weight class. Obviously, Imavov was doing the same, but a great performance, especially considering we just saw him a month ago. And, you know, back end of 2022 was 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 tough for Sean after he was riding high. When he told you about, like, is Sean the kind of guy, I kind of feel like I know the answer to this question, but is he the kind of guy that gets an offer like this and comes to you and says, coach, what do you think? Or is he the kind of guy that's like, hey, I'm fighting in five days? No, he, he called and asked what I thought. Wow. And, um, and we went over ironically i was on the phone with mick and then sean was calling on the other line so i I hang up i i I talk to sean and then i call mick back i'm like hey how come (laughs) he goes oh yeah yeah yeah. what do you think and and you know we went over some of the weight and i just said well you know can we do 205 or 195 or what are they thinking and mick called me back and said they they'll they agree to 205 which blew me away like i i didn't understand why they didn't try to make sean cut more weight so, you know, when I heard 205 and knowing Sean and this dude's always in the gym, Ariel, like he, he lost his fight, came back in the gym four or five days later to help Brad and Puna get ready for their fight. And I think by doing so and having that type of mindset, we were all comfortable with him taking the fight. Um, I broke down the fight. I looked at some of the things I thought we were able to exploit and attack. And I said, yeah, Ben, let's go for it. Wow. So you think they should have said 85 or 95? We couldn't have made 85. I know that, but, but why, why not try to make the guy cut weight? Why not, why yeah. not say you, you kind of hold all the cards. So why not just say uh, at 195 at the least. And if we come back and say, we can't do 195, maybe they'll go to 200, something like that. But to not even try to make us cut weight, I thought was a huge, huge flaw or, or yeah. kind of a misstep on their part, to be honest with you. Do you think he could have made 95? We would have made 95. Wow. He, he, Sean, Sean's, 
Sean's tough as shit, man. Like this dude won't make up excuses. I've seen him sit in the sauna for, you know, 30 minutes straight, you know, just trying to get that weight off and especially at 85s, but um, he would have made the weight, but it would have been, it would have been tough. And I think it would have made a difference on fight night to be quite honest with you. How much did he weigh when he accepted it on Monday? 212. Okay. Wow. So yeah, the, I mean, so all he had to do was cut uh, six pounds, right? To make 206. I think he came in at 204, if memory serves me correct. So uh, pretty impressive. By the way, is Sean the kind of guy who gets down, meaning his co- he, he, he comes across as a very brash guy, right? I mean, he's weighing in on all kinds of things. He, he, he loves to be outspoken, but in those, you know, settings with you at the gym in, 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 you know, like the quiet moments, does he ever tell you like his confidence is, is wavering? Does he get up down or is he always up here? Um, he gets down and, and I think, you know, going in the Cannoneer fight, he was still on the heels of the Perea fight and getting knocked out. And I think that affected him. And I think that's why he fought the way that he did. And then I think that's why I, I cornered him the way I did in explaining how we needed more optics and, and to, to change the perception of what we're seeing in the fight. Like, yes, I thought he was winning the fight, but I don't think that he was, he was like, you know, putting enough, um, I guess, optics behind it. Right. Like that's why I was asking for more kicks to do more things, to give the judges some more things to, to, to add into their scoring criteria. Right. Um, and on, on Sunday, he called me or after the fight, you know, I don't, I didn't think it was a robbery. That was not what I thought at all. I thought we didn't do enough to solidify what we should have done because we understand what judging looks like these days. And how do you, you know, you have to paint a picture that a, that a, a five-year-old kid's going to like. So put sprinkles and sequence and <laughs> glitter and everything on the damn thing. And that's what I was implying to him when I wanted more kicks and more, you know, maybe some score takedown here or there to pour, play to more of the aesthetics of the fight as a whole. So when he called me on Sunday, he was like, yep, you're right. I didn't listen. I should have done this. Now I understand what, what you meant by the optics. And, you know, as a, as a coach, Ariel, like I have to be better to explain things better to him so he understands it in the moment. And now going into this fight, I think he understood those things. Do you feel like he did a better job of that on Saturday? I do. Um, the one thing that we didn't do that I wanted to ex- exploit was the low calf kick um, in, in a lot of the tape that I broke down. Uh, Emanov was he has a problem checking the kick um, and doesn't really counter off that kick and Sean is so good with the rear hand parry that it kind of goes together when you parry the jab you drop the, drop the calf kick and it was something there as well when the way Emanov was floating to that direction it just gave the kick away but uh, he decided to go with the front teeth uh, to the body which I thought was also a good variant but uh, I think we could have done a little bit more there uh, other than that I was very happy with the performance by the way, I remember talking to you almost exactly a year ago going into the Francis Ngannou versus Surreal Gun fight, and we talked about all the drama with, you know, MMA Factory and whatnot. Just a, a quick gander at your social media makes me feel like there is a bit of a rivalry there uh, based on, like, what you tweeted and some of the retweets. Is there a rivalry? Now, and now you've beaten them again, and you said something like, you know, France hates me or something like that. Uh, <laughs> what's going on? No, nothing. I mean, it's just me having a little bit of fun. And and look, at the end of the day, like we're all competitors. You know, I know, I know coach Lopez is a great guy. He's a great coach. You know, they, they, they took some shots at at us. And, uh, you know, when we beat gone, I gave that man a hug and that was all it was about. But, you know, I, I, I got a little bit of, of more, not nothing from the the MMA factory camp. It was more like from, from people from France talking shit all fight Uh, week long, 
to me about taking the short notice. So that's what I meant more by like France hates me. It was had nothing to do with the camp. I have nothing but respect for those guys, man. I really do. Um, I'm a competitor and no matter who's, who's on the other side of the corner, I just want to win. So that's all it was for me. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I see a photo of Francis right behind you. And, uh, obviously it's the biggest story in the sport right now. You get maybe 10 minutes to celebrate this victory. And then Dana shows up at the press conference and drops these bombs on all of us. You alluded to this at the beginning, but just curious, like, did you know that was coming a hundred percent or so you weren't blindsided by any of that? Yeah, I knew it was coming. Okay. Uh, how do you feel about what was said at the press conference? I didn't even listen to it. You have still not listened to it? Nope. Why I not? I haven't even listened to it. I, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like we get so trapped in the social media. We get trapped into these things that, that, that force us into some sort of depression or where you have to, you know, comment or fight your way back or, you know, prove that you're right or whatever. And sometimes I just feel like, I just want to stay busy and keep doing what I'm doing and not worry about what people say, or what people think, you know, the one narrative that I, I have been seeing was that, you know, Francis is scared and that shit just makes me laugh, you know, but other than that, um, you know, they're going to say what they want to say. They're going to run the narrative the way they want to run it, but I'm going to, I'm going to have my guys back 110%. I, I went on a, like a one hour diatribe at the start of the show about how insane it is to say about this particular guy, really to say about any MMA fighter, they're scared. But this particular guy, based on everything he has done in his life and had to overcome, to say he's scared of any man, like I think Francis would fight five John Jones at the same time because he just doesn't have any fear in his body based on what he's overcome. It it it, it actually enrages me to see that. I can't imagine how it makes you feel considering how well you know him. I mean, we fought the, the next up and coming serial gone, the phenom on one fucking leg. You know? So... And, and, and against all of our advice. Right. So you mean to tell me Francis is scared? He's not scared of anybody. You know, he's, he's doing what he feels right for him, you know. And, and I'll tell you this. We met with Dana and Hunter, me, Dana, Hunter, Francis, um, after the fight. We had a great dinner. And things were going in the right direction, I felt. We got in the car, and Francis looks over at me and says, if I sign this deal, if I do this without making any change, without doing all the things that I said I was going to do, I'm just another sellout. And I refuse to do that. He goes, I'm happy. Um, I have more money than I ever imagined. I'm in a position that I never envisioned. And I have a, a stance where I can make a difference. And, you know, I went home thinking to myself, man, like, this dude is willing to, to stand up for what he believes in, what's right. And I'm going to have that dude's back 110%. I know we walked away from a lot of money. All of us did, but I believe in the next chapter. Cause I know the author, you know, I know, I know what he's capable of doing and um, I love him, man. That's my guy. And I have his back 110%. I think that's what makes our team so dynamic is the love and respect we have for one another. So it is what it is. So that was a year ago, ultimately here, January, 2023. Are you surprised it has come to this? Um, I think I, I sat on the fence. I was, I'm more of on the optimistic side of everything, Errol, and and I was I was hoping things were going to go in the right direction. And you know, to be honest, I, I felt the UFC was doing the best that they could on their end too. You know, I just I think there was terms and there were certain things in there that you know Francis just wasn't comfortable with. Um, he wasn't about the money. I think the money was right, and I think the money was very good. But he kept talking about it's not about the money; it's about these issues and these stances. 
So they couldn't they couldn't write a check big enough to make him change on, on waiver on that, on those stances. So you know people can say whatever they want about him. I know this true character in his heart, and dude, I, I love the guy to death for for doing what he believed in. You know, I'm really happy that you said that because again, was talking about uh, everything at the beginning of the show and focused a lot on what Dana was saying because I felt like there were a lot of inaccuracies in what he said. I've never met Hunter Campbell. I've never spoken to him other than one text back and forth. Everything I hear about him is that he's generally a fair guy, doesn't deal with emotion, doesn't negotiate with emotion. There's no bullying. Of course, he's going to have his stance. You know, that's that's negotiation. And I actually agree with what you're saying. I believe in their world and under their terms, what they were offering him was a good deal. The problem is, as you just said, and that he has said time and again, it wasn't just about the money. I think that they don't want to set the precedent of doing this and that for him and opening the door to other things because then, of course, if he gets it, then other guys are going to say it as well. That's what I believe in. And so that's why it's so disappointing. I don't know if you heard what I said, but I was like, why couldn't Dana just go to the press conference on Saturday and be like, look, we gave it our best shot. He's one of the all-time best. It's a bummer. We've got another great fight for you. We wish him the best. And maybe down the line, we can work this out. Maybe we can revisit. But for now, he's going to go his way and we'll go ours, as opposed to hurting him on the way out, damaging. That's the part that bothers me. Do you get what I'm saying? No, I completely understand. And, and, and that's their way of trying to sell and promote a new fight and to try to get a new, um, I guess, storyline going because the one that's been circulating the last few weeks hasn't been very pleasant. You know what I mean? So I think it's uh, imperative to get something else rolling in the news. Right. And that's the way they're going to do it. And why not use Francis? Uh, what could I ask? And, and if you want to plead the fifth, uh, I totally understand. Uh, in fact, he will be on the show tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to speaking to him. Uh, what do you think he does next? Uh, he's got, he's got something up his sleeve. Okay. I'll let him talk to you about it. <laughs> All right. But we, 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 we talked on Friday. Um, was it Thursday or Friday? I don't know, but I, I, I talked to, I talked to Mick and, you know, I knew cereals in town. Uh, he was cornering his teammate. I knew that he had met with Hunter. I knew things were moving in that direction, you know, and, and to circle back with Hunter, man, he's been nothing but great, nothing but great to me. Uh, I have nothing but respect for those guys. And, and again, like I have to have a great business relationship with them because Francis isn't my only fighter in the UFC. Sure. And um, I have a lot of respect for Hunter and, and I feel like he does for me too. And that's why he, you know, puts me in some of these conversations as well. But again, you know, like I tell these guys, I'm the drummer in the band. I'm not the lead singer. So I, I stay in my lane. I, I'm not the manager. I don't deal with this stuff. But I, I'll be there to listen for both sides. And if I can help communicate, I will. But at the end of the day, man, you know, it was up to these guys and what they were trying to figure out. And we just couldn't come to those terms. But I talked to Francis and um, you know, I just said, hey, man, you know, this this tweet that Cyril put out was very calculated. Right. You, you, you know that this is how these guys work. And he goes, I know. You know, so uh, I said, what's next? And he just said, you know, Bubba, I got some on my sleeve. And huh. that's all I said. I just giggled. I was like, all right, man. <laughs> you know, so uh, I believe in him. Man. I, th- I think he's got something in the works. Obviously, MMA is a no-brainer. But if, in fact, he does go a different route, a different sport, will will you be working with him? Yeah, because I think w- no matter what he decides to do, if he ends up going into boxing, then that's, you know, that's Dewey Cooper's realm. Right. And, and we have a guy right there ready to go. and. You know, I think I'll probably take more like a John Kavanaugh route like he did with Connor. I'll probably be involved in some capacity. Uh, but again, like we talked about, man, we're, we're just this close, tight family and we, we, we take care of one another. We'll be together no matter what. So I'll be there for whatever capacity he needs me as. 
and his spirits now? How is he doing after all of this? This is not a fun thing to deal with. Yeah, I actually called him this morning to say hi, and and uh, he didn't answer. So I, I, you know, he's he's back in Africa right now, so the time difference is all right. is all crazy. Um, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but uh, you know, knowing Francis, I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, um, fascinating stuff, and uh, I can't wait to see how it it all plays out, and uh, hopefully, other people are paying attention as well. That like you could be the heavyweight champion of the world, and you know. Uh, Things are going to be said and and things are going to be dealt with a a certain way. Um, and I and I and I'm assuming you're at the gym. Is this the gym right now? You're at the gym, right? Yeah, I'm in the office right now. I'm assuming everyone's talking about it, right? At the gym on this Monday. Well, we'll see. We'll see today at practice when we get. To oh, what time's practice? I'm sure it's going to be three thirty. Okay, three thirty Pacific, so six thirty our time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be a, it'll be a topic. And it was that, you know, all, all during fight night, you know, when I was uh, actually wrapping Danny Gay's hands and, you know, we're getting ready to go. And, you know, I just, I just shut my phone off because, uh, and then, and then after the win, uh, after Dan and Sean won, there was like, everybody's kind of Trojan horsing you like, Hey man, congrats on the, on the win. Hey, can you tell me anything about Francis? And I was like, you know, not, not speaking about that right now. Uh, how is his knee? Could you give us uh, any sort of insight on that? Oh, Ariel, he looked amazing. So December, December 22nd um, was our last bar before he went home. And I swear, like back to the Stipe camp, like just everything was firing all, on all cylinders. He looked absolutely amazing. He sparred five rounds. Um, the variance of his strikes, the kicks that he was throwing, the fit-ins, the wrestling, everything. Like I got done. I was like, man, like if, if, if we want to fight March, this is – this is very achievable if this is what is down the line. So he looked amazing, and, and uh, I'm just excited to get him back in the gym and get right back to work. Do you have to go to Brazil? Do you have anyone on that card? Uh, I did. I was going to go to Brazil with Brad Tavares, and then I was going to co- corner Cody Stamen. Unfortunately, Brad had to pull out of his fight, and then I was on Brad's flight. So Brad was paying for my flight out there, and, and in, in lieu of that, I was going to be able to corner Cody. So once it was uh, the fight was canceled, my flight, Cody had to pick up, and it was going to be about twenty five hundred dollars on short notice. So, oh no! Um, you know, Cody's in great hands. He's out there with Eddie Barocco, and and I'm going to be on Facetime talking to these guys all week. But you know, I'm excited to go out there or go go see him fight. So it's nice. I get to, I get to stay home and spend some time with the family. Right. Um, one last thing, because you you mentioned uh, you know how you're not the manager, you're just a coach, but in some situations they tag you in, which speaks to their respect for you. Um, my my understanding is. You know, uh, Francis has a great relationship with Markel Martin, who's in that picture as well, uh, who is more, I guess, of an advisor to him now, and, and he's not so much as involved in MMA. And and uh, that's a tough thing for Fran- like Francis being on the front lines, dealing with these things, tough thing. And again, speaks to him and his courage and, and his brains. Do you like being involved in this sort of thing? Or like, or would you rather just <laughs> just tell me when you're fighting? You know what I mean? Yeah, I like the fighting part. Okay. Um, I think I think eventually, if this is something that I would want to get into, maybe as on a manager side of things, that I'm learning and understanding that that side of the sport more. And, and you know, I've been in the sport for 15 years now, and I think inherently you you are going to understand yeah the the business side better. But um, I think it just muddies the waters, you know. And, unless unless you're a fighter, or excuse me, you're a coach and a manager, that's your hat, then you know you're going to do those things. But I I'm, I'm just not that right now. And I've, I've never asked to be, so I just try to stay in my lane. I don't want to, I don't want to cross over when, when, and, you know, mix words or do something that, you know, when you look at it this way, 
most managers are trying to get you to sign on the dotted line. That's how they make their money. Right. You know, and I think, I think Markel got, got shit on for actually being a stand up human being and doing it. What he, what his client wanted him to do. Right. What his client was asking for. And he stuck by his client and where most managers are going to get paid. They want, they want to see that dude sign on the dotted line. And that's why I think people, even now I'm seeing Markel's name being brought up. It's not Markel. It's Francis. He's the one that's negotiating his own deal. So there's no one to blame anymore, right? Francis knows what he wants. And he's like, why am I going to hire a manager or do anything when I know I'm going to negotiate to the best of my standards of what I want for my career? So, you know, kudos to him and, you know, and, and really great for Markel, dude. That, that dude's a stand-up human being. And I think he took a lot of backlash for stuff that he wasn't doing wrong. I agree. And selfishly, I hate the fact that maybe he's going a different direction. I, I think it's great to find happiness and not deal with this nonsense because I think it sends unfortunately to the the skeptics out there like hey you know the UFC can decide who manages who and that's a very dangerous thing right they shouldn't decide like if, if they don't like your manager tough luck you got to deal with that guy um that's how it works in the real world unfortunately sometimes the UFC isn't exactly or MMA isn't exactly the real world would you like to see Francis have someone to fight these battles for him that's a lot for a fighter to deal with I think to a degree, I think that, you know, obviously you might want to have some sort of con- contract lawyer, somebody to come in and really sit down and 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 go over th- everything with a fine tooth comb. I think that that part's important. And, you know, I've given them names. I, I've sat down and said, hey, look, this is a good name. This is a good person. You know, somebody that you might be able to to work with and maybe just to that level of standard or, hey, here's some good lawyers that I know that can maybe sit down and just go over your contract for you at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, I think he, he definitely needs some some sort of help. When it comes to the to the you know the legal side of those things, I think was important. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Though it is very impressive how he's handling all of this, and I can't wait to see what he does. By the way, sorry about your Raiders. You're a Raiders guy, right? That's more. I, I do it more for Brad. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm 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 a kind of Raiders guy, but obviously when the, when a team comes to Vegas, you're gonna have to cheer yeah. for them. And you know that that was the team we adopted. I was hoping it was gonna be the Chargers years ago, but uh, mm. I ended up getting the Raiders and. And I'll, I'll take them, but I'm pulling for your bills, man. Oh, for sure. Man. It was it was a dicey one yesterday. I think I aged 30 years watching that. That was uh, sloppy football, playoff football. For That's sure. right. That's right. <laughs> and a big one tonight, Cowboys Bucks. Really appreciate this, Eric. Uh, thank you so much. Congrats on all the success. Congrats on a great 2022. Great start to the year as well. Um, and wish you and the team nothing but the best. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about all of this. Always great talking to you, Ariel. Take care, brother. All right, there he is, the one and only Eric Nixick, one of the very best coaches in the game on the shortlist. We talked about him uh, at the uh, award show. And how about the fact we didn't really even get into the fact that uh, after winning our award, Habib said he's taking some time off. He said, I've, I've reached the mountaintop. That's the pinnacle. <laughs> I mean, I got the award. I'm out. He wasn't there with Umar on Saturday. Will he be there with Islam? What do you guys think? Will he be there with Islam in uh, February in, in Perth? Some, in some way, I think he will be. I think he has what do you to mean, be. like in spirit? No, like, no, will no. he like, physically he'll be, be in the there? Arena. He'll be in the arena. I don't know if he'll be in his corner or not. Oh, come on. If he's in the arena, he's in his corner. I agree. I agree. What do you think, York, Rick? I think no. I mean... You think he's chilling at home? Yeah, I mean, if... Champ if he wasn't, champ. If he wasn't there for the Umar fight, I don't know why 
all of a sudden into a reverse course. Now, I mean, maybe, it's a title I mean, fight. Yeah, I mean, with all Umar due respect. versus yeah, Champers he, Champ title fight, you say Apex that, Umar. You say that like he didn't show up for these fights. No, but now that he's... Previously. Yeah, but... He like, was this at Bellator Horizon. He's not going to be at UFC 284. But that was before he said... Yeah, that was kind of the end, right? Oh, that was the end. That was the final thing. He closed out 2022. No, no, I feel like... I mean, nice way to close it out. But uh, I feel like that was his last one. And then it was just... Wasn't it like a a week or a day or two later that he said, I'm out? I wouldn't be surprised if if he's not. That's my my stance. Now, could Islam say, brother, I need you there? Like, you know... Why do you say brother like that? This has to be... Like what? I just said it. You say brother. (laughs) I literally said it. they They always say brother, brother. Yeah, but I didn't say it like brother. Yeah, I said I just fight. said brother. Right. Brother, I need you there. Be at the fight. I could see him also being there, but to if if nothing else, do we have we not learned to take Habib at his word? Is is this not the 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 Oh, I, I believe. Of, I I I don't know the answer. I was just wondering what you guys thought. Well, before the retirement, I, he wasn't at the Usman title fight in Bellator, so like maybe he just missed Umar's. Until he until he has proven he was uh, he his was in bed getting the FaceTime. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until he has proven his word untrustworthy, I will assume that he will not be there. Yeah, I I trust Habib's. Word. I do, I do as well. And yet, like, oh, you guys were acting like it was crazy thirty seconds ago. <laughs> oh, title fight. No, no, no. like, I think on. he's gonna be there. What? I, think, I, I I stick to my guns. I think he's gonna be there in some. I capacity. say he's not. I say he's not. He's just at it's, home. It's cr- it's hilarious how the na- like what? thirty seconds later the narrative changes when I make the compelling point. Like oh no. <laughs> now all of a sudden it's now all of a sudden he won't be. I was there. asking you your opinion. I have my own yeah. opinion. It's quick. It's it's quick how I that turns. Thing was your qualifier was it, an apex. It's quick right. how that turns. By the way, can we talk about the biggest story from Saturday night that I didn't touch on at the uh, the beginning of the show? How about the fact that there was a monster bottle right next to Dana and he was drinking Prime. Did you guys see that? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. What was that all about? Prime Great crime too. Yeah, no which wonder is he was struggling through a couple of those sentences. Suspect flavor. If I'm going to be honest, on the, on the pound for pound list of uh, prime flavors, oh, it's down there. Yeah, it's down there. But It'll I thought that was really interesting, too. considering his relationship with Jake. I know this has nothing to do with right. Jake. Considering KSI fighting on Saturday, maybe a nod to them. Friends with Logan, been on the podcast. If I'm Monster, am I happy about that? I nope. mean, I, I can't I imagine you're happy about it. I can't. I can't imagine you just be like, "Yes, you're just drinking it up there." Let's go. I mean, yeah, I guess no I different than upset. everyone. Uh, everyone having to wear Reebok and him wearing Nike, right? I guess no different than that. Back in the day, and by the way, shout out to GC rocking the Francis shirt. I didn't oh, notice yeah, that. Too, yeah. All right, let's do this properly. Um, we're gonna get to uh, GC and New York Rick in a moment. Hey guys, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Tremendous. Look at that. What are you eating? had some chips chips really now i mean i could understand when gc had the carrots top of the show but i was starving okay. yeah i was i was rick's errand boy i had to go get his food for wow him. Yeah. and he did it and I, I am thankful for that yeah i was starving all right fair enough um by the way before we get into all the picks i mean i i've uh now spoken extensively about francis new york rick what do you what do you make of all of this what was I've, said how it was handled many thoughts. okay please so please. many that i had to take notes oh i love this please i need a bit of a break for starters T-Mobile leak. Yes. How will they live with this? Who the f cares? Oh, who oh. the f cares about the the quote unquote like the surprise is ruined? This and that. That hasn't been a thing in ten years that, Thank or you. more. Thank you. Like, so you're, ta- you're you're taking my side on this one. That has not been a thing forever. Like, I actually first, think it's better. I think it creates like all this buzz, this mystery of the buzz. leak. It was it was fantastic theater on Saturday. The Apex card is just getting started. The leak is happening. I just want to know how it happened. 
How did the how did the computer how did the graphic get to be on that giant board in the middle of Las Vegas? Yeah, that that will remain a mystery. That had to go through some processes. The fact that it got out, but I'm willing to forget about all that and say the fact that it got out is ultimately good. It generated buzz. You saw the instantaneous feedback. Schaefer alluded to that. Like it built the fight. It's great. Who cares? Be don't be mad about the the quote unquote surprise getting out. It's nonsense. Is it? By the way, is this a message to us or to the UFC? Because Dana said he went crazy when he found out about this, which is like, who gives a crap? Yeah, who gives a crap? Okay, That's the message. You. The message is none of these things are a surprise anymore. Everybody had got excited about it. Who cares that it wasn't officially announced in some way? And to your earlier point that you made at the beginning of the show, what would the announcement have been? Walking to the press conference and being right. like, there's a fight. Exactly. What's happening? A graphic on Twitter or, or a graphic like on during Twitter. the Apex show. Oh, we have some breaking news. Yeah. Who cares? Nonsense. It, wait, are, are you saying, what is it, uh, seven years, six and a half years after UFC 200 that I've been vindicated? I think you were vindicated okay, thank you. way sooner than that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Whoever the T-Mobile to... <laughs> employee was uh, is definitely a fan of, of Helwani. How are they going to live with this is what I want to know. Yeah, How are they going to live with the shame? They're going to have to live with the shame of being the guy who or yeah, gal to, to leave things. That's their news. punishment. Yeah, that's, that's their punishment. punishment. And okay. A rightful, just punishment at that. So that's number one. What's number two? Second bullet point. Aljamain Sterling oh, yeah. also made a point I was going to make. No fighters are scared of anybody. Anybody on the UFC roster is not scared of anybody. The fact that we even give this like any air. Oxygen, yeah. But oxygen bothers me because it's the silliest thing in all of sports. Like these guys and gra- gals sign up to be cage fighters like the the and the media does it the fighters themselves do it everybody does it and acts like people are scared of other people that are competing in their sport now i will grant there are people who you'd be more willing to fight based on the the price of the check there are more people you'd be willing to fight based on their ranking there are all kinds of factors involved but when it comes down to a baseline level of is a fighter scared to fight another fighter in the ufc unequivocally that is not happening it's just not a thing it is just not a thing do you um, agree or disagree that that was the narrative that was being put out saturday night at the press conference 100 percent. okay dana tried to put out that narrative. okay okay i just wanted to make sure I don't that think you weren't I, saying i misinterpreted it no okay. no absolutely i will say that i don't agree that it took much hold in fact i've seen what 10 times more oh, wow. people saying this is not a thing than people actually saying it is a thing look at my look at my instagram comments yeah, I bet there's more saying it's nonsense. If I'm being honest, I mean it's um, just it's just insanity to say not only that he's scared or or that he wants to fight lesser opponents that he thinks he can beat because also the notion that no one in the organization is scared of fighting anyone else. They also think that they can beat anyone. I mean, look at Raul Rosas Jr. I mean, he's calling out Aljamain Sterling, the current champion. Like Francis Ngannou, if you asked him, and he was hooked up to a lie detector test, he's a thousand percent saying that he can beat John Jones, and yeah. he probably thinks he can do it relatively easily. Mm-hmm. Nobody's scared. Okay, but I, I also don't think I'll be. I'm being tr- honest here. I don't think many people think they are scared. I think there are some. I think there's a vocal minority, but I don't think most people think that UFC fighters are scared. I agree with everything you said up until that statement. But fair. <laughs> oh, I agree with that last part there. Okay. Said. I just don't think it's a thing. I think Dana White wants it to be a thing. Oh, okay, I think it's a great a great tool for him. I don't think it's. Is real. that not a crazy thing though for a promoter to say like, if anyone should no, know, that's for- just the spin. That's the spin. That's yeah. what he wants. That's what he wants people to believe. And to your point, there are some who believe it. I don't think they're the majority of us. This version that we saw on Saturday was the same as like 
Dustin Poirier doesn't want to fight. You know, like yeah. that, that and, Oh, this yeah. is this is a tried and true used. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Like, this, is, this is a tool in the toolbox. I think as MMA fans, as this sport continues to go on and, and have more history, I think MMA fans are getting savvier. Quite like I think it's, it's it's quite obvious. I think it's it's apparent that fans are understanding the business better um, than they ever have before, and I think that they see it through this. That's that's my honest take. I, I don't think that this has taken much. Hold. How much credit should I get for that? I mean, uh, scale of one to ten, nine. It's nine not a, a non-zero number. <laughs> it's 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 legit. You you have helped us come along in this sport. Appreciate and I that. think Thank there you. are a lot of people. Um, who who are catching up? Okay. Um, I love this. I love that you have notes. This is tremendous. I know there's a too. you know what? I'm putting an asterisk. Everybody should be scared of Hamza Chimaev. That's that's <laughs> the asterisk on that. Right. Now we'll, now not Neil Magny. Not Neil fucking <laughs> not, Magny, not, baby. Not Neil um, he should be though. Um, although the current boogeyman, and I tweeted about this, is is Curtis Blades. Like that's probably not a guy you want to see on your on your contract. If you're a if you're a heavyweight looking to get that next shot, um, because man, that that dude's gonna be Curtis t- versus Sergey is a big time one. Yes, that's a great that. fight. I yeah. need that. I, I can't wait. This guy, that. yeah, he's got books itself. Well, oh, he's yeah. got the Sergey. Oh right, future. right, right. That's yeah, right. So he's let's got get, the let's gone. Get Curtis winning or Curtis Sergey. Sergey wins, gets the winner of this. I mean, we're just auto cashing at that point. Shout out to um, Tommy Aspinall, who's on the sidelines, but yeah, like geez. this, that Imagine name him. deserves an all this mix because like he's as good as any of these guys. Uh, there, wow, wow ready to go on the Frank. board. I love it, Fred Norris esque. Um, Limited spaces on that board, and he keeps the Tommy Aspinall chant on it. I love that. Year Says round. a lot. Yeah. T- two reasons though. One, first of all, he signed up to fight Curtis Blades, who I just said is the boogeyman, and two. He just, I, as I said, I think he's as good as any of these, any of these guys. He belongs in that conversation. Heal up, Tommy. But yeah, that that dude's a, a legit. Um, By the way, just side note: uh, shout out to Eddie Alvarez who agrees with us. Who tweeted earlier today: UFC simply lost the bid for Francis. Instead of admitting that, they mm-hmm. go with the narrative that the scariest motherfucker alive is afraid to fight in the UFC. These jokes write themselves. Ha 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 ha. PHS unreal. What is PHS? Hashtag PHS unreal. I don't know. I don't know, but uh, I mean, to, to your point that you said Hamzat is someone that everyone should be scared of, <laughs> you would think that it's actually Francis Ngannou that yeah. everybody is scared of. Like, that's the guy that no one should want to fight. Um, something you touched on, Dana White saying, this isn't a career, this is an opportunity. Oh, yeah. Like, that goes counter to this, right? Francis Ngannou is taking his shot. Is He's taking the one opportunity he has in his, in his life um, to try and maximize it. It would, it would be counter to the idea that he's maximizing his window by just saying, I'm going to sign for less money. Dana White himself saying he's going to chase lesser competition for more money. Isn't that maximizing the opportunity? Isn't that doing exactly Isn't that doing exactly what is supposed to be done? Uh, so that's another point. What else do we got? I mean, we're, we're just going to keep rolling. Here. Please. Um, I will say there's a lot of people weighing in now on did, the Dana, did, did Dana White and the UFC mess up? Did Francis Ngannou mess up? We don't. This is we don't know because we don't know what. And hopefully we'll find out tomorrow. Tune in one p.m. Thank you uh, for a special edition of the MMA Hour with Francis Ngannou. We don't know the terms. We don't know what Francis Ngannou was offered. Uh, the UFC continues to tell people that you're going to be the second highest paid ever behind Conor McGregor and the highest paid heavyweight and this and that. We don't know what that actually means until we understand what that actually means. We don't know who messed up. We don't know who's the winner and who's the loser if there are any in this scenario. But 
I think it's premature that everybody's celebrating on one side or the other. The UFC messed it up. Francis Ngannou messed it up. We we just don't know. There, there is well, again, no... to my point, sometimes you negotiate and uh, you can't come to terms and you both walk away. By the way, uh, how about Richard Schaefer saying now... John Jones. John Jones, highest paid yeah. heavyweight. Data highest Sega's. paid heavyweight, second behind Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah. When Israel Adesanya signed his contract, second behind Conor McGregor. But, no, the, but Data it, said it, this would have made him the highest paid. Point is, no one knows. Nobody knows. Nobody we knows. don't know. It's, it's, it's this very nice talking point, but it means nothing. Um, when we find out what Francis, or if and hopefully when we find out what Francis Ngannou was offered, then we'll have a baseline. Then we'll understand what this truly means and, and what the, the terms of, of what he did are. What you can say now, though, prior to that, is he's taking a, a chance, right? And you have to respect that. And you have to understand that it, the safest option, the option that would have probably given him the most long-term security and, and long-term value, would have been to re-sign with the UFC. There's lots of fights and opportunities for him, but he's taking a risk here. Um, and I respect the hell out of it. That's just the reality. Like he is, he is taking a risk, go, going into uncharted territory, and saying, "I'm trying to see what my value truly is, and maximize that, and strike while the iron is hot, and take advantage of that." Um, and I, I have to tip my cap because I, I, it seemed like the narrative was leaning much more toward Francis was coming back, um, and Francis was going to be a, a UFC fighter long term. When he spoke to you in January of 2022. He said, it's not the money. Um, it's about respect. It's about how I'm treated. I have these terms. And if they can't be met, I'm, I might not return. And it sounds like they weren't met. So you have, kept you, his have word. To, you have to say that he kept his word. That's ultimately what you can say at the end of the day. Because it sounds like they offered him a lot of money per Dana White. Uh, and he turned that down in, in favor of something else. What that is, we'll have to hear from him to understand. But com- that is commendable. That is That is... Not the safer route, in in my estimation, and he's taking it. So shout out to yes. Francis Ngannou for that. The road less traveled. Here's a question, and I think I'm going to lob this out to both of you. Okay. Francis Ngannou is going to be the UFC's heavyweight champion that left, right? He walked away. Um, we're going to frame it that way instead of that he was released, but he walked away. Will we... How long will it take for us to know who the who the best heavyweight in the world is? I think the the waters are going to be extremely muddied now, right? Because we may not see Francis Ngannou versus the UFC's champion. Maybe we will, maybe we won't. Maybe the Bellator champion. There's going to be so much debate over this. How will we how will we collectively come to that determination, who is the best heavyweight in the world. It depends on who wins on March 4th, because if Cyril wins, then you can say, well, hey, you know, he beat him, and he beat him with one leg, blah, blah, blah. If John wins, we don't know how that fight goes. It becomes very murky. Yeah, I, I think the answer is a little clear, not to suggest Cyril doesn't win the rematch, because very good chance. I mean, he was looking great in the yep. first two rounds. But I think if he wins, it's easier to say, all right, it's it's Francis one, it's it's uh, Cyril two, et cetera, et cetera. If John wins and looks great, and as of right now, he's the underdog, correct? It's like even odds now. Yeah. Okay. Line's been on a roller coaster. But I, th- right? I, I saw a thing that for the first time since his second UFC fight, he opened as the underdog, something yeah. crazy like mm. that, which is yeah. a crazy stat. Um, not so much of a surprise, but still crazy when you, when you say, I think it was 2009. Anyway, if John wins, then the whole thing gets blown up. It's hard, right? Yeah. I could see a world where Francis gets that credit for a long time. Where depends on what he does as well. 
Yeah. It takes one yeah. Francis Ngannou loss to... Yeah, that you would know, be hard. That would be a dent to it. Take and him ag- off the crown. And again, that's why it's also a risky proposition, right? If Francis Ngannou stayed with the UFC, he could lose a fight and then come back, reclaim the belt. His his path to staying as one of the best heavyweights in the world is secured. It's very assured. Um, if he goes out and loses his next fight, whether it be boxing, whether it be with an MMA promotion, even it sounds like BKFC is interested in him, whatever that is, it could disappear. His value could go very quickly. Um, overnight, so it's a risky path that he is taking. Um, but it, it muddies the waters. Like who who is going if after March fourth, who is the best heavyweight on the planet is going to be a very difficult thing to kind of pin down. Can I throw a fun one out for you guys as a landing spot for Engano? Well, I I have no insider info, and uh, hopefully we'll get some more knowledge on this topic uh, tomorrow. More info, but. Um, just for fun, I think he goes the boxing route because, again, if you listen to what he has said, if you've read the stories about his life, boxing was the original dream. Uh, yep. He didn't grow up a UFC fan, an MMA fan. This was never the dream, but you know he was good at it and enjoyed it. Could you imagine, though, a scenario? How crazy would this be? Tell me. I'm, now <laughs> I'm excited. I don't know if it happens. If some way, somehow, the boxing thing doesn't work out, or even if it does, Fyodor Emelianenko wins on February 4th, becomes the Bellator heavyweight champion, and you do Fyodor versus Ngannou for the Bellator heavyweight title. Why, why do you Why do you want to punish Fyodor? No, but could you way? imagine, why? though, like the two guys, right? I mean, even Dana referenced him, which was mm, a weird one, fair. right? The guys who got away, different scenarios, obviously, but is that a big-time fight? It feels like I a big-time fight. People I will are not tuning in. That. There's no doubt. Or is it a bubble fight? But God, I do not want to see Fedor in there with Francis. What if? And what if? What if? What if he looks I just amazing? Can't. What are you talking about? You don't think he could beat Ryan Bader? I think he can. Yeah, beat he can him. beat Ryan Bader. But is what he going to look it? amazing? Is it going to be some? What if he knocks you know, him out? Rebirth? Vintage, turns back the clock, comes out guns blazing like he does, and then you have and God for the lineal you, UFC you, heavyweight champ. And can you imagine just for a second? He shows up with the UFC belt, a la Ric Flair, <laughs> circa 1992, the real heavyweight champion. And then he walks onto the stage next to Josh Thompson and God knows who else, <laughs> and takes the the garbage pail like a Lundra Blaze, circa 1997, and drops it in the garbage can. I mean, it's all this, right there. This is perfect as a wrestling storyline <laughs> yeah. in the real world <laughs> where yeah. Fedor is going to get separated from his consciousness. Right. This is not a I good mean, what, what, do you, what do you line a, a Fedor Ngannou fight at? I don't know. I mean, he's had the, the knee surgery. Who knows what kind of form he's in? I love this in, in fantasy world. Know. In real life, nah, I'm good. Don't need to I, see Fedor get I think it's boxing. Get, I, think get I think it's boxing too, but isn't it a crazy thing that the two biggest guys to walk away, uh, Ngannou and Diaz, are both leaning towards boxing, it seems, right? Bellator, PFL, everyone, this is your chance. One championship, this is your chance. Like You will not get two bigger names, free agents, at the same time. This is your chance to say... Hell, you might not get one again. Yes. Both, yeah. both of these guys. Like, 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 Honestly, shame on all these guys if they are not banging down his door, calling whomever to try to make a deal with them. PFL, you just started a pay-per-view division. A Figure it out, yes. Thing, yeah. uh, they did post the GIF. Yeah, whatever. I mean, this is uh, with all due respect. This goes back yeah, to the argument we were having a fun Saturday night. You think that's <laughs> freaking Peter Murray? Shout out, who's shout number out to two? Diego. Who's, who's no, number by the way, they were all doing it on Saturday. Legend. One championship. Like, if you're not coming to the table and trying BKFC, to get this guy, BKFC, well, I mean... You, here, here's a question. Who's the number two organization? <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, okay. 
that's a, this is a this is a drastic oversimplification because there's a lot of things here. One, does Francis Ngannou even want to be a part of these organizations? Right, like they can break the bank, but he just come was, to the table. You better come to the table when this is all said <coughs> and done. He better have said, "I had offer from all, yeah. an offer from all these guys." Make an offer, yeah. but Francis Ngannou had an opportunity to sign with the preeminent uh, organization and said no. Right, so that tells you that his mind may maybe, be in a different. Hey, spot. maybe Belter says. Go freaking box on Showtime. Yeah. This is what you want? We'll do a double deal with you. Why can't they do that? They let Dylan Dennis do it. They let Dylan That's do it. That's a great point. They, yeah. <laughs> now, Dylan... Do it. Based on what Dylan said, he had to pay them to do that. So that's another interesting kind of wrinkle. Okay, take so. it with a grain of salt, but also he had a pre-existing deal. Like if I'm... Yeah. By the way, if first of all, can I just say, if I'm Bellator, I'm saying, you want to work on... Uh, you want to fight on a Showtime boxing card? Great. <laughs> We've got a million guys for you to fight. Okay, Showtime's not a boxing promoter. I get it. If I'm PFL, do you say, all right, uh, MVP, right? Like we could do a, a show with MVP and you could fight on that. If I'm PFL, team up with Top Rank. Someone offer him an MMA slash boxing situation to try to entice him because part of what was bothering him was the fact that he didn't have the freedom to do this other stuff. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, that's the whole thing is like he's got to have the freedom. Uh, if he's going to sign one of these contracts. And I imagine a place like Bellator, a place like PFL, will be willing to give him that freedom. Okay, what else you got on your list? That's it. I, I mean, I've mostly gone through it. Okay. If I was Francis, if I'm in Francis' shoes, I wouldn't sign a long-term contract with anybody. Right. I would just 100%. bounce. Do one-offs. One-offs. The risk there is obviously you don't sign a long-term contract, you get knocked out, and all of a sudden, what's your value? That's a good point. And, but... At the same time, are these long-term contracts worth anything? They can cut these guys. They can cut them overnight and what's your contract worth? I have a I have a 15-fight contract with the UFC for lots of money. Great. You you just lost and now we cut you. So um, there's not a ton of security there anyway. I think the one-fight type of deal is the way to go. Yeah, just, just constantly be a free agent. Something you mentioned, like how quickly his value can diminish, that is the one thing I worry about. If he does take a loss... I feel like his value can can quickly go down. But worth noting also he's 36. Yes. You know, and coming off a knee injury, these are real things. But if you're Okay, let's say the worst case scenario happens, right? He loses a boxing fight, he loses an MMA fight, whatever it is. I feel like boxing wouldn't really take him back that much. I feel like if he went in there with like Deontay Wilder, and if he Wilder, gets starched, it's it's still a bad look, you know. Well, I mean, starched, yes. If he gets put out cold by Deontay Wilder, yes. But like if he goes in there and loses like Anderson Silva did, I feel like that doesn't really hurt his value. I, th- I think he needs a win badly. Oh, then I, I feel like he can't get in there with with a Deontay Wilder. Are you okay with him fighting just you know a thirtieth ranked guy? I am, and just but, put him to sleep. Yeah, I'm down. But for is that. are you going to get your value if you're somebody signing him? If you do that, if there's a long term build, here, here's the thing: what if you if you lose to that guy, then it's then suicide. It's over. It's over. If yeah, so you might as well take a shot against the top right. guy, right? It's a tricky thing because I would advise, if we're not talking about money and all this stuff, like I would say, all right, get your feet wet, fight a random a dude. Lower, yeah, uh, like yeah. fight the dude that Deontay just beat in 45 seconds, someone of that ilk. I mean, I don't know if he's up there yet. No, I know, I know. But just fight someone. Just fight just fight yeah, someone that's a fight winnable a body. fight. A body, yeah. and, um, and then we'll look at these other fights. But then on the flip side, you're like, if you that's slip on the banana peel, yeah. um, you might as well. Now, of the top guys, who's the most winnable fight? We're talking about heavyweight boxers. Yeah, because Jeez, I don't know Wilder any is, of them. There's no telling. 
Wilder is 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 a little bit uh, sloppy, but he's very very powerful. Oh, oh come on. he gets it's it's what Schaefer said. If you if you put a professional boxer mm. in the ring against an MMA fighter, who's he's going to win. Wilder Wilder is not the most technical boxer compared to other boxers. Wilder is more technical than Francis Ngannou. Let's yes. not let's not I'm pretend of, of the top three, right? And also Deontay Wilder has that touch of no death. i know but like, of the top three which is the most favorable matchup i mean if he goes in there and fights fury that's a tough the answer is none of them yeah, he's not winning in any I mean, you gotta fights. rank them for me i'm asking for Z- a ranking zero out of ten times does he beat joshua maybe guys. joshua a little gun shy a little no ju- gun shy joshua i don't know I, it, this is this goes back to what it goes back to what Schaefer said you i know, put I know. It, you i'm put trying to have a discussion here on which route he should go in if you want to put him in there with one of those uh, really top ranked guys, that's a one fight because he loses that fight. That's that you're you're banking on the on the money for that one fight. And there's somebody look, Tyson Fury was calling for it. There, there is a world where that happens. I mean, he was in the but, ring after one of Tyson. Yeah, so weird fights. that that just died. The momentum got lost. Tyson. Here's the thing with Tyson Fury. He's very unreliable in the sense that Tyson Fury does what Tyson Fury wants. Tyson Fury wanted at that time an opponent. And he was looking for one, and it seemed like they weren't materializing. Francis Ngannou is somebody he can easily pick up the the momentum behind and say, hey, let's do this. When it doesn't happen, he's moved on to the next thing. It's the same thing throughout his career. Anthony Joshua, we can't get this fight done. I'm going to fight somebody that I fought twice already and just collect the checks and move on to the next thing. You need to pin Tyson Fury down in that moment and get it, and the window was just too long for, for Francis Ngannou. He needed to wait too long. If he if he was a free agent last January, I am very sure that fight would have happened. Extremely sure. It's just Isn't it crazy that he fought the last fight on his deal last January, and by the letter of the contract, there were two years left yeah. on the deal? Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts, GC? I mean, I, I don't know if I can say anything that Rich didn't already touch on. He has a. But you disagree? Do you agree? I have a bullet. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think that he is scared. Maybe you think that. No, uh, what? I've I don't already, know. I've already gone over this. No, I don't think he's scared. Uh, I'm excited to see what his next move is going to be. I, I really thoroughly believe that it's going to be boxing. The amount of times that he said throughout his career that like boxing is the goal. Boxing is what he set out to do. He can't retire until he boxes. He now has that freedom. I think unless he gets just like an insane contract from one of these other MMA organizations, he's going to test the boxing route. Did you see, again, uh, I, I believe it was actually uh, Alan Dawson who asked this question. Did you see this question at the presser uh, when he asked Dana? Uh, you you said that um, the question was you said that Francis was going to get the highest you know um, amount of money for a heavyweight to uh, to fight John Jones. Did you offer Surreal Gun the same contract? And, and Dana, you could see like Dana's head starting to explode. Like, what? What are you talking about? Why would we, we? He has a deal. He has a deal. Why would we offer him the same deal? Like, if you're saying fighting John Jones is worthy of X amount, why doesn't the guy who is fighting John Jones uh, get the I same can't amount? Go with that. Yes. It's no. Yes. Because to his that was point, a great question. Cyril Gunn has a contract. He's not getting that money to fight John Jones. He's getting that money to fight John Jones and then re-sign for X number of fights in years. Do you agree that all fights are equal? No. No. So then why can't you get a different amount for a different fight? That's not how the structure works. Do you you think that Cyril Ghosn gets the same pay for every single fight that he fights? I don't know the answer. Do you think he does? There is a John Jones clause in his contract. So then there you go. But what, I'm just what saying. What specifically does this John Jones clause say? Meaning if you fight John Jones, you get X amount X no, as opposed to what money. you so get you to fight oh, Tai Tuivasa. But here's and the thing. Getting, wow. uh, if you're, uh, I don't know, 
I don't know what would be the best example. If you're Curtis Blades and you don't have a John Jones clause and you're next, this is not boxing. That is the way. I mean, but that is the way the okay. World but works. then you can, but then you can dismiss everything that the UFC does and just say it's not boxing. Oh, so, so fighters shouldn't get more than fifteen percent of the revenue. You didn't it's ask not boxing. me should he? You asked you asked me if that was a I legitimate think it's a question. Very and it's val- not. I think it's a very valid question. I think it's a very valid question. If you think that this fight was so big to fight John Jones, and obviously it changes based on who the opponent is, it's a valid question. The thing is, he should ask Cyril Gunn that. Cyril Gunn, did you ask for more money to fight John Jones? Th- that is a fair question as well. That is a fair follow up or a fair, you know. Uh, and Cyril Gunn was there at the press conference and didn't get asked that. So I didn't see that part. He was there. Did he get tough questions? Yeah, they were throwing heaters at Cyril Gunn. <laughs> they were <laughs> no. Uh, okay. <laughs> my, my favorite part of the Dana presser is he goes on this four minute like soliloquy of of like. The biggest breaking news we've heard in the longest time. And then one of the follow-up questions is, uh, who impressed you the most from UFC oh, that's Vegas 67? That's yeah. the best. He's like, uh, <laughs> Roman Kopilov. I was like, wow. Did he say that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, I was like, man, can we get back to the Jones stuff? Question from the peanut oh. gallery. Yeah. So Francis was talking about advocating for like healthcare and being mm-hmm. an independent contractor. Do you think the messages go forward to any other organization? Like he is using this, like, hey, I turned down this Big contract. time stuff. Yeah, or That's does it all question. like UFC didn't match it, so now I'm just a free agent looking to sign with anybody else? No, I think he. I mean, look at that 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 story that uh, Eric Nixick just told about them in the car saying, you know, I'm just another guy. If I if I sign this, I think Francis feels like he has a, a, a higher purpose in all of this, and uh, right. for as long as he has this leverage and this influence, he's going to try to uh, to flex it. So it's a great question. That's a great question, Frank. Can you remind me to ask that question? Yeah, tomorrow, I'll just Frank? chime right in in the middle. Appreciate it. Yeah, hey, uh, question for Francis. <laughs> Frank says. Frank here, uh, mysterious one. Uh, no, very, very interesting question to ponder, and uh, I'm really, really curious to see uh, what he does I, here. I will say, I don't think it would be fair to hold Francis and Ganu to to the standard that we say. No matter where he goes, he has to change everything, right? I don't think that that would be fair. I think it would be fair to say Francis Ngannou was negotiating with the UFC, dealing with the UFC that seemed to be somewhere where he had the possibility of resigning, looked at their practices and said, these are not right and this is what I hope to change. I don't think it's fair to expect Francis Ngannou to carry that same thing onto every possible location that he would sign. I do think it's amazing if he can do that and if he does use his power that way and it would speak to the character that he is and speak to how strong those convictions and morals and beliefs are when he does it. But I think it would be it would be very hard to hold him to that um, across the board. That's what I'll say. You know, it's tough. I mean, he's trying to revolutionize the game. He's yeah. trying to change contracts and structures. It's very, very tough. Another thing that drove me nuts, we didn't get into the rest of the presser, but this notion that like, if you don't want to fight here, you don't want to be at the spot where the best fight the pl- best. Like this is, this is where the best fight the best. Come on, stop it with that. This is not where the best fight the best anymore. It's not. The, the moment you signed CM Punk, it's not where the best fight the best anymore. That's it. <laughs> that went out the window. I'm sorry, but it went out the window. It's not where the best fight but the I best. I still think the best of the best are in the UFC. Listen, the bottom line is, these guys have a window that is like four or five years on average. They're trying to make the most amount of money because guess what? When they're 38 and they've got nothing else to do, they have to reimagine their life. 
Like to shit on them as a multi-multi-millionaire with generational wealth is just so incredibly, it's so hard to digest that. It really is. I get what you're saying. It's objectively true. It's objectively true. What the that, best, the best fighters, the top ranked fighters in their sport, compete against each other in the UFC. I'm saying that, and boxing does not make those fights. Obviously, it's because ninety eight percent of the fighters are there. The best ones are there. The top ten yeah. are all there. But this notion that it's only like this is where the elite go. Excuse me. Like, yeah. look at the prelims. Come on, stop it with this. It's not that spot well, anymore. Those are two different things. Yeah. It's not You're that spot anymore. The UFC or Dana White. Saying that the UFC is where the best fight the best is not the same as saying every fighter who's in the UFC is the best. It That's kind of the, is. Those are not the same. It statements. kind of is. No, they're not. Also, also, just because you don't want to take their deal doesn't mean that you don't want to fight the best. That I agree with. It should not be weaponized against them, but it is objectively true that the best fight the best. Okay, obviously, because they're all in the top ten, and 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 I would yeah. say ninety eight percent are in the UFC. It's just this notion that. I guess what I'm trying to say is the notion that if you don't want to be here, you don't want to fight the best or you're not that, among yeah, the best. I think that's that I it agree right with. there. What you're saying yeah. right there is, is right, correct. Fine. That is, that is nonsense. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Francis no, Ngannou's it. decision is not based on not wanting to fight the best opposition. Zero percent. Let me, let me tell you something. Tyson Fury is better as a, as a combat sports athlete than everybody else in that heavyweight division. Choosing to or, or saying I am wanting to fight Tyson Fury – puts that to bed immediately. The idea that like Tyson Fury is some, like I'm leaving to fight a, uh, and I'm chasing a fight with a guy like Tyson Fury puts to rest the idea that you want to fight lesser That's competition. That's the craziest part, yeah. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But it is also true on the other side of the coin that the best fight the best in the UFC. You know who should be the most pissed off out of everyone? Tell me. Leon Edwards. I mean, golly, guy can't even get a freaking like video package. His, the way oh, that happened, I mean, just like dumped. a total throwaway. But by, by the way, it's not out of like Israel Adesanya literally called this out last time it happened. He did. Yeah, his fight. Oh right, 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 right. His fight against which one was it? Vittori? I forget. Uh, Cannoneer. Yeah, which where he was like, was what it? kind of? An, I think it was Vittori. Yeah, they just announced it like on social media or like in the press conference, and he's like, "Yo, that's not it. Yeah, like get the promo. Yeah, let me do this for you." Now, I don't think Leon Edwards has the same attention paid to that or care or uh, concern I mean, about it. First title defense, back home, big deal. Like, come on. We were talking he stadium. Should. First we went from stadium, no stadium. Now we're going like to throw away. And, and for yeah, the record, I, I just I just want to throw out, I don't think they announced, because I, I saw some people alluding to this, even Eric did. I don't think they announced the John Jones return fight to try to draw attention away from the stuff Dana White has been dealing with. That had to have been announced. Yeah. They were up against the clock because of March 4th. I don't believe that. I do think throwing the Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman stuff and Gaethje, it was a nice little sprinkle on top. But as far as like Jones and Ganu, because I've been asked this question a bunch over the past two days, I don't think they did that to try to divert attention away from the stuff he's going through. It, it would be impossible to say for sure, right? There's no way to kind of confirm that. But if you were to create a smoke screen, right? If you were to try to divert yeah, look attention. At, look how quickly the new cycle goes. Yeah, first let's, UFC event is back. Yeah. Oh, John yeah, Jones is coming back. Oh, Ngannou's gone. Oh, by the way, we're getting Usman Edwards 3. Comain's going to be Fazeed right. Gaethje. It, basically, I'll say it like this. Obviously, we don't know the answer. But if your timeline for those items to get finalized was longer, maybe you shorten them. 
you shorten the timeline sure. on getting those things finalized, and all of a sudden there's an avalanche of news. I, I don't think that's a bad strategy if you were trying now to do we that. Now we got 283 this weekend, first pay-per-view of the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're off and running. Although he's out promoting the, the slap thing, right? Yeah. Are people asking about this? How do you? Uh, that's someone in the presser asked about it. No, I know. I saw that. I also saw him say that um, the reason it was pushed back a week was because he couldn't do media for it. So it's like, wow. Again, it's like this this level of uh, narcissism. Oh, yeah, I guess is the best way to put tone it. Tone deaf. It's crazy. I it's mean, slap his name slap. is on it. But now, the, no, they took the name <laughs> off. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even yeah. notice that. And the Yikes. promos, too, and they're not I mean, promoting it on AEW. That makes sense. Good. For, I mean, that's that's at least something. one smart decision that they've made. I would love to know if this is a time buy, because if this is a time buy, a bit of different rules as opposed to if TBS is paying for this. I would mm, love to interesting. know. Interesting. I didn't think I didn't consider that option, but that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's the route they took with the Ultimate Fighter way back when. All right, yeah. and now they've got a hell of a lot more money. They're it able would, to do that. It would make a lot more sense why the discussion to remove it altogether, which Dana White at the press conference said didn't even happen. That right. There was no discussion to remove it altogether. Would make a lot more sense if it was a time buy mm-hmm. for sure. All right. Well, there you have it. Wow, what a day. What a day. And then we come back tomorrow, come and back. Francis Ngannou's on? I you mean, coming in tomorrow? Too much. Nah. Uh, what? For what? I, I mean, mean moral support. We need you, Rick. Yeah. Nah. Talk about it afterwards. Hang here in the back with us. You I'll make the days home. better. Oh, thank you, guys. Well, that's nope. very nice. Frank. No, all right. It is nice of Frank. Um, how'd we do on Saturday, GC? Uh, I mean, the Parlay Pals just keep right on rolling. Uh, Tell us about is, it. I think this is five straight. Let's take a look. Uh, feels like longer because of the break. Yeah. We started on UFC Orlando was our first Sans Frank because he oh, wow. bailed out after, uh, or he retired after uh, PFL. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Didn't mean bail it's out. Okay. Retired, formally retired. Left your proverbial gloves in the octagon after the Kayla Harrison loss. Smart so, octagon. Yeah, smart cage. Thank you. Smart cage. Um, so, yeah, we're 10 and 11 now. We're we're in the green a decent amount. Uh, back up almost three units. Uh, we just keep right on rolling, right into 283. I'm feeling good about this one. Think we can uh, definitely find a winner on that as well. And so you guys don't like my uh, Survivor pool idea. Yeah, I think we need to workshop that a little yeah. bit. Here's the thing. I kinda, it's too complicated. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to throw it out in that moment. It just sort of came out. Here's the thing. Let's say let's say there's the four of us, right? Okay? Yeah. And, uh-huh. and and let's say we do a parlay. And yeah. and three get get it right, one don't. So obviously the parlay didn't. You know, didn't hit, but we're now moving to the because eventually we're going to lose, and Frank's going to come back, and that's great. Nah, okay, we're not going to lose. Here's the thing: next week we move forward with just the three, sure, and then let's say either one or two uh, until there's one left. No, and so then at the end we say this guy was the survivor. He got X amount right. I think that's kind of fun. And then at the end of the year we count up. Who survived the most? So, so let me let me pitch out a, a, a hypothetical I scenario. I think it's fun. So what happens when it's down to you? You're the lone survivor, yeah. and you're picking a minus seven fifty favorite. That's as fun. The one p- That's nah. fun. Nah, 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 nah. I love that. Nah. That's the amount of flack that I get when I post this. And the no, rules change. Yeah, that minus the, here's it's here's the compromise. Here's the here's the compromise. Yeah, we did think of an alternative back oh, here. Oh, okay. Because that's oh, too complicated. List. It, doesn't, okay, it doesn't provide value to anybody. What about if, Frank with the shot there? Bad. I mean, I feel like he just took a shot at you. That wasn't a sh- That was like hey, there's another bulleted today. list. If being today. too organized is a, is a crime, nah, I'm right there with me. you, man. Yeah. Okay, here's the, here's the, here's the counter proposal. Yeah, Frank okay. file name shames. 
We have four mm-hmm. as, as our default, right? <laughs> let's assume that Frank is still interested in this and not retired permanently. And that's a good question. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. Let's assume we have the four. If any one person busts the parlay, like Frank did at the time that he retired, if any one person busts the parlay, then we proceed with three until that until that loses, and then that person could get back in. So you are only you are only ousted. If you are the one person who busts the parlay when we have the four, then it goes down to a three. You sit out till it's over. Now, let's say we, we, we all bust that one as the three. Now it's back to four. That person gets to come back in. If anybody singularly, only one person, one person, busts it, they're out until the next cycle. That's the, that's so the counter proposal. I set a trend. That's what you're saying. Like, I, and we call it the Frank. The Frank. We call it the, the Frank, Frank rule. rule. You have to wow. take a free week. Is that? No. All yeah, right. I don't hate it. I do want to remind you, I retired. That's true. That's a good point. Also, yes, it adds some stakes, some drama. What I liked about my idea was then at the end of the year, we could see who actually reigns supreme the most. Yeah, but what happens if there's, say it's a a three leg parlay and all three legs lose? We start over. And there's no survivor Uh, from it? I'm not concerned about the starting over as much as the idea of. Let's say it's down to you, and now we get five weeks of minus seven fifty favorites. Don't, I think that don't love that but, idea. But that will we ever do I think a that's singular? Funny. What we'll do a singular? You get pick you, okay. So that's the thing. You could either say, "All right, like let's say this week uh, I get a right and you guys don't, right? Okay, then I yeah. just win, and then we start over, or." You see how long that one guy can last. Nah. Okay. Or if it's okay. down to one, so you have about to the do former? a minus what about what the, Then what about, okay, then I win, and then we start over. What if What if we just kept a tally of how many correct yeah, picks that, you that got? Yeah, that sounds I just, a lot better. I like the, I can the sort of king of the ring. And... Yeah. No, no. Too complicated. Too, the, the parlay numbers become too low. No good. No, because then people will give me shit. You're not taking enough risk. GC's taking so, risk. Yeah, blah blah blah. That's kind of why I retired. Is like not only did I lose money, lost what I thought was a sure bet. Then I was going to get dunked on, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm I'm done. Who needs this? But now I'm like, there's some interesting that's ideas why? here where like everybody gets a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. that's why you retired. I mean, <laughs> if we add all those up, yeah, yeah. That still happens like in, a lot in the of scenario. No, it, it, what's yeah. happened is I still Deep get dunked thinking. on after I retire. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like every time you guys do picks, you're like, well, Frank's not in this because he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I'm not saying we've been better without you, but the, <laughs> the numbers are kind of for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it is crazy that this has lasted lie. so long. This, this I really am surprised. It's like we it's, brought in yeah. Frank. We lost a bunch in a row. We, I mean, money off you guys. It's getting to the point where people are like, man, I like – I want you guys to win, and I'm riding with you, but I'm not going to be upset if you guys lose so Frank can be back in. Wow. That's and and also been. worth noting that a lot of times he wasn't the uh, right. the Achilles no. heel. Yeah. It just but felt just extra, an, especially yeah. being there and watching it lose. Oh, it, it just didn't feel good. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, how else did you do? Uh, I did all right. Did all right. Uh, oh. wasn't the no. wasn't the best starting. Mm. Uh, you know, we go... We do start hot with with flyweight unders. Flyweight unders are are here to stay in 2023. We start 2-0 there. Uh, we go 5-5 five and five on the singles, five, even 500. Uh, and guess what? We go 2-2 two and two on the parlays. I mean, just even across the board, 7-for-7 seven seven on the bets. Here's the bad part. Mateus Rebecki had... He just won inside the distance. It it would have been a fantastic night. Would have had Longhorns for dinner last night. Would have hit Damn. the Longhorn parlay. Uh, would have finished up about eight units. Uh, it looked 
on several occasions like he was going to be able to finish it in that first round. Unfortunately, he can't. Uh, he kills two parlays, kills a single in that in that aspect as well. So we lose point nine seven on the week. Tough to see the double red because we have the the twenty twenty three there now instead of twenty twenty two. But yeah, I mean overall we're still we're still very heavily in the green. Um, and there's a lot of cards. I learned that last year. There are a lot of cards to come in 2023, so I am I am not too worried about it. We will we will find our rhythm. 43, After, I think. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there's PFL and there's Bellator oh and there's boxing. I mean, there there are a lot of bets to be made throughout the course of 2023. So uh, we will find our footing. I I am not concerned about it at all. Shout out to the Draft King, the first Draft King of the year, Knucklehead 035. Uh, if you're in the Verdict League, shout out to you. Uh, I got killed in it. I mean, there's like 3,000 people. Some of these people are amazing. Uh, and we've got our first big hitters of the year. Let's uh, let's shout them out because, I mean, I didn't do well, but people always do good. Yes. Oh, yeah. We're back, baby. Like we never left. Oh, yeah. We are back. Shout out to Kenya. Uh, I want to say we've shouted out Kenya before. I mean, he does a full card parlay, gets every single fight right. And then he also does a uh, three-leg exacta. Roman Kopilov in round two. Dan Ige by KO or points. And Sean Strickland by KO or points. Uh, just 72 cents, but turns that into $31. Turns the others 35 cents into $31 as well. I mean, just unbelievable stuff. Big time parlays from him maybe not the most money but uh the odds wise uh moving on to jamie theo mma uh a lot of legs here but he finishes it off with sean strickton by decision he said he was on his knees begging for it to happen he turns five dollars into 435 plus 8605 i mean i would have been nervous especially with the way sean strickton was talking but alas it ends up being another decision fight for him across five rounds. Uh, next up, Jake Smee, 0119970. Can't shorten these names. I, Thank I don't you know, for reading every digit of that. I, I mean, appreciate I gotta give him, I gotta give him the proper shout yeah. out here. Um, he hits a plus 9,600 uh, across the same thing, 11 legs, calls every single fight correctly, and then he also hits another six-legger at almost plus 5,000. Uh, Nets over $700. Um, so shout out to him. And then last but not least, it's the return of Chris DiCarlo. Caged in MMA pod. Five legs. Gets every main card fight right. 20 to win 371. But it's the way that he does it that we're shouting out. We have the video right here. Uh, just takes a spinner. It uh, just spins a wheel. And that's how he gets his picks. Um, just... Just some little stuff. I, I think we have the video. I could be wrong. Um, but wow. yeah, just that's how he makes his picks. And that uh, is he incredible. Turned, he sent he, you that? He sent it to me, man. He's done this before. We've shattered him out before, but uh turns twenty dollars into into four hundred. There he is, just building his parlay right after uh right afterwards. So shout out to him, shout out to everyone. We're back. Okay. Cannot wait for two eighty three. I mean it felt like felt like Saturday was just a warm up. Now we're really gonna go big on two eighty three. And uh, are we doing a watch party for 283? Watch party for 283. Mike Heck in the house. Mike Heck is in the, the legend. house. We'll be in there. Uh, Brazilian flags will be flying. Uh, packs? Opening packs? I'll be opening some packs. Oh, yeah. What kind? Uh, what is it called? Pink? 
Pink crystals, courtesy of you. Oh, thank you. Just wanted just trying to. <laughs> Packs will be opened, yeah. Actually, courtesy uh, of our good friends over at Panini. Shout out to Panini. Yeah. Uh, if they want to, you know, give me a holler, we can get on the on the horn and talk about I mean, about there was a lot of packs that parties. we donated to the cause. That's, I mean, a, a lot of packs. Uh, you still I'm have excited. them? Oh, you I looked have. over there. During the break, maybe someone, uh, no? Not. Looks they, like you're a bit confirmed. nervous. It's confirmed. We, still, <laughs> we, <laughs> we do still have the packs. You looked at, packs will I be thought ripped. you were going to pick them up and be like, they're right here. I mean, I'm not going to lie, your your wrapping of them wasn't the best. Well, oh, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what, you want maybe the... a gift bag? Oh, uh, sorry, yeah. sorry. Maybe some presentation here. I didn't know if this was <laughs> this was your t- your takeout order for dinner last night or what. You're like, yeah, here you go, man. Threw it at uh, me. All right, all right. Out. Uh, but yeah, it should be fun. First Th- interview. Throw it at you is a bit of a stretch. Uh, did I? Did it get super bright in there or what? <laughs> is it sunny? What's I think I messed up. I think I messed up the white balance uh, here when I right. when I brought up the white. Man, speaking of takeout, it's, it's coming back down. Yeah. Did you guys see uh, Big John's uh, order this weekend? Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> inspiring stuff. Yeah, he's on the diet. He lost five pounds, he said. Yeah. You see I that? Mean, starts on Monday. A lot of people bullying him. Let me tell you something. If you're bullying Big John Fisher and what he's eating, go like go jump in a lake. All right. If he's like he's theoretically when he makes these big orders, these are like his cheat meals. Like he's like, No, it's really not just for him. The week. It's for I mean, his whole family. He's a very loving for family man. Yeah. It's, I actually thought it was just for him. Oh, come no, on. Stop, stop, dude. Come on. $120 worth of Chinese food. Took him 20 120 minutes pounds, to by the way. Pounds, yeah. yeah, 120 pounds. Good what, what is that? 155? Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, congratulations to everyone. And have you made picks yet for 283? Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm so, definitely going to be Team Brazil. Oh. Not for every fight. Oh, okay. I thought you were going. That would be an interesting one. Uh, a, a whole Brazilian parlay. I wonder uh, how many actual Brazilians there are on the card. There is a Brazilian in every single fight. Really? Uh, Brazil versus the world. There's a couple Brazil versus Brazil fights, though. Ooh. Someone sent me a ticket of it. It's like every fight that isn't Brazil versus Brazil, they took the Brazilian in it, and it's like uh, $10 to win like 10000 Did you see that one there's bet, um, the NFL bet that could have oh, won a million God. bucks? Oh no! I I saw a guy that put one point four million dollars on the Chargers when oh, they were yeah. up twenty seven seven to win like ten thousand yeah. and lost. I mean that's that's why sports books will will never lose because there's people like that out there. Can I yeah. can I say something about that specific bet? Sure. I saw a lot the of Chargers talking one? about that bet. Yes. Yeah. If you are a person in a position to put down one point four million dollars to return eleven thousand dollars in profit. You don't need $1.4 million that bad. I'm not feeling too bad for that guy. I know. It is weird. Or gal. They're it probably okay. Yeah, Trust me. Fair. They probably make that back on the, on the next bet. Tr- oh, Trust I mean, me. I'm they're, sure they're fine. They're not but, hurting. Oh, uh, what just like terrible use of your money. It is weird though, right? Like what's the point of that bet? I mean, if I you have 1.7, what do you need like, the 11000 for? No, let's just take a vacation. Just keep making it. Let's, let's, take a two, let's take a two-week vacation here on uh, the Chargers. It's just weird. There's a Rolex in there just for just for risking the money. Anyone watch that game, by the way, on Saturday night? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you hear Al Michaels call? Oh, man. Worst. I thought it was the only one when I was listening to it. I well, was the like, fact that not only it was Al Michaels, but then he had Tony Dungy in the booth with him, who, God bless him, he is a, a very boring man to listen to call a football game. But it sounded like a uh, Michaels has lost his fastball, and it's not the am- like he's just He's just up there in age. I mean, it's just a normal thing. It sounded like he was mad. 
that they lost. And I know he's an LA guy, but it was very strange. So I saw a tweet from someone, I forget who wrote it, like he called that final sequence like someone who had money on the Chargers. I was about to say, he's a notorious uh Yeah, it was just very watcher, weird. He's like, what? Know? There's a flag. Not Everyone trying to cast stop. aspersions, but. There's a fl- that was bizarre. That was really bizarre. I really like Tony Romo. I know some people uh, like, like it's really enjoyable. When he's calling those Bills games as of late, like his, his enthusiasm is very infectious. Oh, yeah, enthusiasm's great. The enthusiasm for the wild card is a little. Yeah, I hate the wild yeah, card. Yeah, it's like I understand you want an upset that's going to be entertaining, but like. I hate what they did. The, the top two seeds should have a bye. There shouldn't be a seventh team. Um, and that's more money. I hate it, and I hate this yeah. Monday night thing. I hate it. Yeah, more money. Could you that's imagine? Could you imagine being a fan of the team that has to play the Monday night playoff game? What What's your big issue with it? Like you would get it's to go home too, and watch the Bills? Oh, it's too it's too much time. It's too much time to wait. I was so nervous that they were playing last three years. They were the Saturday game. I was so nervous that I had to wait an extra day for the mm, first playoff mm. game. Yeah, I was with a diehard Ravens fan last night. Oh, that, my uh, God. Did oh they blow it? Did they ever blow Oh, he it? was so sick. They had so it. Sick. They freaking <laughs> had it. He literally said when Tyler Huntley made that run to the goal line, he was like, wow, we're like actually cooking right now. Like we're balling out. Yes. Momentum's going our way. I was rooting and for like, them so hard because yeah. then we would have gotten the Jags. Oh, it would have been Hiwani versus Tony Khan. Epic showdown, the rematch. Yes. Would have had, had to do a pregame interview for sure. Oh, that would have been huge. Yes. Big numbers. Everyone's waiting on the sequel. Yeah. Anyway. Man, this white balance. Me next to Rick, too. It's just... Just cover your face with your shirt real quick. No, it's okay now. No, it's still pretty bad. There we go. What a shirt, by the way. I mean, do you think they put a lot of time and effort into that one? Oh, for sure. (laughs) Can you wear it tomorrow? Do you know how long this this cursive, the Predator took? Yeah, that probably took a while. This is actually the first UFC fighter shirt that I ever purchased. Wow. Pre-MMA hour? Pre-MMA hour, uh, before the lead-up to Stipe 2, I bought it. Wow. Wait. Oh, Francis Stipe too. Wow. March of yeah. uh, 2021. Yeah, I bought it in like February. You were you were working a late night uh, game night shift. And yeah, Francis like, was like always one of yeah. my favorite fighters uh, wow. pre-MMA hour. Uh, before we go, uh, Frank, we have some breaking news. Thank you. Yeah, I can't confirm that uh, our friends over at Nottingham First Forest have uh, signed uh, midfielder Danilo from uh, Palmeiras, by the way. Let's Six go. and a half year Let's deal. Go. Uh, my sources have <laughs> had my eyes on that guy for a while. Confirmed it's a huge signing. Uh, what a win on Saturday, right? I was oh, going nuts. I was that, go- like, why does New York Rick roll his eyes every time <laughs> we talk so about New- Nottingham Forest? Serious, What's man. the problem? That why are you being such Saturday. a hater? I have fallen in love. That why is everyone being such a hater? Too? Oh, Brendan Johnson. What's up with Frank? Frank hasn't hasn't like hasn't he doesn't waited drop on the in the normal chat. group no. chat. Been, the Forest um, Friends group chat. At least at least give me that right. I'm. I'm sticking to my positions, right? I, I'm not trying to to stick one foot in, one foot out. I'm out. I'm all, you want I'm nothing all the to way do out. This, but why? I can I <laughs> Don't tell you? Don't frank me. Can, can I just have a? Can oh, I just get God. this off my chest before we go? Yeah, uh, it's been a great day. I have legitimately fallen in love with being a soccer fan. In the past, I know there is content upon content on this show of us joking about being Leicester City fans, Everton fans. Newsflash: It was a joke. I never watched any of the games. Didn't really care. Leicester City was fun <laughs> that year when they made the run. I, I would tune in. But I didn't have a connection. I feel a connection. I, I watched that entire game. I don't know if I've missed... When they're, we're doing the show, I'm missing the stuff. But like even last week, Carabao Cup, I went home and I watched it with my kids. I Carabao really Cup. Most in, important cup. Yes. I really enjoy it. Can you let me live? 
Can you just let it. me be a fan? The second I, goal, I was do. legitimately screaming in my living room. And and, and by the way, the can you can you confirm that in the group? You know, not throwing any shade. I'm the one that is the most active, like big game. Like even you maybe kind of came out a little bit from the fandom, like GC, right? Wow. Uh, what did, what text did you wake up to Saturday morning? Okay, well, it was, I feels was, like seventy. By the way, I was already awake. To watch the Derby, I was there watching oh, the United. The Derby City. was fantastic. I mean, it was, like, I like we this. really want to get into that. The Derby was fantastic. No, but on a random day, am I not like, hey, that was a huge goal, and you're like, oh, just turning it on right now? Like, yeah. can you confirm the fandom? Oh, your fandom is yes. is confirmed. Has I it mean, been sincere? Has it been sincere? Yes. No, there's no doubt. There's a I mean, lot of similarities. You're dragging us around to watch the replay of the yes. Carabao Cup uh, penalty. Love the squad. Love the squad. Stevie Cooper, what a legend. I am. I'm look. I'm thrilled I don't for you. Need I'm you happy to be for a fan. Look, uh, Nottingham is two for me. It's also wait, Nottingham. Rex, Wrexham is one. Yeah, Nottingham. Uh, wait, Four. Wrexham. You're more of a Wrexham fan now. Wrexham. I just you, once you watch the show, wow. you'll get it. Nah, you just see, gotta I love watch the, the show. That's why this part of the drama is better for me than just the like we all love. Nottingham. No, now I, love I like. Them. There's tears to this. I'm a better fan than you are. See, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, interesting yeah. to me. Forest I don't like is the, my is my prem club. Wow. I wish that I knew more about the team when I went in September. Now I can oh, tell man. you everyone. Morgan Gibbs like, White, Yatesy, I got Dino's see a injured. Game at the city ground. The can city I, can ground I just defend myself for one second here? I just want to tell you where it's coming from in my gut, right? Sure. I feel like I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. What? What am I going to? You're going to say it's insincere that you think it's no, just no, like no. a gag. I, I truly believe okay. you. I truly believe you. Here's my here's my position. Yeah. right? We're doing all this talk about this, right? Yeah. We didn't even talk about Cyril Gunn versus John Jones. We didn't even talk about that fight. Oh, we didn't even. Right, oh, I tried to, to lob that up to you guys. Moment, I was like, oh, talk John about Jones. I think we did. So that's my. That's I think we where did. Coming wow, you're going the stick with the uh, MMA stuff. Stick to MMA. All right, that's the route. <laughs> shut up. Shut yeah. up and talk MMA. Wow. Okay. So, who do you think is going to win the fight? Uh, what are you? I mean, thoughts? I have some thoughts, He's... but uh, save it for another time. Do that's, you agree with Richard Schaefer? Tougher fight. No, I do not. Easier fight, in my opinion. For? For John. I thought you were going to say for Sorrell. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Easier fight for John? Really? Yeah. Dude. He's more his size. More for, Yeah, first yeah. of all, he's not a huge heavyweight. Right. Second of all, he doesn't have any power, right? So John Jones is not going in there with a guy who's necessarily going to put his lights out over the course of the five rounds. He's just not He's just not that hard a puncher. Uh, deficiencies in the defensive grappling that we saw against Francis Ngannou. It is 100% fair to say John Jones has been out for a very long time. When he's faced guys who are closer to his size, he didn't look as invincible as he as he did when he faced guys who were smaller. For me, as somebody who watched John Jones for a long time, I'm intoxicated by the idea of him being motivated again. You can He can tell you, he can get out there, and there's a lot of people who can say on his behalf, he was motivated to fight Anthony Smith and motivated to fight Dominic Reyes and just dropped yeah. it. This is different. And I believe that he is doing everything in his power and in his capacity to get back to the position um, that he was when he was the reigning light heavyweight champion um, at the beginning, that hungry John Jones. And that, to me, I think that that dude is still in there and is probably the scariest fighter who's ever lived. Is, is he? We're going to find out. And I don't know the answer to that. But I'm willing to ignore, I'm willing to ignore the red flags. I'm willing to ignore the other things uh, on the potential that he is because I, I believe he is and if he is there's nobody who's going to touch that dude no it's a great point about the motivation that was definitely lacking and also um as i said earlier the fact that he stayed out of trouble seems like he's in a good spot i mean who knows you're seeing a couple of clips shout out to michael Wansover for the exclusive yes uh, our old espn friend um 
But also worth noting, seems to be working with Henry and the team over there, but also uh, still going to be working with Brandon Gibson, still going to be working with Greg Jackson, not at Jackson Wink, because you'll recall Winkle John um, essentially severing ties with him on the show last year. So he still has some familiar faces around them, but also some new blood, new voices. Interesting. I've seen a lot of people talking about Cyril as a natural heavyweight. Do we not think John Jones is naturally a bigger guy? He's never a huge guy. And and even I, I wonder about the weight, like how it yeah. sits how on him, right? How is he going to carry the weight yeah. is very, very important. Very um, important. All- he could come in bloated and it and it's just a wrap because you know that Gon is a supreme athlete, is going to come in there looking like a million bucks, is going to have not an ounce of fat on him. And if it comes to an athletic competition and John Jones comes in bloated, he's sunk. Yes. He's just sunk. Also, Gon been way more active, yeah. right? I mean, three years is three of, years at his age. There are a ton of reasons to doubt John Jones. There are a ton. And I almost think that that works in his favor because John Jones is being doubted for the first time in a very long time. Yeah. I mean, Rick is like... I'm selling it. Rick is like saying. This, by the way, this paid. is what should have been said on Saturday. I'm selling it. I mean, Let's Rick go. is saying there's zero chance that that John Jones <laughs> loses to me. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm I'm just here. To, I think it's gonna be a great fight. You know, I'm down to support whatever. And then we walk in, and he's just like, don't say anything bad about Cyril Gone. Like Connor's a diehard Cyril Gone fan. I'm like, dude, what? Listen, uh, Jed Mashu is though. Shout out to Jed Mashu. By the way, we got a huge week. I think he might week. be more of a John Jones hater than he is. Yeah, a that, that's diehard. that's probably fair. I really fair. genuinely am just a Cyril Gone fan. I mean, I sit outside. He's of, very uh, likable. I stood outside of his gym in, in Paris, uh, you know, just true. waiting for an autograph. Never got one. The Nate Diaz impression was just... Oh, yeah, that was great. Uh, huge week on the show. This episode notwithstanding. Tomorrow, special edition with Francis Ngannou. Wednesday, regular show. We'll be back. So it's a three-episode week. On Wednesday? Uh, how about this? On Wednesday, Curtis Blades, Stipe wow. Miacic, wow. Cyril Gunn. All on You're Wednesday show. Me, right? Right? Yeah. You're just you're just giving I mean, the these out now. We're just gonna do the whole week. You almost have forgot, bitches. <laughs> you almost have forgot. <laughs> there it is, Andy. There it is. Arr, just gotta get a little lower. Yeah. I don't know why I had to get up, but yeah. I mean, uh, it's a big week on the program. And, to say the uh, least. Yeah. Cyril was uh, traveling today. Bon gamin, the French prince. Still hasn't really run with the French prince moniker. I feel like you should have done that with the shirt. No. Uh, <laughs> The thing that that strikes me about him and why I like his personality is he does he's just not trying hard. He's just a, a dude who's just He's a cool guy. He's a very likable guy. He's just very guy. smooth, yeah, he's very, very cool. He Unbelievable. He doesn't need likable. to push anything. Yeah. He's just doing his thing. Uh and Stipe Unreal. throwing out the tweet. By the way, yeah. it, it all kind of like look at heavyweight right now. The UFC, very lucky that they're in this position. And hey, shout out to my old pal Mick Maynard for this. You know, you you, you gotta build contenders. That's what Joe Silva told me back in the day. You've got John Jones and Cyril. You hopefully have Curtis Blades versus Sergey Pavlovich, and then you have Stipe fighting the winner of like Cyril versus Stipe is a fascinating fight, and then of course Jones versus Stipe is a fascinating fight. If you're Stipe, see this is this is what doesn't or make sense to August. me. I, this show is going to go forever, but yes, we, should we just stay here till tomorrow? One, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, let's yeah. just, let me just ask, on let me ask you something. We'll pull out the bunks. Did Stipe not have the opportunity to not even worry about fighting the winner and just jump into the fight? It seemed that they were trying to make Stipe versus work John. Jones. Yeah, you know he was number two, and 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 Richard backed it up. Who said that again? That uh, Stipe was number two. Anyway, uh, timing didn't work out. But the time John was ready in December. No, like 
all of there there was a lot of opportunity. Am I crazy? Yeah, but you know he has a full time job now. I don't know. I, I'm just doubt. I don't know. You don't okay. think he'll fight in July? I mean, Is I, he? I, think I don't know. I, that that tweet was a I don't know a very uncharacteristic Stipe tweet, which gave me a little bit of hope that he wanted something. Speaking of motivation, right? I know. All right. And you say all this, and I say all this with a bit of guilt because that's how this works. This is what they want, right? Oh, just forget about Francis. Well, get excited no, about all we these ain't matchups. Forget about Francis. We ain't gonna forget about Francis. You know why? He'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. Francis ain't got new. Ain't got new. Francis ain't got new. Da 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 da. Can't steal that from Tommy. How dare you? Speak about forget. Don't forget about Tommy. He's in the mix when he comes back. Could you imagine? Yeah, the people have not forgotten Tom Aspinall. There it is. Oh, I hope he's sitting in the front row at the O2 in March and they give him a loud ovation, right? That would be nice. Yeah, he deserves it. All right, we're out of time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Uh, Frank, any final thoughts? Uh, no, what a show. Yeah, what a show. What a show it was. Uh, I'll see you in uh, a few hours. Minus four. 20 hours? Oh, I thought we had like a midnight call time. Is that not what's no, happening? No, no, we don't do that around these parts. Um, but it was weird, you know, when I threw out to everyone, hey, you guys want to come in on Tuesday? Everyone but Frank responded. It was weird. It was like, Frank, you there? Literally, Frank? had just put my phone Frank? down. Frank? Frank? It was like the uh, the Dana Jake one. Frank? 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 I'm just kidding. He was very excited. In fact, uh, pulled off one of the great faux pas, Frank, on Saturday night which is a huge, huge, huge pet peeve of mine. Remember that? Yeah. How could I forget? When you were like, hey, can you get Francis on the show? That's not what it was. Frank it was text on you get Francis? that Francis comes on the show. Can you get him on the show? Yeah, who else would you like? Connor and John Jones on the same episode you too? You really think I, I could have enough favor with you where I could just be, hey, get this guy on the show. Thanks. Oh, my God. Because I used to it complain was, to your critic all the time after every fight. And I, I understand. It's it's to test him to the show. People would tweet like, get this guy on. Get this guy on. Get this. I'm like, yeah, it's not that easy. I appreciate the fact you that you easy. think I make it look easy, but it's not. Okay? It's a lot of sleepless nights. Look, we struggle to get them to turn their phone sideways. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> wow. Shade? No, not on anyone specifically. Wow, I can't believe you said that about Richard Schaefer. How (laughs) dare you? That is crazy. Um, All right, what a day. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow. I'm looking forward to Wednesday as well. Golly. Uh, Thank you very much to all our guests today. Appreciate them very much. Davidson Figueredo, getting figgy with it this Saturday. Can't wait for that. Appreciate his time very much. Thank you very much to Richard Schaefer. Appreciate his time very much. Aljamain Sterling, good luck to him. And, of course, congrats and good luck to one Eric Nick's sake. Back tomorrow. Same time and place. Special edition with Brent Zangano. I'm out of here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Weili is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. 
so there's a lot of interesting things on this card and the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet five bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THEMMAHOUR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888 888- Seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty-eight hours after issuance. cdkng.com/mma.com. Yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, Mom. <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower.